Before we get started, let me once again thank Mark M. Remzo from the Second Print Comics Podcast for being the official sponsors of this week's show. The Second Print Comics Podcast is a weekly podcast that I personally have been listening to since it started, and I love it because Mark M. Remzo have set up a show that features books, arcs, events that shape them as comic book lovers and since they talk about the stuff that made them fall in love with comics in the first place you can't help but fall in love with them as well and i mean the books arcs events but i also mean them and that is a confession yes i love you guys i love you mark and remzo i haven't picked which one of you i love more so it is a fight for my love the same thing that i do with my kids it's worked out so well for that but if you want to know what i'm talking about Listen to last week's show where they talked about Invincible, the Robert Kirkman book that has a very, very special place in Mark's heart. It's the book that reignited his passion for comics. It's a book that he can thank for being something that allowed him to still love comics and talk about them on the podcast to this day. And it's really awesome when you get to hear somebody talk with that type of passion about books and they somehow do it every week and i'm jealous i'm jealous that they get to talk about that stuff and i don't but coming up this wednesday they're actually going to be joined by mark's buddy eric old old eric to talk about the original phoenix saga the x-men deal from marvel and it's really really good and i know it's good because i've already listened to it because it's an early access on their patreon And I'm a Patreon supporter of theirs. That's how much I believe that their podcast is great and should be listening to everyone. So make sure you look up Second Print Comics on your podcast player that you're listening to this now and subscribe and listen. And then you can talk to them, talk to me, talk to everybody because it's really good. And it's a really fun listen that gets you all fired up. Also, go to at Second Print Pod on Twitter and Instagram so you can talk to the guys. They're very nice. Don't be scared. Remzo might bite, but Mark, he'll keep them at bay. Also go to secondprintcomics.com, their website, and their Patreon. Again, I am a Patreon supporter of theirs. This isn't just me blowing smoke or bullshit stuff. This is true. Patreon.com slash secondprintpod. Pod and thanks, guys. Once again, keep fighting for my love. And we're gonna go off to this week's show now. You can do it what you do. Cause all the get fresh crew. You review the books. Get shaved and dirty looks. Now that wrong turn, just say poo-poo. Poo-poo. Please firmly between your earbuds and your brain pan. It's the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 357. Yes, it is, Eric. Here we are getting closer and closer to the end of it all. And we end have four what? books. I don't know my life. I end oh, up, I, I'm getting sense. my vaccine on Monday. So well. maybe that will trigger something. I, I heard something that if you had the COVID, the second shot can be dangerous or something. That's what Matt Razor told me. He heard something that you can end up getting the exact symptoms as you had when you ended up having the Just vid. do me a favor going forward. Just don't take these random opinions that they're like, you know, Matt Razor heard something about something if you did this before. I'm like, eh, maybe you should look into it yourself. Do you hear that, Matt Razor? 
He's calling you a dummy. It's what you just did. You just told me that Matt Razor didn't do the research. I I don't know that Matt, hey, Razor, Matt Razor said so. Uh, that's I just thought he said, you, you know, Matt Razor know thinks Matt you might have heard something. No, no, Matt Razor, he seemingly was told this. Dr. I think when Razor he got to you. It, it might be. It might be. Eric. <laughs> Who knows? He may be a doctor or he may be a shoe salesman. We'll I never know. I just know that during the pandemic, you had COVID like seven times. You better watch out. No, well, I did have it then. I, I did end up going and getting tested. At one point, I told you I thought I had it and then definitely no, no, had not it. Not one then. time. Well, Seven no, I times. said that I was sick and I was worried. But you you went and got tested. You thought I you did. had it as well. Well, uh, because Jess was exposed to somebody, yeah, you could have had it. Luckily, well, she's always exposing herself. You're lucky, though. You she's not allowed to run elementary so, schools yeah, anymore. No, she is not. Neither are you. Except when you go and visit your you daughter. You gotta go with the flow. Your daughter, Eric. Uh, but She's yeah, in high school. With that, I, that is on Monday that I get my vaccination. The weird thing is, is I keep getting because in Pennsylvania, you just get an appointment sent to you on a text. And then you reply to the text. They then reply. I can't get one then. And uh, yeah, really. I actually, I don't know how you can. I guess the, I don't know actually. Because yeah, I just got texted. I didn't have to talk. When but, I got texted before, it was a pain in, I mean, texted, tested before, it was a pain in the ass because I told her to send it to my email account. It was like I said, it's like I've spoken a foreign language yeah. to this nurse on the phone that was my girlfriend's phone because I don't have a phone, hence not getting text messages. The love of your life, you meant. Uh, but yeah, the problem is though, I have, it the at, same, right? I have it at 3.40 on Monday afternoon. The mm-hmm. problem is, as I keep now, it never changes the time or whatever, but I've gotten like 17 texts that say, if the, if your appointment, if you're good, reply yes to confirm. I've gotten so many of these and I keep saying yes, but they keep sending them again and again and again. It doesn't well, change any of the they did stats. their research. You're not well, reliable. It does. Well, what it'll be, I'll, I'll go there and they'll say, well, did you do that? Uh, yeah, I did that. I'll just lie like I do about all my <laughs> blood work. I'm like, I already had this. No, I'm going. Uh, that That is me standing tall, Eric, and telling everybody. It's time for me to stand tall. Uh, there you go. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Tanya goes tomorrow. Tanya okay. has hers tomorrow. I go on Monday. Ethan already had his. He had both already. So he's good All he to heard go. was the word drugs. He's like, okay, let's go. Yeah, that's like he is the classic deal of the drug test. I'm going to pass this with flying colors. Uh, yes, but we're here with four books, Eric. Four books. That's so you said, kind you, said of you, and your, you said you said you, your wife, and Ethan. Is the rest of your household doing it? Uh, Logan's too young. And uh-huh. Rafe hasn't gotten his text yet. Uh, but okay. Rafe's younger. I think that, you know, you get the people who are more i don't know there is a thing that goes around like i thought at first the idea was you, you get know. it to the elderly and the youth because yeah, they're most susceptible to it but logan's, but logan's but logan's too young yeah he's too young i think you have that's to weird. be 16 uh for you to actually have them did matt razor tell you that too no that i think i i read and some people were upset <laughs> they thought that right? they thought that that was a little too like it should have been like 10 or something like that was something logan could pass for he still does anytime we go to the movies <laughs> the bowling alley or a buffet no, no, no. Uh, he, he passes anytime that there's a place that has a child's menu with half off because whether the right. thing is he passes or not the buffet no, you, the movie you give theater. people the mean the mean mug and nobody wants to call you on it because yeah. they don't they don't get paid enough to well, deal with that's that shit the thing we thought that at one point Rafe was kind of pushing it, right? We were going to the Landis buffet (laughs) that you know of, and it was like kids eat free night. Yeah. You know, a dad like me, I'm going to take advantage of that. Well, Rafe at that point, I think it was 10 and under. Rafe was like 15 or 14. This one old lady. She took her job a little too seriously. My, oh, she ain't got nothing to lose. Started at this point. questioning Rafe, and Rafe just had no answers, and then we left. <laughs> we we ended up leaving. Uh, and Look went you and went to Cream the problems. other Landis buffet. Eric, they didn't say anything there. 
Uh, but yeah, uh, Logan is actually growing. He's actually about as tall as me now. And all my other kids, all my other kids are like six one now. So he's hoping that he'll get taller because he's into the basketballs. Uh, he's not Al- going to. Alex is six four. So mm-hmm. I mean, the average though is about six one. But 6'1". out of all of the kids, Logan is most like you. Yes, that's what Tanya said. And it's funny, Tanya kept saying, "You're a little dad." And then he's like, "Dad's already <laughs> little." No, he didn't. I, I thought that I'd kill him, but no, he he has grown now. He's my height, five two. Uh-huh. Eric, he's ready to go. I call him Muggsy Bogues. You wouldn't get that, Eric. I don't. Uh, Spud Webb. You might get a little more. McKenzie? No, no. They were just little basketball players, but they could dunk, Eric. But Scotty Pippen? No, no. Scotty Pippen, pretty tall. <laughs> He's just, you're going to randomly <laughs> name the sixth basketball player. Charles Barkley. Oh, my AI? Oh, yes. AI, Come another alone. guy. AI's like me. He's listed as like six and six one. That guy's no more than I don't know five, why. Ten. I think it's in my mind, Scotty Pippen is a short guy. No, I don't know why. I no. think it's just because of the last name Pippen. The thing is, uh, it sounds like a little dude. Scotty Pippen is tall, but also has a long face, Eric. And if you look at him, <laughs> that's that's shade. Oh, my. Take that, Scotty. Scotty. Oh, Pippen. no. He, he just ended Hype. up blocking us. Now, I think that Scotty Pippen is oh, yeah. like 6'7. Oh, shit. Right? Holy shit. 6'8. Like okay, 6'8. Yeah, I, I figured he was around. I don't know why I now, had this idea. Here's the deal, Eric. When you're playing a game among giants, you all look the same, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Who is that Sprite? Uh, like, uh, like puppet? Sprite. Sprite puppet? What? Oh, oh, uh, what's his name? I think that you're actually thinking of uh, Little Penny. Are you thinking Little of Penny. Penny Hardaway? I think I am. I think yeah. I am thinking Penny of Penny. Penny six nine, Eric. I <laughs> but believe. No, I'm thinking yeah. about Little Penny. Yeah, Little Penny. He's a little puppet. <laughs> little puppet. <laughs> I like that you said a sprite puppet. <laughs> what is he talking he's a about? Puppet. Oh, he is a little puppet. He loves that there. sprite. He, he loves that. He loved everything, Eric. Also, he loves Spike I don't know Lee. basketball. He liked the Spike Lee too. Where did this podcast come from? We, we ended up starting off here, and usually. We have a bunch of little talk and some uh, we, Me and you were just like I'm mumbling to myself You were saying nothing Now all of a sudden Little Penny Hey everybody Welcome to the podcast Little Penny Hardaway <laughs> little, little podcast here uh, But we have four books Back to that We have four no. books tonight Um, Pretty good uh, The thing is I don't know about what's going on now We're in, in what I'm going with I'm positive about these books I'll tell you overall I think I'm more positive about these books than people He goes to the doctor all the time folks. He's always positive Well that's true I am po- You end up though Where some of these things I just I need them to give me some more oomph They're, they're happening I'm not hating them But I need something well, to really go And it seems like everything is just like Hey everybody look at this Future state is coming. And Future state started, stuff, everybody. Remember yeah, this? Yeah. Uh, spe- now, I got a question for you about this, though, because I find myself over the past couple of weeks, even stuff we talked about last week and other books, but with this new iteration, the, the Infinite Frontier that we're dealing with, where we are enjoying a lot of the concepts and new ideas concepts going forward. Concepts is but, a good way to put it, actually. But I'm the way we're that. doing this, when we go into these next issues, whether it's a new number one series going into number two or just a new run on a series that's continuing its old numbering, but I feel a strange disconnect. I, I don't remember say, exactly I know what, what happened in the last issue where the you're characters say involved. That because I'm with you. That's the problem. And I think that I think you get it with the concepts I like. But the concepts are kind of overshadowing maybe the stories because some of these stories aren't really progressing much. So when it does come up, and really, you should remember the stuff. First off, you have a lot better memory than me. I'll give you yeah. some props, Eric. But also with that, how many books do we have on each podcast? Not we used much to have anymore. 18 on a podcast, and we did not have that problem. Yeah, we would bitch and moan that we wanted the Marvel recap page so that we didn't have to write blurbs. We're lazy, Eric, is what we wanted. Uh, but... <laughs> 
you're right. I think that that's the problem is when we get to the actual stories and the issues, I do have problems remembering some of the things that have gone on. And we've done this game a lot, so we should know. And yet I think it's because at the end I'm like, oh, not that much happened. And I get it now. And we go in, but we'll see. We'll, we'll be talking or about is it that, that. Like not much happened, but they've introduced a lot of characters to what yeah. not much happened. Because even the idea where we go to Bruce's new neighborhood, you know, for where he's living now, like we have a bunch of neighbors and a bunch of new characters. I'm like, okay, I think I remember that dude. His name's Neil, but I don't know mm-hmm. his last name. We got the new like Mayor Nakano and, and Bob, his whole right? team and stuff like that. And like you know, and Sam Mr. over here, Sarah, but goes, even yeah, the new yeah. characters in the Teen Titans Academy. We got a bunch, a whole handful of them. But I'm like. I don't really know them yet. Yeah, it's only maybe the second that's issue, it. but we're not focusing on who these people are or why I should care about them. And when we get back to them, I'm like, what did we do with them last yeah. issue? And I, oh yeah, that bitch died. <laughs> oh my, that's not nice. Uh, she did. But there you go with that. I, again, the concept you said we like some of the concepts of the stuff, and, and we're talking about the concept of you know, say Bruce with no money in detective working kind of a street level you know sort of deal that that's a cool concept especially because it does distance itself even from the tiny batman book tragedy so even strikes in the burbs um, Jim. and i think that what you're getting at and i've said it a long time is that i get me and you are story character guys some people are just art guys some people you know they mix and match all of that but without I'm a tall guy too i'm actually more character than even story when it comes down to it. And that's where I think we're missing some things in this. You said that we're throwing a lot of characters and things at you, but we're not stepping aside to actually build the characters themselves. And I think that that's why I'm having problems in between issues of, of well, even if you like go not back, caring, but liking it anyway. When we have the individual issues, I'm not angry and I like oh, no. them, but I'm not necessarily like closing any of these and saying, oh my God, I got to read more of this. One of the ones that I am doing that with slightly, you more than me, is the Joker book by Tynan. And that is a character study book more than anything. And I think that that's what I need more of. Uh, but what were you going to well, say? It's even like next week. I'm already dreading the idea. It's not dreading, but just the idea that I have to read and review the next week's Green Lanterns coming out. And like going from what we had for this new creative runs from the future state into this we really are focusing on these other side characters that you don't know and aren't getting enough of other than the characters you do know and want to see more of. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. And one of the problems, and I think that it will stop with these superhero, uh, superhero, Superman books, action. And Superman. Oh, no. <laughs> I think that one of the things that will help out is having Tom Taylor doing Superman with John while you have action comics with Superman Son of on Superman. War World. I, I think that that will end up because it happened with us a bunch of times with Bendis doing both the super books. It starts to tangle up and it starts to get all like, okay, what were we doing? And at first... Oh, dude, before, I can't tell you the difference but at the end of Bendis's run. Yeah, I don't know which it's, story was which between action and Superman anymore. And But remember when people sit there and think back at the beginning of Rebirth where you had uh, Van Ditty or uh, actually Jurgens and Tomasi Having yeah. both of the people would say, oh, I like that. St-. And it was easier to separate. And it's especially tough with Philip Kenny Johnson when he jumped on these super books that they were kind of intertwining or actually retelling stories. In well, it's like time. the 80s and 90s all over again. Like if you wanted to do the Superman books back in the 90s, you had four to five at times Superman books. And if you wanted the full story, you had to buy each individual say. book. So if I went back to think of a, a random ass Superman story from the 90s, not like a vampire like hunting with Superman no, and not Robin, cool but like stuff, a random right? long going story arc. I don't know who had which part to that story or which comic it even came out of because they were all like part one, part two, were all in different books, continuing on. Just as an example, I just did the Connor Hawk character of the month yeah. podcast on the Patreon. 
And that story, that Brotherhood of the Fist, went through Green Arrow, Robin, Detective Comics, and Nightwing. And it's funny, too, because a lot of people get upset. Oh, we have these crossover events. You're like, really? Like you're saying, it used to be just crossover stories. You, you'd go through the whole body of books and things. Go so back and try to read like Batman War Games with all the individual issues involved with that because you have all 17 bad titles of Catwoman or Robin, freaking other things over here. I'm like, what do I got to read next? Oh, yeah, that book I'm not reading. Well, I better get on to that. Oh, I better. I'm going to miss that one. All of a sudden, you're missing it like Colossus's death, Eric. Oh, my God. You're still mad. He came aren't back. You? It's fine. <laughs> yeah, that, that was for you. He came back because you never accepted it because you never read it. That's the, I think oh, that yes. was the turning point for me and Marvel when I had a Marvel subscription where I would get Uncanny X-Men sent to me every month to make sure I got it. Did you I ever read it. the issue? Never. I never once asked, read the again, issue where Colossus died because Marvel or the Marvel either never, never sent me the issue or the mailman <laughs> nicked it. it. Uh, I was Again, I believe, and I'm not – it was either I think – uh, Mark Jager, Ruben, I love or Matt I have a giant over here. I still don't know how he died. I was asked recently to ask you if you actually had finally read that. And I said, nope. I don't think he did. I think he was pissed. I read when he came it back. It never happened for him. Uh, but with all of that, let me tell you where Legacy you virus. can find us. You can go over to Twitter at Weird Science DC. Follow us. We'll follow you back 100% because we're nice guys, at least online. Eric, you can go to our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, where there are previews and reviews of the books that we're going to be talking about tonight, plus many, many more, some by people who aren't Jim and Eric, right? I'm going to talk about myself in the third person. So you might even be able to go and get a second opinion, a differing opinion. So that's pretty cool. And also you can go over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience, where you can get a bunch of shows each and every day, week, and month. A lot of DC stuff. One of the things being a DC Comics Patreon-only spotlight podcast. It, it's probably running. I mean, average lately, it's been about an hour and a half. So it's getting too damn long. It is. It is. The rent's too damn high over there. But you end up going and signing up. You'll be able to hear that. And each week, there is a poll for the badass levels of the Patreon badasses so to get fresh crew. Beep boop, boop. and a boop, and they are the ones that pick the books. This past week, they picked two pretty big ones. Uh, Robin, number one, biggest one, I think, and Teen yeah. Titans Academy. Number two, that Eric talked about kind of mirroring what we had said on that podcast about wanting to get more of the individual characters and all the new characters getting more of a focus, not just running around and chasing Red X with red herrings. I, I thought that they were going to name him now Red Herring. <laughs> it's what they should have, right? See, because- red, so Brick has red hair, so he's the bad guy, right? Exactly. All Eric, right. Red herrings, red X, red, red hair, herring, Guy red Gardner. X, red-handed. Must See? be Wally West Guy again. Guy Gardner, Wally West, and Roy Harper. Rupert Grint, Eric. Rupert Grint. Did, did you see that I wanted Rupert Grint to play Guy Gardner? Wouldn't see that it. be That's great? all I've heard about for seven oh years. Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be great? Now, actually, I think that they have to get Buzz uh, from the Home Alone movies. Uh, is he around? Yeah, he didn't I saw him Supernatural right? a couple years ago. Oh, did you? I, I actually saw him recently. He looks a little different, Eric. You know, he, yeah, he, he looks old. Looks old. <laughs> That's what he looks like. But with all of that being said, let's hit the... Round bricks? up the uh, let's hit the bricks. I, I couldn't remember what the the <laughs> the, the bed, badass roll the call. Badass roll call. I keep wanting to say theme. Well, what episode is this? What is it? Three fifty-seven. Holy moly! That's what I said. It's coming to an end. There, my head is mush. I'll, I'll tell you. I have my Adderall back. It ain't doing me good. 
Eric. I got problems. I didn't think it would. I remember it before and with the Adderall. No, like, you're wrong. There was no difference. There was a difference, Eric. I was on laser focus. I'll tell you when we're done this here what it has done to me, which made you laugh because I seemingly <laughs> I seemingly pissed my pants. But here it is, Eric, the badass road call. Yes! That's a way to segue. Uh, Josh Murray from Not a Robot Podcast, Ted Probst, Lawrence Sleep, Forrest Hawley, Optimus Prime, Cam, Joseph Watchsick, Matt Razor. See, there's Matt. Are we going to accept them now? Our Dr. Diva Razor. 3000, all new Dave, Lady Abby, Red, Matches, Balone. And thanks, Red, for going up to the badass level. Niels Keyword, nice. David Fink, Joey Bertasco, Stephen Baum, Tony Walton, Jason Kobe, Shoot 42 to you and me, Michael G., who we'll hear from later. Ken Halleck, Comic Boom, Rocky. Check out his YouTube channel. Seller, Weller, Mark Jager, Eric G, Algin Stoja, Nick Adams, Bill Beer from the Bat Pod. Listen to their podcast last night. Ruben, Carlos, Lone Wolf Marv, Luke Hollywood, Simon, Luis. We'll hear from him later too, Eric. How about that? Scott Manship. How about it? Scott Manship, I say. Eric, what is this Adderall doing to me? He, he ended up saying, guess what he did last night? He took edibles there. Andrew in Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Joshua Millian, Dalton Edom, my man Pete from NYC, Sailor Moon, Mark, our man Rob Lewis, Brandy Murray up there in Buffalo with the worst internet connection I've ever witnessed in my life in double A run. And ultimate Reginald Reggie. Boom, boom. Unfortunately, it is getting very near uh, the year anniversary of his untimely death. And I, I was thinking about him the other day. I was getting sad thinking about like every time I do a a parody song, I send it to you, Eric, and I get no response. <laughs> what do you want? I, I end up sending hey, it to Reggie. I need you to listen to this song at 12 o'clock at night. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, right. I'm not doing that. Hey, you want to hear this Modoc song, dude? I send or, it. or there I am at like nine o'clock trying to watch a movie with Jess, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I baby, I gotta pause this because Jim sent me a song no, I gotta listen to. What it to. should be is, oh my god, Jim sent another song. Oh really, Eric? I need to hear this. It gets me in the mood. It loops oh, me up. Well, if that's the case, I don't need that. <laughs> that's shit. what I'm saying. That's why you don't listen to it. You're like gross, and then don't. And the thing it. is, too, during that badass roll call, when you brought up Doctor Matt Razor, the thing is, I wasn't really talking smack about Matt Razor as much as warning everybody online who may be listening to this that don't give Jim advice because he'll take unsolicited information and claim everything How is fact you? about it and live his life around it. Jim is the problem, not you. How dare you? I don't hear the. Beep the beep beep as you're backing up, trying to back up out of that shader. It's not working. It's Dr. not. Ma- I'm going to go talk to Doctor Racer MD. <laughs> he didn't go to I'd four years show. of fake doctor school. You know, he he hasn't looked at WebMD for four years straight for you to tell him he's no doctor. <laughs> you jerk. He, it, all in all, it may not have even been him, but I think it was Matt who exactly. said, he goes, you better watch but you out. you your life by it. And, and he set it up as like, not even just, oh, did you hear? It's like, oh, you're going to be in trouble. Like, you know, everybody knows I have such bad luck. So then I went and told Logan, and, and this is the whisper down the lane. Hey, Logan, a guy told me uh, today on the podcast that I'm going to die on Monday. You better be nice to me, jerk. And then he goes, he said, oh, what's the percentage chance that this shot can kill you i said i don't know the last i took it was 78 percent, and he's like i don't think that would be possible for them to release that shot what do you know kid what do you look at the webmd get out of town but yes i end up where you smacked him oh my (laughs) oh my goodness uh i ended up getting my adderall back i told you and i've been having problems that ever since I'd been waking up around 3 a.m with night terrors i never had night terrors i I wake up screaming 
Eric, I'm just screaming and yelling. Uh, and of course, when I, I do this, I end up having Tanya. She's trying to wake me up out of it. She doesn't know how to deal with it, whatever. I think I punched her a couple times. Maybe that was when it was in the I was afternoon. Say, you but no, is that I your excuse up, now? Yes. Uh, and so I, I did that. Well, the one time I ended up going and I was flailing around. And then they, they kind of calmed me down. I woke up. I snapped out of it a bit. And I look. And I'm like, oh, no. Because my pants were wet. My shorts were soaked. I'm like, I, I pissed myself. Right away, I yeah. thought of yeah. Eric. And thought, oh, should I tell him this? I'm like, oh, I have to. It, it seems, though, that I spilled the coffee on myself because yeah, it was know, next to the that bed. That random act whenever you spill a coffee right on your crotch, it, I didn't I was piss myself. Around. It must be coffee. Well, either that or I'm pissing up straight coffee because I did end up. What do you drink all day, every day? Coffee. So there yeah. you go. Well, yeah, you're right. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> I ended up doing the sniff test, which is kind of disgusting if it would have been uh, pee-pee. Eric, but it doesn't seem to be. But I've also had a couple times of sleep paralysis as well. And oh shit! You I, got old hag syndrome. I, I don't. I, these never happened to me. And I do you have a shadow person at the foot of your bed who then comes up and sits on your chest? I mean, what happened is the, the weird thing is, is the oh, guy I get the, the I got the doctor and he said, "Okay, you're going to be taking you know the Adderall again, but it's not candy, man." And I said, candy man, the candy, candy man, man, candy man. I said it like a bunch of times looking at, and then I'm, I'm in and trouble. Eric. I don't know if it's the Adderall or the candy man's after me, Eric, or maybe the pumpkin head. That's like the, the pusher man with the pumpkin, right? And, and also maybe I don't take it right. That might be the case as well. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, one, one You're person's following the directions is another person's, you know, the doctor's a freedom fighter. Online. You're freaking taking Adderall. I'm a freedom M&Ms. fighter, Eric. And yeah, and I don't know. I think actually it, all of this to make sense with everyone. It's Matt Razor who gave me the Adderall, Eric. He's a doctor, right? He ended up now. I ended up getting it, though. You're a mess. Uh, and I don't know. I, I think that I may. Pissing yourself. I, think I don't know I what's may, happening I, I may have to stop taking it. And I, Here I, I was all upset because I was attacked by a crow out of nowhere yesterday trying to go into my house. Was it the crow? If it was the crow, it would probably end up being Eddie Furlong from part four. Nobody yeah, cares about really, that. Or you just look like a scarecrow and it was getting you back. <laughs> it was taking it back to the streets, you gangly asshole. But go but on. No, there's was nothing compared to this. This what, is me were... trying to walk in the back door at like my apartment building. And then all of a sudden, out of the shadows, this big seven-foot crow. Like, caw, caw. He's walking around, freaking coming at me, spreading his wings. I'm like, why are you stepping, bro? And then I'm like, you know what? I don't, want, I don't need to be fucking with a crow at this point in time this is right after i was sitting outside having a cigarette and you know one of those little whirly birds those wing dings that come off the trees yeah 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 i used to like those things it was windy yesterday and for some reason yeah, it was really this one flew out and hit me right in the goddamn eye. i mean like <laughs> right below the eye to the point where it would have caused a well it might have i didn't look into the mirror but it hurt so bad i'm like what is wrong with today i walk up to my back door then this crow comes out of the shadow stepping at me i'm like and as I'm trying to back, what I'm like, I don't bro? need this shit right now. The mailman's across the way. I know he's looking at me thinking I'm a yeah, pussy. Yeah. It's like when I slid down my stairs out front and then I laid there hoping nobody watched. And I couldn't <laughs> get up. Uh, you're like, the crow attacked you and then all of a sudden you saw shipwreck over there. Oh, that's the hey, thing. is all this stuff- no, no, that's not the same thing. But all of a sudden, because of my deranged freaking paranormal mind, I'm thinking, oh, my God, is that a bad omen? Am I going to die tonight? Are you sure it wasn't a bat? It was a crow? It, it no, could, it was a, it, it it, a big-ass crow. A seven-foot crow. That Something sounds like that. odd. It was Jess. It was an inch, it was Jess in a black shawl just trying to get you. It was windy here. She was having problems. I don't like crows at all. Uh, they're a smallville highs mascot I mean, coming out of nowhere they're just above pigeons right and and your deal because pigeons they're the I don't, worst i don't like I mean, any kind of birds worst, but uh 
bats because again where i run scared from anything i think if i look at a bat i'm gonna get rabies so i start running and then i think i have rabies thing didn't well, what's get worse, near getting me. rabies or watching the birds as a kid and every bird you see is going to peck your eyes that out in your true, mind or them watching birds too that, that was Electric not boogaloo? very good. It should have been. But all of that is all the wrap up for this beginning section. Eric, as we head off to the first bit of books. No. Yes, here we are, Eric, with the reviews. We have two books in this section, a classic section with Detective Comics and Action Comics. That is always our go-to. It always is. And it's cool to have that once again in a couple like books. You don't like it, you say? I like to have Detective one week and Action another. Well, then you mix in the Batmans and the Supermans. I, I think that the problem with us right now is there are so many Batman books. That, you know, you just want everything and, and eat your cake to her. Because what you actually Why wouldn't want. That's I want our that? problem. Well, because you got to watch your figure. You, your figure, I don't know. But, yeah, Eric, we're here to talk about these. And, again, if you <laughs> want to. I just didn't want to insult you too much. Yeah, that's uh, all. We're going to end up uh, sending everybody over to the weirdsciencedccomics.com to read the reviews. Get these. over I there. Already. Get over there and check it out. Uh, just as an aside, you know, to pat you on the back, Eric. Uh, we've had two pretty good months over there. It does sure seem, have. if anybody's wondering, you know, just as an anecdotal deal or us personally, boy, we've had some traffic to the site for these books at least since Well, Infinite Frontier is a big deal. It is the new rebirth, getting everybody back on track for at least now to read some DC comics. It is, Eric. Thank you. That almost sounded like some commercial. I'm Eric Shea, and I approve of that <laughs> message. Uh, but we're here to talk about these two big books. And what we were saying at the beginning Really, in my mind, was centered on these two, especially. These are two books. They're huge books. They are. These are two of the biggest books in comics, just as titles. And so we expect a little bit more from them, whatnot. And there's and we two get them new because writers. we have backups. Yeah, there's, yeah, really. Yeah, I didn't mean page count. Uh, but you end up having two new writers coming on as well. And here's, here's how I was thinking as the song was playing there, Eric, about something I was going to say and whatnot. And we did say they're big on concepts, but the actual stories don't progress too much. You end up and they don't anger you by the end. I'm not talking about the backups there because I know that you're going to tell me that Midnighter might anger you. I mean, it's all Midnight. But with all of this going down, I think that what we are going through is a phase where we've had some real shit. I mean, we went through some shit at the end or even the middle when Rebirth kind of lost its way. 
so did a lot of the readers losing their way off of DC to other comics and things. So these books, to me, what they do the best is they're not offensive. You know, they don't upset you. But the problem is we're kind of just relying on the idea, well, you know, the Superman books aren't Bendis, so I'm I'm happy with it. I do need more, though. I need more myself in this. And the Detective Comics, I know that people, you know, love Tomasi and all that stuff. But that book was so scattered and everything was about a cult. I can't really this. tell you the last time I really enjoyed Detective Comics. Actually, no, I can. It was uh... – what the hell is his name? Not him. Layman's freaking run in the New Fifty Two. No, John Layman. You John did Lehman, really yeah. like that, and that's a while ago. Now it's funny. Jason Fabak was on that run as and, well. And, Looked great. Yes, and I'm going to go with this concept, and I'm going to go a little further because Emperor somebody, Penguin. somebody, yes, yeah, somebody put a tweet out that at first I thought that it was complete bullshit, but it wasn't, Eric. Where somebody said this Teen Titans Academy, the Teen Titans book right now, is some of the better stories already than we have gotten. In 10 years. And I thought, really? Like, and then I'm thinking, you know what? Shit. We got a lot of crap. That's what I'm saying. I think that Look, these books are good. People gave a lot of crap the New 52 Teen Titans. But the thing is, while it's almost been like completely, almost erased out of continuity, because like even that version of Superboy, you know, and Connor Kent is gone. And even like the silent armor Wonder Girl, we don't reference that anymore. Like aspects of that story. And even like the, uh, the red furred beast boy they brought in for that. Cool concept because he was a part of the red. We got rid of that. He's back to Greenford Beast Boy, but there was some cool little stuff in there, even but though overall, it wasn't good overall. And and with that, I'm not saying that I think this Tim Sheridan Team Titans is the best or whatever. But when you think about it, you're like, it, it's a low bar, and I, I think that that's what's going on here. And I just that's fine. It's fine to not play to your audience, but almost play to the bar. It's like in sports, a lot of times you'll have a team that's so good, but then they play the shittiest team and barely squeak out a win because they play down to their level. And it just is, and it's just started. So I can't really say, you know, what the deal. We've only had a couple issues, but already though, it's not that the issues I'm I'm talking about. The tones have been sent. But I'm talking about the praise that they're getting where I keep seeing these things of, Best story in 10 years. Best run. This is a classic. We're going to, and it's too early for that. Well, but people I also say that just about everything they read, though. I know, but this seems like even more like they want to jump on and be positive with this new change of things with the like Infinite you, Frontier. You saw people talk about that with the last run of Batgirl. Best thing ever. I'm like, ah, I don't know if you've actually been reading a lot of Batgirl comics. I don't hear, you didn't hear that from me or you on this podcast. At, at points, I thought we got a little too angry about it, but. It's just the idea. When we talk about these books, what I want to get to, again, I'm running Eventually. scared, Eric. I don't want to get yelled at, is the idea, and you go suck it, uh, <laughs> is the idea where if I give, if we give a book a seven, that's, that's not bad. We're, we're enjoying these. We're enjoying these overall, but some of these things are starting very slow, and I need to get some more of the character work that we said and some progression of story. I don't want to be sitting around for 10 issues to get what we used to get four issues of story. And I think that we're seeing that in a weird way in expanded issues with backups where the backup shouldn't do anything to it because that's just added on. But why are we getting longer books with less story and less progression? It may just be, you know, the way things are now, but we're going to start. Maybe it's with just the what? idea of less books going all around. And when you have this, like, you know, a monthly schedule, it's just like it, 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 you're not getting as much as we used to. And even the idea of having the, like the bi-weekly stuff that would come out, you know, Batman twice a month, detective twice a month. Now we are waiting this whole month coming back to it. And when you get done, it's like, 
Now I got to yeah, wait another month to get to this whole well, thing. Well, that so seemingly it feel changes as quick. with most of the books in July. Uh, we're going to be going back to some of these being twice a month. At it's least weird because I, I don't like the idea of twice a month because it's not how I grew up. But now that like we don't have it, I'm like, I do yeah, kind of miss right, it. But though. I also don't want to have it at the same time because I'm a fickle mushhead is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And plus, that's a lot of money, especially with oversized books that have gone up a dollar to have twice a month that that might be asking too much i, I don't drawing know drawing the line at 4.99 thanks yeah, dc it's drawing the line at 7.99 <laughs> uh but what are we starting with Detective Comics number 1035, written by Mariko Tamaki, with art by dan mora clayton henry jordi belair and aditya bitikar the murder of Sarah Worth has got not only Bruce's new neighborhood buzzing, but Mayor Nakano as well. Is there a conspiracy to move the anti-mass act into overdrives as it looks like Batman is the prime suspect in this well-to-do murder victim's case? Not to mention what's going on behind the scenes in the mayor's office. Plus, the hunters bag up. Yeah, and that sounds like a lot. But when you get into this, the old idea... And plus, I hate that you have this cover with, you know... The Wrath of Mr. Worth. And he looks like the Penguin. It, but the thing is, in this, he's just yelling because he he's got like a lot Craven of money. He looks like the Hunter and the Penguin had a love yeah, child. Yeah, that's what he looks like. But then when you get into the issue, I'm expecting him to have some crazy-ass costume on and going... No, he's just a rich guy that demands what he wants. And well, he gets it's funny you wants. actually bring this up because when this character, I don't look at the, the covers a lot of times when we're doing this. Cause I just want to get right to the meat of it and go through the book. And when you have this character who shows the books, I actually, this is the first time now that you brought up that I'm looking at the cover of Detective Comics and he's right on the cover. But when I saw the character, you know, giving the eulogy at his daughter's funeral and stuff like that, you know, Mr. Well-to-do, Mr. Worth, whose family helped create half of Gotham back in the day. This rich, rich man who's going to seek out justice, and all I can think of is on his vest of this nice suit, <laughs> he has that big W like that Bruce like, Wayne had yeah. in The Last Night on Earth when it was on like his like a straight jacket to make up that bat symbol and Scott's member the whole thing. So I'm like, I don't trust you because that's all well, it reminds me of I don't now, trust the front of a straight jacket. He's on the cover fighting. Now, again, this could, you know, the cover could be misleading with the deal, but They've been pushing. He's got a dollar symbol in his been, L of his they, name. That's the problem. He's that's like the million dollar man over. Yeah. Mr. Ted DiBiase's coming to beat He's up Batman. Uh, where's Virgil? You end up, though, with all where's this. Where's IRS? Once you have that, and I was going to say, they've also said in solicits, uh, new villains come to town, Mr. Worth, all this. But also, when you put that dollar symbol in that O, <laughs> you've made him a villain. He has a symbol. And I thought that that was a shame. Everyone has a price. <laughs> at, this, at this one point, you end up, <laughs> Just having a, an angry rich guy who wants what he gets. And, and it gives you the idea where it could just stop with that. I, I don't could. know because it he is could just one be of the a things. guilt-stricken father who has the money and power to and, see justice come through. And with that, to go against a Batman who's a Bruce Wayne who used to mingle with these guys and knows that the upper echelon do get what they want all the time, but he was never down with that. But now he doesn't have the money. He's been, like, it's a neat little idea of Multi that. Multi-millionaire Bruce Wayne doesn't have the money, no, folks. No, not with the billionaire Mr. Worth. I mean, the guy's name's Mr. Worth. His real <laughs> name was best. Mr. Johnson. He paid to be Mr. Worth because it sounded cooler, Eric. Uh, I bet you also that in his vault, he has little bags with the money symbols on it. Because that's his brand, Eric. So just the idea, though, that. You have them there. It kind of threw me off. And I'm like, oh, you're kind of Let me tell you what deal. you're worth. But with all <laughs> see, it works. It does. Uh, but yeah, with this, though, it's a weird thing. Biggest heel wrestler of all the, time, the Mr. Next, worth. Yeah. The next uh, issue that we're going to be doing is Action Comics. And when we talk about that, we're 
bound to bring up the idea that we're getting very close to future state years ahead of the time. It seems like this book has kind of put the brakes on and you're going to take a long trip to the magistrate where I should and we should. But I kind of need to see a little more. And I think that what Mariko Tamaki does is she ends up she is a writer who, if you've read a bunch of her other things, she doesn't progress a story that quick because she really likes to have conversation. She likes to have the main character think about all the things that have happened the last bunch of issues that we have, like Batman in the sewers, talking again about why he ended up having the house and why he goes in the sewers and all this stuff. But you never get any First reader friendly, you and, mean? And, yeah, but it's and it is because it's a lot of surface level stuff. Like the idea with Nakano really the no masks like you end up just that's kind of pushed aside a bit especially in the backup but with the idea that okay I'm you see no fucks. all this is is sarah worth gets killed batman goes to check out he gets duped i mean he ends up he should be smarter than this once he sees to not just sit there and watch because they are seemingly someone setting him up to have it down there knowing he was down there but where do you get there where is the part that gets to the point of who knows what and where and how they're setting this up? And that's what I'm well, missing. Well, that's the thing here. is you're not missing it because we're not there yet. That That is actually the overall greater mystery of this whole thing because we saw the mayor's aide, uh, Neil, in the last one coming out of the sewers with bloody hands and suits like, you know, looking like he is the one who killed Sarah Worth this whole time. He has been having problems. He has problems in this. He is having brain. He has the brain pain, coach. And along with that, but with has pills Sarah's, that seem to be doing shit. And well, I, you don't know because this whole thing is while we have this, you also have Sarah's husband or partner here who seems like he's going through something very similar with this idea of rage, this vengeance, or even what, you know, what uh, Mr. Worth would call the justice of it all. Maybe Mr. Worth is behind us with the idea is people are acting out of character right now and doing things they wouldn't normally do. But on top of it, you have somebody inside of Mayor Nakano's office who's making sure this goes down. Like somebody is in the sewer as Batman is seeing a dead body. And as the police are coming down, the police are shooting at Batman as he runs away. And somebody in the shadows of the sewer is shooting back at the police to make it look that like Batman shot at them, putting a giant target on top of the whole anti-mask campaign that he's playing with. I'm like, there is somebody doing something here larger than the greater sum of killing Sarah Worth. Now, I ended up with this all just being the idea that I'm afraid that we're going to leave some of this behind because they do end up, you know, sealing this all up. There's no way to go down in there and check out after this issue. Again, that's a conspiracy right there. Somebody has made sure that you cannot analyze the crime anymore because of a concrete accident. But that's throwing things all over the place with that air quotes. Uh, And even with that, when they're firing at him, like you said, you're throwing a lot of things in here. You're doing a lot of stuff all around. And the idea of this is that I think there's too much at play, especially by the end, where you then see Sarah's a zombie. I mean, that seems, but with what that, is, the actual go- I'm you, what is going on of right the now? story is- I need to know more. Batman saw this woman tied to a freaking valve in the sewer, dead. All of a sudden, he goes, he's going home at night, unlocking his door. Sarah? I'm like, all right, you know, Marika Tamaki, I've had trouble with your issues in the past, but right now, as far as Detective Comic goes, you got me well, intrigued and, because and I want to know what's happening right now. The other thing is I don't think there's somebody in the shadow shooting a gun. I think that's a deflection that goes off and hits the guy. It's whoever's saying that it was Batman who shot at them, which is so ridiculous. See, I went back and I looked at the whole thing where it could be that. It just it's looks a like a police a officer like who shoots, and then it goes through Batman. You end up having yeah. him shoot him, and then you see a weird it deflection. It does a ping right there. I, see it. I just back. didn't know because it goes to the way around. I was going to somebody in the store shooting back just because 
maybe I wanted to add to my own conspiracy theories, the whole thing. But when you have it go through Batman's shoulder, and then you see some weird ping ping because it's going through the cape then, and then it's coming back with a key, and I'm like, oh, the key is a little different now, and then it hits the, the officer. But right now, it's, it's not a conspiracy theory as far as I wanted to go. There is a woman who's dead in the sewer who yeah. comes back oh, yeah, to life by the crazy. end of this whole thing with some crazy-ass people doing crazy things that they wouldn't normally do. I really was just hoping, I guess, that there was somebody in the sewer here shooting at police officers to make it look like Batman is a bigger piece of shit than they already and, think he is. And Well, and that's the weird thing about this is like, and one of the officers got shot. You think it was Batman? I do, which goes so far. Again, that's what Batman who's is. saying yeah. that? Like, yeah. look. Well, that's who I think is the bad guy. These I, are officers. These aren't detectives. Yeah, yeah really. Uh, but yeah, the whole idea of this, I think Hugh's the one who's bad. Hugh, who keeps stepping Hugh. in. I think that he has made Neil kind of get sick with these pills, whatnot, and going because well, Hugh, the the other mayor's aide yeah, is always Hugh, sitting there on his computer looking creepy one, as yeah, hell. Yeah, and always is the one who's like, oh, I can take care of that but we were already given the red herring that it must oh, have been neil with those terrible scars on his face he couldn't yeah, be evil yeah, at all in gotham city him. now with all of this is one of the things that uh mariko tamaki i think does end up doing that does get me in a bad way and i said this when we even had wonder woman all these things with her at dc she does seem to focus a lot on other characters Instead of the main one, that the most interesting stuff is the oh, stuff is, is that isn't Kenny going. Johnson all of and, or also remember G. Will Wilson on Wonder Woman as well. We said the same thing, but yeah, I think that Batman is kind of just walking through this issue and having everything happen to him. But the interesting things are Neil, Nakano, Mister Worth, Zombie Sarah Worth, like all Sam. these things going on, uh, and Batman's just kind of Zombie Sarah Worth out of nowhere. Yeah. I'm like, I did not see that coming for our cliffhanger for everything we've been dealing with. But all of this, we think, is still the overall story. Is whoever is involved really wants to get that magistrate stuff done? I will Simon tell you this Saint though, because I, the thing is, it's kind of jumping ahead, but it is dealing with what we're going through here and even the future of the magistrate in future state. But the idea, even in Harley Quinn, where we're seeing the steps being taken, where Nakano, like if somebody isn't doing a conspiracy, like, you know, act in this whole thing to make sure that we hit the upper echelon of Gotham City, make the rich scared so more shit happens quicker in the mayoral office and stuff like that, like Mr. Worth and stuff like that, because somebody like a Simon Saint is trying to push for this whole magistrate thing to take over the city. But Nakano, he's already anti-mass. He's going through his own motions, which I do like. We're not just jumping to say, magistrate's the one and only true thing we believe in, and it's the only thing we're dealing with right now. I'm like, no, no. Motherfucker came in. He's like, anti-mass. I don't believe in Jokers. I don't believe in Batmans. None of that bullshit. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give us a safe program, the secure, and I can't even think what it was anymore. I had it written down, but it's the uh, the secure get to it and fearless engagement program and this is a whole act that he is doing before we bring in the magistrate and get crazy hands on our ass but i'm like so i like the progression that we're getting here and how we're getting it in individual books well what what you have here and mariko tamaki spelled out pretty good last issue is the idea that the upper echelon we even joke joker war happens so i'm going to cancun i'm off to italy because it doesn't affect them and whoever is involved probably right-hand man of Simon Saint, or at least under, you know, his pick because he wants to get all this stuff going. They need to scare, like you said, the upper echelon because the money. they never worry. In fact, if you want to even go with like a white knight type of thing in, they probably profit off of it. When you have yeah. all this, the reconstruction, all that goes through them. Stuff. So 
they aren't up. They're never. Up, they don't care. No, we know that Mister. That's the thing is, we know that Mister. Worth's family helped build the city back when it was founded and stuff like that. But I don't remember if Marika Tamaki told us what the Worth family is into because we know that Sarah was the daughter of a high end guy. But like, I have to go back and reread the last issue of Detective Comics. But I'm like. What is he really into, and how would Sam Worth prosper from something like a Simon uh, Satan, the magistrate? I'm telling you, I think that the way he prospers is, is he just lends some money and gets rich some more. I mean, you end up with this magistrate program. It's going to need money, obviously. But I think that what we're getting in – Everybody again, has their price. Maybe a subtle way, but I think it's, it's not really being spelled out the whole deal, is almost that thing of, well, okay, if you want to change Gotham – you don't do it through the piece of crap mayor or the, you know, you have to dupe him, but the, the police know what you have to do is you have to convince who's really running the city, which are these things, including what would have been the Waynes before. And yeah. I think that that's a kind of clever thing to get Bruce to not have as much. I mean, this is, we're oh, talking right away in this issue. Sarah Worth is dead. She's missing. And even before we find her body, Sarah Worth's father's on the phone with Nakano. Nakano gets off the phone. Get me the police chief right now. Like, we know who's in charge now. It's Mr. Worth because he's pushing the mayor around to get everybody on board with what's going on in his life. Well, at that again, moment. yeah, at this point, I mean, but. Is that just because he needs to get his daughter back, even though Bruce says, No, hey, it's just listen. that he has the mayor's ear because he has all no, the money he does, in the city. But I think everybody else that has anybody who was at that you big call the fundraiser mayor. and stuff, they all have. Remember, there was pieces of crap that were like, Oh, what are we giving to today? I just gave to the villain. To, like, they're all laughing it up and it means a joke to them. All those people could, but you need to get the big, big guy. The only way you're going to get him on the phone also. In a smart way, this could be if it is Simon Saint and somebody else, and Mr. Worth is just there reacting like he would. It could be a diversion. Get Batman off the case. No, no, get it could be that. a diversion. The idea you and I are pushing like a, a bullseye on Mr. Worth something hard no, because no, that's what I, DC's I doing. And it's just fun to like, yeah. you know, to do this because his name's Mr. Worth and on the cover they have a money symbol and it's O of his name, but out of anything here, I don't trust that Miss Donovan, the journalist. I hate her face so much. She yeah, is the bad yeah. guy through and through. We see her for she's one panel here. I don't like her. But again, she, she did it. Is, her that, Wally West. is that the deal, too, of like you're going to get this deal of like uh, the story is the power? Story of the century, you know what Jim. I mean? Like these sort of things, though, that Tragedy seems to be what Rico Tamaki is doing. And I like this issue enough. And then we get, you know, to backups and things. Look, I like I the backup, too. There's just things that are a little weird. The backup is very weird. I think that the backup is a bit of kind of like, hey, look at me. I'm going to have this story where Huntress ends now, up with somebody good. Now, in this issue, out good. of nowhere, where we have, you know, this murder mystery of Sarah Worth, Mr. Worth trying to get justice at her funeral, Bruce trying to do what he can to figure out what's going on in his neighborhood while the city is, like, you know, going after Batman hardcore. And there's... Apparently, zombie Sarah Worth showing There's up at the front door. But on, right? on, on top of all of this, when we jump to the weird Huntress thing, where Huntress, in the regular issue, goes and saves a woman from a robber and says the city isn't safe. Do you think that's the same woman from the backup? Because it doesn't look like it to me, but it's like she's just going around and telling random women, city's not safe, you need to go inside after dark. Oh, no, it's the same. It's the same lady. She just, the art is all off throughout. Like, you think that there's different ladies that I, she, I'm, I'm trying to think. the same cat, just, like, unless that cat's jumping. How to Bertinelli is she just trying to find a friend? Uh, yeah. She keeps saving random single women so she can no, go no, hang out and talk to them? No, it's the same lady. She has that myth, you know, <laughs> she has that, Doug. she's Dr. Evil. The, the way with this, though, all I could think of is this lady is definitely 
Gail from Bob's Burgers through and through. And uh, with that, though. So I'm looking at this lady. She doesn't have the same cat. No, it ends up being that white cat the whole time. It's always that cat, that stupid cat that she goes around with the leash. And then yeah, at I'm the saying, end, the I, don't, I don't see the cat here. And that's the thing. And the issue, the regular issue. Oh, the regular issue. You mean yeah. the, the reporter? No, that's not her. That that's a, You're saying that? that you thought- No, I'm saying just the random bit where Huntress <laughs> saves a woman who's on the oh, phone with oh, her mother. Oh, I see. No, no. And says, that's now, Gotham isn't safe. You tell your mom keys don't work through. that way. No, that's a young girl. The the lady in the back. But the thing is, she's essentially telling this 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 woman. I, no, I she even forgot about that mom, part. Yeah. Exactly because. It's weird that Huntress is in the regular issue and there's a Huntress backup where she's essentially just going around and telling single random women, stay inside. It's not safe mm, out tonight. There you go. Uh, I mean, with that, she, you're just looking for a friend, Huntress. She, she went and she tried to make friends with this, you know, old girl with the purple hairs and stuff. But this girl ran back to her mom. She doesn't need that. She needs somebody who desperately needs a friend. And that's the cat lady. Even though it's like, and Mariko Tamaki does a good job of making it kind of like it's not a a trophy thing but then it is but this it, 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 this relationship the, the is idea odd. this relationship between was it Ma- i think it's mary is yeah the woman's i'm sorry name. i thought you meant through the whole, i'm going through this whole backup going what the hell is he talking about <laughs> no, like, no. Really? because there's a hunter scene yeah, in the yeah, regular story yeah. for, out of nowhere for no reason I whatsoever so on top of everything that we're talking about you add that on top while having a hunter's backup it feels so weird and out of place now, the thing is, normally, if we didn't have a Huntress backup here, because we saw her in the last issue of Detective, in the regular story, hanging out uh, around that gala that was going on, I'm like, ooh, does this mean we're going to get some more Huntress going on? Because that's really cool. So when I saw her in the regular story there, I'm like, okay, we're getting a little snippets of Huntress <laughs> here. But then there's a now whole backup. I'm like, now it doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, now you're making me laugh that she's just – like, she's randomly going around in a city that is a no-mass city. At one point, she's just walking a cat with this lady, putting her in danger. No Mary and her no cat mask. Doug, who she, after dinner time and after her TV watchings, she's got to go walk her de- her cat Doug around, and Huntress has her just walk the sidewalks at night and this bullshit about things. Seriously, Erica, it's Gail and Mr. Business. I couldn't remember the cat's name and <laughs> Mr. Business. Uh, but yeah, when you're even thinking, this is kind of a thing that I, I mean by when I say that Mariko Tamaki, she throws some things in, but what does it do? Is that Huntress scene, now that you mention it, where this girl's talking to her mom, Mama, it's dark. I'm, I'm scared. What? No, no, no. You don't hold. Honey, your make keys sure you like hold that. your keys in your so knuckles says, because then you could attack yeah, her. That doesn't really that doesn't work. work. And then Huntress ends up shooting this guy with a bolt, and then says, "By the way, tell your mom that key thing doesn't work." Well, she already told her that herself. That that's what I'm talking about. Like, you know, why is that crossbows? Scene? Yeah, really. Next thing you know, the girl's going off. I like, I like a longbow. I do. I'm telling you, I want Hawk Girl to show up, freaking swoop down, hit him in the face. Like, always keep mace on you. Oh, that would be good. I see what you're doing. <laughs> Wordplay, Eric. And, and then out of nowhere, yeah, Black Canary come, does her scream, rips the the flesh off, and like, hey. If you need me, give me a, a scream. Is that good or a scream? I wasn't even going to make it a joke. I was just going to. I tried. I tried. It. Birds of prey, everybody. Hawk oh, girls in that now. <laughs> Birds. Birds. <of> prey. <laughs> and then, like, then all of a sudden, why? Why wouldn't Hawk girl be a part of the Birds of Prey? That would be great. All of a sudden, you have Barbara come, knocks him down, and says, "Hey, you don't need to be an oracle to know there's trouble uh, at night." 
Like, she could come to the clock tower, talk to the girls, tell them about her kooky fucking wings and how they don't make sense. You know, girl stuff. At one point, she's like, these are real wings, then they're not. They're an accessory. They could have a fashion show that I always love. They have love, a map right? of the universe. Who knows? Yeah, they got a map. I got the nth medal. What do you want to do? Who wants to get some, you People know, think I'm tacos. Patagarian, even though I'm not. It's yeah, weird. It's weird. I, I want to actually be known for what I really am, but they sit there and ask me, am I going to lay an egg? I don't know. But and then, like, up- everybody's in the background. Are you still part of the Blackhawks or Blackhawk <laughs> Island? Just <laughs> yeah, taking, really. taking care of Vince Metal? You the don't ask about that. In metal? Weren't you running? Uh, no, and, Batman was. When Bruce Wayne was going off on a velociraptor, weren't you chasing him down? <laughs> what happened with it? You end up, though, with all this. Like you said, the story itself, I'm Fuck. still in with, right? I still like it, and I do like I the really art enjoy a lot. It. And they, the, the way the thing, the thing is, I, I don't know if I like it for what we get me. here. But did you hear that? Yeah, I, I did hear what that. It was really odd. Trying to get a strike, yeah. obviously. Seriously. But, uh, I'm the on idea strike. of this. The scope, it feels really big, and it could just be me putting the scope on here, and it's not really there from what I'm reading, but I'm looking forward to what we're getting out of this, and like it's a slower pace, which I can go with. I'm just used to a quicker pace in my comics because I'm used to getting Detective twice a month. So when that comes back, maybe it'll feel natural again. Right now, it just feels not enough for me to be as happy as I want to be. It's a weird situation, but... You're right, Carrick. I, I agree with you. I, Turkey. I, <laughs> I, I oh, split. I, I agree that the thing, though... This is just the idea of what I'm saying is I'm not mad because we've only had a couple issues. What I'm saying is I'm already seeing things getting a little too, you know, out of hand with all these things, especially zombie Sarah Worth when that comes. But even throwing Huntress in there, you have Nakano, no mask. That's not really mentioned in this issue. And in fact, you end up having, you know, people running around and and really. It's mentioned enough. The police go down and shoot at Batman. Okay, I understand. No mask. I thought they're shooting at him like no mask, but also you shouldn't be around the girl who was missing. And now we see her. Why are you around a dead body in the sewer? I just like the idea he's sitting there and he's like, oh, I hear the police coming out and he just isn't moving. I'm like, yep, run. Batman. Um, but yeah, with all of this, then you also have Neil, who's freaking out and then seemingly having a brain hemorrhage, I guess, with what's happening, but might be a drug that's turning you into zombies. But then what is Neil? What was he doing last don't issue? About, all don't forget about Sarah's husband, Sam, who yeah. freaking is having and a rage having fit. The, and also he starts yelling about his head he's as well. He's got the rage virus. And then Batman's like, listen, I, you know, I don't think that Batman thinks that he is guilty. He's actually like, listen, Sam, settle down. I'll take you somewhere where you can calm down and be safe. County lockup. He takes him, Eric. He's in trouble. Safest place I, in I'm the like, world. Really? Like, you, you can't take him somewhere else, but he, Look, so even I just that- know, check this out. We have a passed out guy out front of police who's handcuffed by a stranger. <laughs> He's fine. He's going to be let go, no problem, because he's the victim in all this. Yes. Well, he's in jail right now, and things happen when you're in jail. Or, uh, but yeah, county? so, so yeah, I know somebody who. County. It's just the random freaking you know, police but he's station. Got somebody else, I think, behind him creeping up. Uh, so you end up having this all going on with these, you know, like I said, hemorrhages with Neil. Then you end up having. Don't forget about Hugh being all creepy Hugh, behind him. Hugh's creepy trying to come in with that. We end up having things like zombie we have the funeral where you end up having mr worth get up and start screaming that he's gonna have let justice. me tell you about justice batman's talking about the <laughs> sewers then they're like oh my god this this manhole has been tampered with it's just pushed aside and so all these things are are intriguing right now I, i'm with you i, and I like this this might be my book of the week but I'm just worried because it's starting to get a little too 
all around. There's too many things going on around where I want to kind of narrow it down to what is the cool stuff and what is is important and whatnot. But- well, speaking about that, even the backup of the Huntress, where I'm a, like in the the the. I'm in the thought process that all of these books that want to have a backup just give me more page space of the book that I'm trying to buy right now because I don't need a random backup to some random character that I don't want to read about because if I did, I'd try to find something about that character. But with this Huntress thing, it is exciting to a degree. I don't like the way it's presented because as it starts out, it's Huntress saving a random woman from being mugged, a random strange woman who walks her cat Doug, and they have this weird gal pal relationship where they go on walks together after dinner time until – she has to go and do Hunter stuff with the Birds of Prey, and Mary gets murdered. And now, because you know we need something for Hunters to do, she is going to get paid I'm that get justice paid that. for the person who did this to Mary. I'm like, what you essentially did is you had nothing for Hunters to do, so you put her back to her original point where she's like, I'm going to go after the people that murdered my family. Yeah. I'm like, she did that, so she has so nothing to do. Like, somebody else needs to get family. murdered because Hunters needs something but to do. What I don't like about first off, I don't like uh, the look of her haircut. That, that's just me. How and dare you? It's Clayton Henry. And he does seem to like to make giraffe necks. Everybody seems to have an extendo neck. That's and, called sensual and neck. And also her head looks a little too small for a butt. That's just me with the, the deal. But look at you. The, the, yeah, look at me right now. Eric. You come look at me. You got to look when you're looking soon. You're going to be looking at the inside of your eyelids. Look, and an I would look, but bro. it hurts for me to bend my yeah, neck down Yeah, it does that hurt you because you're going to get an uppercut right when you do. That's what <laughs> no, really no. hurts. For, that, for the first page of this whole thing with the hunter's back. That's what I'm head, saying. A little it bulbous. doesn't look funny right <laughs> yeah, there. So that's a bit. What, it's just the angle. The progression is what get because I like to do and this cut. is Mariko Tamaki doing it again. And she again it skips something. It's like, okay, I'm just gonna say it's Gail and Mr. Business. She's out walking, uh, she's gonna get robbed. You know, Huntress comes, beats the crap out of this, you know, mugger, and then says, Hey, you should give up your phone. Hey, they're expensive, go to hell. Runs off. She likes her moxie, says, Oh, she's a sassy lady, but also seemingly thinks, in my mind. This She's a perpetual gonna, victim. This woman's going to be it's, in big trouble, right? Well, and, I'm telling you, it's kind of awful because the thing is you have her just going on these walks with this woman and the idea that, like, I need you to stay inside. It's dangerous here in Gotham. But all this woman has in her life besides for a strangely named cat, Doug, is the idea of going out because she's in a relationship where it's all about what you know her boyfriend wants. And she's a victim at home. And the only way she cannot be – she cannot – not be a victim. It seems like – and it's sad as hell. Yeah, that that's though my problem. We don't get anything but – Hey, I'm walking my cat. Oh, you're a crazy cat lady. Why do you do this? It's dangerous. Well, I'm also, you know, beat up all the time. And I get so, oh, oh. And then she's dead. I mean, this is the progression that we get. And I'm like, really? Like, this is Someone's so surface pay. level that you don't the get. There's no character there. This lady is a caricature. She is there where, you know, oh, crazy cat well, lady. And now she's abused. And now she's dead. I don't mind it as much because it's not like she's a close friend to Helena in this. She is somebody almost like a, like a weird acquaintance that you'd bump into like once or twice a but week and I'm stuff like that where you don't that- know much about. So the idea is we're seeing this woman through Huntress's eyes where we don't know enough about her, but she doesn't deserve to be murdered in an alley. Nobody d- deserves that, but that's all we get. This is what I'm saying. This is so just over the top in your face surface level where – I walk my cat because I need to get out, but I get scared because I get hurt and hit, and now I'm dead. I, you don't get this is all now, say there. the same thing all with this some is moxie. For, this is all this for Huntress just to have, like you said, something to go. Oh man, this is wrong. Oh, yeah, totally. Okay, is. Let's get it. I That's needed the only thing some about it sort I really of progression. Don't like, like- 
I I like the idea of having Huntress do something, but her way of doing it to this degree, I'm like, you you just need Huntress to go back to basics is what you're telling me. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. But like I said, just the idea, oh, what's happened, Mary? You weren't on the walk. I had a panic attack. Oh, why? Because it's dangerous, like I said. No. And, And that's the thing. It doesn't seem like she's even in that relationship anymore. The way that she's pointing out is this guy must have come back and tried to hurt her again because she said, I was with the guy, okay? Anything I did outside of what he wanted, he hurt me, okay? As if she had tried to break free, uh, but something must have come back. He must have threatened her again or said, you better come back to me or whatever. And I, I'm saying that that's an awful, awful thing. But the way it's presented is just boom, 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 dead. There you are. Just to have her almost feel like a prop just to get. Huntress Madden on the run to get this guy who did it, which you would think would be the guy who was abusing her or threatening her or whatnot. I just yeah, thought that there Boston's was a dangerous place. Could be yeah, anybody. But I'm telling you, the Could idea that this guy seemingly is just back and then she grabs the phone to see, oh, let's see what's going on. There's a tracker. All the, It's just going to be you hurt her and then Huntress will have to pull it back or something. I don't know. But like I said, you end up with this lady as over-the-top prop caricature with not any sort of like real deal with it you said you don't get the meter but it's all just pushed towards that one thing that is huntress's quote-unquote thing revenge against family and friends and i just thought it, it made me eye roll by the end uh but it didn't affect my score overall it's just a backup and it's just you know what it is i like seeing huntress that's fine enough um but overall I like the issue. I, I do. I, I'm just worried, as I said. But with the art as it is, I'm giving an 8.5. I actually thought that what we're getting, I just hope that we get some focus, get some of these things. Seemingly, like, you have so many frayed parts that I need to have some connections, you know, in a little bit that we see something going on. Uh, even with the stuff that we saw going into this, like all the other things with Nakano and all that stuff going on. Uh, but we're here with Zombie Sarah. Who, Can't wait to see more. I can only think that she was taking these drugs. I think that the drugs are what's doing it and ends up, you know, doing. But how is that where Neil goes and puts her in the sewer to set up the death to turn into it? I mean, I don't know. So Look, there's still going on, and I want to know what it is. Yeah, I just hope it's more than, say, like a Maxwell Lord, you know, reading people's minds and then getting nonsense. Pushing, pushing yeah. people. Now I'm saying all the stuff that they were doing. And what, what was his daughter's name again? Now I can't even liar, remember. Liar, liar. Yeah, li- yeah, I don't. That, the track record is not great for longer stories paying off. So I'm worried, but hopefully this will. But yeah, I'm an 8.5 right now. and We'll see how it goes. What would you give it? 7.5 out of 10. I really like this uh, issue. But like, you know, I like the backup and the like the front up. It's just I just yeah. wish we got a little bit more out of this whole Hunter scenario. Yes, this is the origin of how we're going to get her. It's not an origin, but it's the beginning of how we're going to get her back into some kind of action. And we're going to see her doing Helena Bertinelli stuff, which is exciting. The way we got there was like a little gal pally and kind of weird at times. And even with the main detective comics, I like the whole overall story, but story, but it is a little jumbled, especially when you have a hunter show up for no reason when you have yeah, a backup. It's weird that she shows up and then is in the backup, but Love the art all I way just through I want like Batgirl or Oracle to call and say, Huntress, what are you doing? We got we got murders going on, you're just following around this. What guy. is it? A day and, that ends with that, a Y? Well, Get off my back. Well, listen though, but that lady got murdered. Oh, okay. You can do that. Uh that it just it, it just was too much forced for me. But we'll go to the next issue, Eric, which is one of your favorites of all time. Classic. What is it? Action Comics number 1030, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson and Becky Coonan and Michael W. Conrad, with art by Daniel Sampier, Adriana Lucas, Dave Sharp, Michael Avon Oming, and Taki Soma. Superman's dying. 
again. And it couldn't be a worse time because even though we just saw the Man of Steel take out Mongol and Warworld towards the end of Brian Michael Bendis' run, it's apparently rising, according to the cover. And a mysterious figure looks as if he's going to tie the origins to Warworld and Krypton together. Oh yeah, there's also a bunch of Kryptonians that show up out of nowhere at the end of this. And don't forget, a convoluted Midnighter backup. Yes, don't forget that. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, tired yeah, of Phil Kenny, Phil Kenny I'll tell Johnson. You like, man, I like this Hunter's backup. I am tired of backups. I don't want to see him no more. And if everybody sits there and they're like, okay, uh, future state's not going to get averted. Just say we find that out right now. Yeah. We are setting up a Superman run that's going to be a lot of War World because he's seemingly going to go off I to I am so soon. tired of War World. For some reason, Brian Michael Bendis had a hard-on for Mongo the entire time he was on that. He kept showing up left and right to the point where at the end, Mongo's all like, I'm going to take War World to Earth. I'm going to destroy it. Superman freaked the hell out, beat up Mongo, and destroyed War World. And here we are like a month later in comic book time. Freaking War World's all together again. Mongo has like 17 children, a whole freaking race of Mongo's do- doing his bidding on here. I'm like, and even thinking about that, I was like, so what we're getting out of this with how many people are on War World as it is, are you telling me that Superman murdered all those other Mongo people? Yes, I, we'll see. But with this, he's trying to expand on the Mongo mythos. They are changing things a bit. I it's love Mongo. I have his action figure over here. I thought for the longest time he was one of the best underutilized Superman villains of all time. But where we stand right now, I don't want to see him anymore yeah. for a while. And also we had, you know, what was kind of glimpses and hints of him in the future state. We didn't get tons of actual uh, he's Mongo doing, and you know, Superman. They were just you know, doing the real world stuff. And he was gladiator, doing gladiator stuff. stuff. Yeah. So you end up where he is expanding some things. I think the yeah, art black like, racer in the bottom there doing some different stuff. We got Midnight or another probably got Mr. Miracle. Everybody's just fucking walking yeah, around, around, around. World in the future. Yeah, not a lot of people there. They're all dead. But you end up where we I, got like, a crystallist I like lab the art going around it, orbiting it. I do like the art a lot in this. Oh, no, it looks really uh, good. And it is like it feels the Mongol stuff feels big enough, right? You're, you're starting to do some new things and stuff, but I don't know that it well, is what's, big enough. That's the thing is, is it a new thing? Because we have Mongol doing war world things. We, like I just said, we just saw the last time Superman destroying it, taking out Mongol. And it was like, you know, he was done for a while. It seemed like even after he jumped in that whole, you know, United Federation of Planets, beat the shit out of everybody and like, you know, peaced out after like, you know, showing us that he could take on Superman until he immediately got his ass kicked when he threatened Earth. It was a big problem, but now we have, you know, Lord Mongo. Everybody's freaking beck and call it this whole thing. We have a mysterious stranger who shows up. He's like, sir, I have brought you a gift. What is this gift? It's the heads of your seven children. Ooh, he's a traitor. Yeah. Kill oh, him, man, kill him. Yeah. No, 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 no. Let him stand. <laughs> this is a mighty gift that you have who given me, stranger, because without chains. now none remain to usurp me as the sons of Mongo have done for centuries. And you said your first gift, sir. Give me the other. The other. I do not yet possess, but I will help you claim it. War World is not what you think, Mongol. Motherfucker's been chilling here forever. Like, he took it from the War Zunes. We're not going to talk about this, but like, what does Mongol know about War World? Because for what the creators actually know about Mongol, I think they think that he creates War World anymore. And is, as Brian Michael Bendis said, is a War yeah, Zune he's, himself, and that's but he's the not. thing. When we get into this, if at any point Philip Kennedy Johnson says that uh, Mongol's a War Zune, that is not true. That is not but what he is. But then we have is. the stranger, Mongol. Its secrets run deep. Few of your forebears understood this. And who knows which Mongol we're dealing with now. I think they said like Mongol 4 or 7. I don't know at this point. I think you told me that somebody's talking about there's like a thousand Mongols before this. Philip, Philip Kennedy Johnson's talking about. So who knows? It's a Mongol thing. You wouldn't understand. And this mysterious stranger's like, the key to mastering it is one who lives far, far away from here. And we scoot, and then we just jump onto Superman on doing Earth things. But like, so it, from what I take from this, at least, especially with the ending where just a bunch of Kryptonians show up out of nowhere – 
Somehow Krypton created war worlds. Yeah, and, and with that, the actual, you know, history, if we're going to go by when it first started, was the war zones were a race that created war world. They were yeah. then taken down. They all died. They all died in a mysterious well, disease. It was, it was they too died. much. That's the whole thing. Is you had to attach it to your brain and stuff like yeah. that. It sucked the life out of you. And then War World itself was just kind of held in the garage, and they kept it aside where you couldn't get to it garage. without a key. Fancy man. Yeah, it's a, a, car a, hole. a garage. And, and so then Superman was kind of duped by Mongol to go and get this key. Eventually, he did. Mongol got it. You know, started up the whole world, but then it was destroyed. And then we've had them rebuild what all these things going on with that. But the idea we know what ha- like there is a solid history of the origin of what happened and got to. Now, it gets a little wonky with all these different things going on after that where you can play with. But if he ends up saying like, oh, it was a Kryptonian thing and you got it's too much. And I hope that's not the case. Well, this is the idea the when we came cool in here. To Brian Michael Bendis' run where he decided to like – he's like, look, I'm, I have great respect for this superhero. I would never come in and trample the history of this 80-year-old character and immediately says, like changes what Krypton is, says Jarrell destroyed it you know, with the help of Rogue Lazar that it, like you know he got and all this other stuff. Resurrected Jarrell and said he got out of there before and Candor, all these different things. He pretty much came in and stomped all over Superman and this is a legacy that we have. We're building up from now where it seems like you know Philip Kennedy Johnson like – you know. Brian Michael Bettis dropped the ball. Philip Kennedy Johnson was there to pick it up and say, Krypton created War Worlds. At least that's what I'm taking right now as he chucks the ball. I but hope that's not that's it. That's what it feels like right now because, you know, we, we can deal with this all the time. We have dealt with it all the time. The idea of there's a shit ton of like calling Superman the last son of Krypton. It's a ridiculous thing to say because every couple of years we get a bunch of Kryptonians always showing up doing st- stupid shit. The problem, though, is to make it that you just have like – you start throwing out just normal, just crypto. Well, we traveled to stars, which they didn't. But it's one thing to have Zod, you know, Supergirl, all these things going on. It's a different thing for me to have like a slave ship of Kryptonians that are just randos showing up. That ends up making it less of less. I Like you said, it's silly to say the last son of Krypton. He certainly isn't. But the idea, even at the end, and we'll get to some of the other things, though, uh, that he's like, I, I hear words. I've never heard these spoken aloud. I'm like, I don't know. The crystals kind of go and you, you hear them, you know, some things. But still, this idea of him. Oh, my God. What is this? Maybe I, getting I've read duped. this before in a prayer in a dead Kryptonian language. And then you got a bunch of steampunk Kryptonians coming saying. out of Superman with a sword. So I'm like, oh, I don't know what's happening right now. And we'll see what's going on. This could – some people are Anybody saying they think it's a Anybody who wears goggles above their forehead, they're all steampunk, steampunk in my mind. That's what they think. Definitely are. That's 100%. <laughs> well, while that's also going on, you end up having Superman being tested by Ray Palmer, Adam, and, and Batman. And Batman. I want to know where Ryan Choi's up and about. They didn't invite him to the party, Eric. But you end up having this really, I mean, it seems really extravagant. He was doing Zack Snyder Justice League like stuff. this sort of, is this a, a real threat that then they're using that as a way to, te- or if they set all this up? Because this is a hell of a setup. What are you talking about? Test. Like the gi- gigantic metal yeah. robot? Yeah. <laughs> is that something that Batman just built and said, we want to see what, because they, they well, don't seem he concerned, is sitting right? There. He is sitting there in their base talking to himself, running these tests on Superman to make sure, you know, our heavy hitter is going to still be the heavy hitter that we need going forward but this is the last thing he's thinking of himself like thank god i had this gigantic death robot built before i lost my <laughs> this money is what i'm saying this the idea where i would have loved to batman say 
oh man, this is aw- this is awesome. This is convenient. I like that it even has like a branding, its own trademark symbol on its forehead. I mean, he goes all out when he was a billionaire. Now he can't, Eric. He's uh, he's pining for those days. No, I would have loved to have had the idea where. Superman's fighting and Batman's like, oh man, this is awesome. This is convenient. It's not convenient to me. And he's fighting or whatever. But it seems like they're just like, yeah, I have this death robot and I'm going to have it attack you while we end up checking out your vitals. And, and they end up with this deal. Well, you're faster, but not as strong. And you're sexy, but well, not as long. Well, your energy output increased while your speed and levels of force diminished slightly. We're also seeing a slight cellular decay. So whatever happened with the breach monsters that we saw before with Amanda Waller and Star Labs doing terrible shit is... Well, we're, yeah. we're doing now. And but you have Ray Palmer, who's that- you, right? Who's like, yeah, we'll see what's going on. Batman's Matt Razor. You got the cancers. He's like, right away. <laughs> You're done. Well, we'll You're ch- done. I'm more Superman. We'll what? check this out. What? Well, that's the whole idea now. It's like, for some reason, on top of saying Kryptonians are doing way more than you ever thought they were doing, it seems like we're going all-star Superman with the ideas like, you know, the radiation from this whole thing is slowly killing him, like – you're going to have your great, you know, your best last days here, Superman? Is that what you're going to do going yeah. forward? Well, and and with this, Batman, realist. Batman, he's a little grumpy, right? No, he's no. a little he's cynical. He's, he's a, negative a little Nancy. negative Nancy. I do like the idea that Ray says, well, we're going to check because there are ordinary solar suckers. I thought that was a pretty smart, you know, thing that he said. Your powers may fluctuate. We don't sit here and rate you all the time. We don't do tests. So it might be just a solar deal going on. Batman's like, nope, I disagree. You got Breach the cancers, monsters, man. And by the Breach way, monsters, dude. you better tell John all your freaking passwords and get well, rid of that, thing, you know, yes. that history, Superman, because you're going to be It's a weird dead. thing. It's almost like they're talking about, you know, the, the website and, and podcast and Patreon when it's like, if you're starting to think Matt Razor's right, you better give, start giving me some passwords because Batman, he's seeing a little slightly like diminished speed and reaction time. Like, you're dying, dude. You better tell your son to join the Just League soon because when your dead ass is gone, we're going to need another heavy hitter. And then Superman Rough. says, you realize... I'm Kryptonian. I have a longer life cycle. You better start telling everybody your shit because you keep talking it's like that. It's just in the future. I never die. I'm telling you. He's like, you're, you're going to have two holes through your head that heat visioned there, you asshole. But you have that setup because that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Now you end up going to a Super Sons moment that I wanted more feels from this. I didn't get them. It just is kind of a conversation with Damien and John. And they, I don't think they'll make you cry. No. Really, I think anything does. at this point. They do. I go up and I'm like, we're out of milk. Tears, Eric. Just tears. And then Logan says, Logan says, I wish that we had, you know, Pepsi. And I'm like, I'm such a bad father. I'm sorry. Pepsi was his younger son. Oh, you son. had his Coke that, there. No, we got rid of Pepsi. <laughs> uh, you you sure, had this whole deal. Enough. Where I wanted more. Well, first off, you got John. Hey, this reminds me of the Pajamati role. Oh, what's that? You wouldn't know in your <laughs> now time. You're so 2000 late. That's a legion of superhero stuff, buddy. You wouldn't understand. He starts talking. Man, summer camp was so cool, Damien. I had this joke here. Oh, you wouldn't get it. Yeah. Oh, man. I had to be there. I was up for my finals. And now that I'm home for my freaking Thanksgiving break. But you wouldn't get it. You wouldn't know that Johnny on my dorm floor eats pickles with mayonnaise. Yeah, yeah, that that happened to me. There was a guy who ate that. You could have said something like Bouncing Boy or something like that. No, I'm saying this was me in college, Eric. There was this guy. His actual name was Sean, but I went Johnny. But it it blew my mind. Pickles and mayonnaise. You're fucking weird. Uh, But, yo, I have all this where he's talking about that. Just to set up. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. So the whole deal of that is just to, hey, oh, yeah, I remember. John was in the future with the Legion. So what's going on with your dad? Well, there's a lot of theories in the future. Let me run them down 
and then tell you what I think it's not it looking is. good, Shorty. One of them. Dad and I took care of it, but in the future, <laughs> the breach was the last for sure documented event of Dad was a part of. It's like after that, there's a ton of conflicting information because you know the future sucks a thousand years from now, and they don't have fucking microfiche or whatever. But one news report said Dad got killed in the breach. Another one talked about the big alien armada attacking Atlantis. I'm sitting here like. So you had a bunch of fake news in the future is what you're telling me. Well, well, what I want to say that – here we go. Dad got killed in the breach. Well, that didn't happen. Fake news, right? Seemingly. There could be another breach, whatever. Uh, Dad talked about a big alien armada attacking Atlantis. I do believe that that is the storyline that's coming up. I'm saying, though, how do we not have an Aquaman book where Mongols first attack when he comes with war one? It's against Atlantis. I want to see that in an Aquaman book. That is something that, in some of the solicits, that has been called out. So that will probably happen. Well, that makes sense. Even the idea of Cersei banished dead. Well, we saw a little bit of him getting busy, Cersei stuff in future states. Yeah, yeah. All they're doing is throwing out everything that is going to happen or whatnot. So that all of them happen, but which is the one? Because then it's, well, they also said there'd be some poisoning and and the deal. Well, we just saw that well, five that's the pages thing earlier. Too, I don't understand how it's going to work because we know that for a while there, Cersei in the far future, like, you know, a thousand years from now, Cersei did banish Superman to another realm while, you know, their son, you know, by mystical love raping, freaking, you know, was born. <laughs> Sexy. And he came out, he was the bad guy, and he did all these bad things with all the other Superman offsprings and, like, you know, lineage down the line. Superman eventually made his way back, for, but we don't know how long he was gone. We know that he was also missing on Warworld and Future State and all this other stuff. We know that he goes on well I mean, beyond the, that to yeah. the end of time. But all this stuff going on where I don't know that a thousand years from now how there isn't anything that's going to be talking about when he, like, yeah, he took, he, like, disappeared here, he died here, he did this, but, like, but you should have had some kind of reference because we have a thousand years where you tell me Superman didn't do dick that entire thousand well, years. So you have no records for it. Up until this point, this gets more specific than what we just had been told a couple issues or an issue ago where he said, well, we get to the, hey, dad, we get to this point in time and you just disappear. The records go off. Well, now there's all these theories. Everybody has a conspiracy in the future. Why didn't anybody like say? Because we saw other heroes on Warworld in Future State who knew that Clark was yes, there, like Midnight or I'm like saying. Mr. Miracle. I think it's Why didn't he come far. back? Hey, Superman's doing some gladiator shit up here. Anybody want to help? But that's what I'm saying. But yet you also throw in that Atlantis thing oh, no. that seemingly was going to happen. Cersei, that's going to happen. Warworld, it's going to happen. Well, I, I just realized too, and it's not the, it probably won't matter to you or most people at all, but you know, the, Superman versus Imperius Lex, that takes yeah. place even after the War World yeah. stuff where he's back and doing United Federation Planet stuff with Lois and yeah, Lexor. Yeah, actually, yeah, and, and wouldn't have words. It's just everything gets thrown out into that. To Future me. sucks. And why would you sit there as John and just, oh, what's going to happen to your dad? Well... Let me tell you, Damien, there's four theories of the major schools of thought here in the future. And let me go down through them. They think it's this. They think it's that. They think it's this. I think that's all bullshit. I think that he's going to do this. It's just there to throw out there because these are all storylines that either we have seen the beginnings of in future state or we're going to get coming up. I do want to see an alien invasion against Atlantis. Yeah, I I don't know. It's just the way the solicit. I I think I'm saying me. I don't because I read the solicit. It didn't sound that exciting. Uh, but you know, we'll see. But with that, I don't really get that much feels from the Super Sun stuff of, hey, uh, I don't know that I want to be Superman. Well, we already know he's going to be because Tom Taylor, that's going to be the book and we see a future state or whatnot. And then Damien's like, what? You have to because you, it's not up to you and all this. Well, yeah, it kind of is, but I just Hold this on, didn't we, feel we, we like did, we... Damien. 
We did push aside the one thing, though, about all the theories about reading these articles and stuff and a history professor's theory of all this other stuff. And he's like, and then there was this one story that I kept thinking about. He said that dad was really hurt, really, really bad in a fight, burned or poisoned or something. I don't know. I didn't read it very closely. And that right before he died, a ship of Kryptonians came from the stars to take him home. I'm like, well, shit, why would you think like you're worried about all this different stuff? But now this is the craziest story yet. That's because the craziest story. Everything that we just read. I would not believe that that happened, and that's the one thing that happens in this book. And, and also, just that, though, where he mentions, I don't know, burn, poison, or something. We just got done having him talk about being poisoned. And John just like knows to imagine that he every is news article, hurt. Every news thing in the future is just like you and me, some dude with a blog putting shit yeah, out there. It's, it's, it doesn't well. have grammatical errors and, and everywhere, misspellings. It gets even worse later. Poison, burn, who knows, dude? Okay, then we end up where Lois is learning about Krypton. She's going to write a story. You end up having something that people were really praising, and this idea, although most people imagine Kryptonian civilization at its zenith as far superior to Earth's, a truer statement is that it was simply older. That's one and the same. Basically, yeah. you're just, you know what I mean? It isn't that it, You're not wowing me by saying and it's Zenith that just been around longer, so they knew well, more. It's just the things. idea I, of like any kind of alien race. Whenever you think of UFOs or Earth being contacted by an alien race, the idea is they are superior to us because they've been around longer and have had a chance to have the technology to travel through exactly. space and do what people. That's every civilization of any kind of contact with aliens, unless it's Star Trek, where we're going to space and seeing a primitive, you know, like civilization again. With that, this I saw a bunch of people saying that is the the most mind bending thing I've ever. No, it's an older planet. Read some sci fi. They're hundreds, thousands of years Read ahead of us. That's news. always, like you said, that's always the case. You think an alien is going to come down? You don't just think because they got big hey, brains this, or whatever. Jim, last night I was abducted by aliens. Get this, their civilization only a hundred years old. Crazy, right? Oh, I don't man. even know how they're doing their shit. Two years old. They're already doing that. Yeah, it's, brains just, over it's there. just an odd deal, but he's giving you a glance look at a Planet Truck Stop Krypton, where Lois is going to write a book on Krypton, a big seller. And you, you mentioned it, is. it would Candor. be a big seller. I don't know it would be at this point. There's so many planets. Now, isn't it We're weird in the because... United Planet Federation. I don't know that it would be that big a big seller here. Well, exactly. But who's writing about those books? We don't know shit about at this really? point. Right now. We're starting know. like our, our United Federation of Planets Encyclopedia. We're starting with the K edition for whatever Plus, reason. I just, I just like the idea. Well, that's the I thing do. is for some reason when I see Lois is just constantly writing these books to these different people's runs where it's like Brian Michael Bendis' run. You know, Superman and Lois, they have a special relationship where Lois left home, moved to Chicago and lived out of a hotel room for a while and got weird, strange men like Lex Luthor coming to their house, their rooms in the middle of the night. I'm like, okay, that's, that's a weird situation. All right. She's done that book. Oh, good. She's writing another book now. Now that Clark has, you know, exposed his identity world, she could finally start writing about this. So she's using what Superman did to make herself famous. Yeah, rich. Even before for some that, reason that bothers at me. Least a writer X. I'm gonna write my author X. Author X. She was gonna do that, but at least that was her own story. I don't think I don't know if those happened anymore because of how like you know, know. Superman Reborn I'll say happened. That that's still in there. She still wrote that book. Uh, but yeah, so the the whole thing is she's she's writing a book that to me is only just a force setup so that she's gonna discover the unknown truths where they're I'm gonna find out all these people though, that like, laugh. The unknown truths, though, we just found out a bunch of unknown truths about Jor-El and what, you know, the, the Kryptonian people and Rogel's are, and we didn't get any answers about what it was, except for instead of what well, we had before, where Kenny Krypton gives us didn't, answers. 
where Krypton didn't believe in space travel, Brian Michael Bendis comes on and says, oh, no, they came out like a virus. They were freaking doing stuff everywhere, colonizing planets left and right. I'm like, well, they did for a little while, then they stopped, and that was the whole idea that they stopped. That's where we get the planet Daxum and stuff like that. We stopped doing the colonization like that, and that's why, you know, Jarrell was banished for, like, they weren't able to do the escape procedure on yes. Krypton because we because didn't have space didn't have travel it. like and that. And it was to make you almost like an anti-science type thing with that, but also in a roundabout way, in a meta way, whatever. It's so that Superman's the last son of Krypton, yeah. so that there weren't too many. Then they do wonky stuff. The idea and- that we're now going through the history books and Lois is learning about, you know, Krypton through Kalex and yeah. stuff and like Kandor that, holograms and, and freaking brain, you know, like, you know, downloader deals. But the idea is like, I feel like she would have done this already. And the idea is like, what are they going to learn new? Because this is something that Superman would have, you yeah, know, this is known for history. a long time. Yeah, this is, this is set history. This isn't new stuff. And uh, I, I just want to... I wanted- figured Kalex is going around talking about this shit all the time. I'm Look like, at him. When he, Kalex, When he it. shows up with my apologies, he's looked like he's like doing some b-boy fronting there with those arms and stuff i don't know what he's doing and i think also, he's got broken wrists here maybe for he might be maybe uh, I, would even, hands. I would have really liked it at this point if they actually would have had supergirl there and have her talk to supergirl so i think people forget that supergirl lived a while there on krypton before she ended why up leaving why wouldn't she ask kara about her yeah, experience as a teenage girl on krypton that would be a really good setup too for that tom king book coming up or whatever just to remind people about that and then nobody ever like talks. this Oh, Lois, I'm so happy you came and asked me about my experience. But what we should do is go down to uh, the DEO building where my father, the, the the cyborg Superman, he was down there. We'll ask him about his – oh, my God, oh, he's no, been he's dead for dead. 14 years. He's dead? I don't understand. Plus, How let's is fi- it that nobody talks about that? Can we please find the damn uh, – my, my mom, my stepmom, uh, I don't know what's going on. My foster mom, she, she ended up – Going with Leviathan and disappear. Can we, no, no, like, she was killed. I know, and then wasn't killed. Then wasn't killed. So Kara, she's got a book in her. There's a book, Eric. <laughs> it's an expose of nonsense. Look, the thing is, I've read it. I don't think anybody else wants it's to read funny, it. It's funny though. We're talking about all this and all of it. All the roads lead to Bendis, and a lot of this stuff. You're going to have to deal with some of the Bendis stuff that because you're you're doing Philip Kenny Johnson's coming out of that run. But he made a, a point of yeah, applauding it. That's the thing is, we're coming out of that run where you have to deal with Bendis stuff for whatever reason. In this still, even after where we were in December, we still have a Fortress of Solitude in the Bermuda Triangle in this issue. Yeah, that doesn't Which we move back to the Arctic Circle yeah, in the winter. I'm glad you rem- reminded me of that because it was back. And, and this is where you get, like, who's to blame there? Who's who's asleep at the wheel? Is it the writer? Should the I know that the editors should be there. But what I was told is mostly the editors anymore are there to just kind of make sure things are on schedule and things like that because these writers have become so fancy pants that they don't want to listen to anybody. But you have to know your P's and Q's. That shows that you don't know what's... Bendis, when he jumped on the Super Bucks, when he was coming, Eric... Uh, he didn't was, know shit, so no, he made sure to change it so he knew what he was talking about. all around and then having to justify them issues later when somebody told him he fucked up. Hey, she, you know, he didn't even know what are we calling Super is it? Boy of Seattle? Earth 3 is, is Luther L. Yeah. But Ultraman's last name is Ill. Ill. Oh, yeah. That's not why I said L, though, here. It's because uh, Ultraman hates Superman. Yeah, and that's what yeah. Superboy wants. Uh, who, Shut up. Who did he say that to, Eric? <laughs> Me. Because I tweeted at him and I said, that's bullshit. And he tried to worm his way out. Oh, you're never going to name yourself after somebody you hate. Really? Well, that's why my name isn't Jimmy Bendis, Eric. That is why, 100%. Uh, but we're not talking about him now. But still, this is... That's all we're talking about. This what are you is, talking about? But that's because it seems like everybody's so happy 
We're out of the shadow of Bendis. No, we're not. We're not. And we're still deep in the out. shadow of Bendis. Yeah, and I, I like this enough. There are some no, things no, it's, that it's are okay cool. at times. Yeah, but people are going on that this is like the greatest thing. There are so many things. But what did in that this Lois that, Lane and Krypton knowledge do for you and, during this book? Nothing. And what did actually the Damien and John thing do? It was just it's a nice just, moment. That's the thing is, and even I, the Lois and Clark, I nice guess they're both just though, nice moments, I guess. they're not there for that. They're there to Look, shove info Clark at and you. Lois, they're holding each other, talking about Krypton, doing stupid shit. That's nice. You got the Super Sons uh, sitting there yeah, eating some food sons. on the building. What, what's, Damien, nice. what's Damien doing now? Because he has that outfit on, right? He doesn't He's have his, his heart pulled out. Yeah. And with that, he also is the of the mind. He's the skirt, you say. We'll see. I do. And I'm going to call that my Hugo Strange, Eric. You end up with this whole deal where Damien is at a low point where he doesn't have any friends. He doesn't really have a lot of family even. And yet he's just going to sit there and eat. And it's only there so John could give you theories that he heard in the future. Where also John gets to a point of... It's not like John has any friends that are in the present day. No, but day. that's the thing. You, you get to a point... Everybody he left behind is 10 years old still. Here, just Damien, though, with John. Oh, and there's a personal moment. I don't know that I want to be Superman. I don't know. Damien isn't a guy who's going to say, oh, buck up there, little camper. You have to be him because that's your deal, and you're going to be great. And I think... No, no, no. Damien's there to say, you shut your damn mouth. All I've ever wanted to do was take the place of my father. I got to fight through a bunch of assholes to do that. You're being handed it and you have the power. And why are you there sulking? But it's just this moment to just, it's all for John there. There's not much Damien there. So it's not a super son's moment for me. It's more of just John expositioning about the theories of the future of his dad disappearing and then saying, I don't want to be Superman so that we have that little bit of tentativeness when he does become it in the Tom Taylor book. Uh, it just is an odd th- thing for me to go through a bunch of these things because the overall story in this issue that I see people applauding is War World might be on their way. Superman that, is still sick. I'm, I'm losing my voice. Superman might be sick and War World and Mongol, uh, they're targeting them. Nothing really progressed. There's no progression in the story at all until the end Look, I'm done. where the thing a Kryptonian from, from ship I shows take- up. From what I'm taking out of this, though, like in like, you know, I could, could be jumping to conclusions, though, but the idea that World World has something to do with Kryptonians and you have an ancient race of like, you know, a uh, a breakaway civilization of Krypton still alive coming back to take a Superman home, supposedly for what John read in the future. I'm like, there is some stuff going on there in the greater run. Yeah, of but I'm saying overall in this issue, the main thing is Superman's sick. We don't know why. There's theories. And then at the very end, you have a Kryptonian ship show up with slaves on it. And we don't even know what that's about, but it was mentioned by John a little earlier. Lois is making a book. I mean, the overall thing of it is Superman is still on Earth, still is sick. They don't know why. And we're going to go from there. I just need something and to maybe happen. Maybe he's not sick. Deal. Well, I, he is sick. I mean, his powers are going, and he's even said that he felt sick. It seems that they're day. doing that uh, with the idea that he even said last issue that he wasn't feeling so well and stuff like that. Look, so. I'm, the thing is, I'm going to listen to Ray Palmer, not Matt Razor Batman. I don't know. I, <laughs> I saw him get hurt. And John, I don't know if you know this. It's a big moment when a son sees that his father is not as invulnerable as he thought Yeah, it's he a was. big moment, but I still want to know why these breach monsters were able to hurt Superman, this but is not what John. we're not getting. This is what I'm talking about, the idea of what, what 
overall story we're getting at the end when you have I heard this language. It was a prayer. I'm still waiting for it to come around because that Amanda Waller was doing this because she knew since she has Connor in the Suicide Squad that Superman be coming well, for her ass and that point, she needed to have yeah. a reason to kick his yeah, ass. Remember, so have he a way said to do that it. one the last deal. I'm going to be coming for you guys. I'm going to, but he seems to have Oops. forgotten about that. Turns out we've got a freaking, you know, breakaway civilization of Kryptonian showed How up. I ain't got this? time for Amanda Waller. Hey, uh, hey, Superman, we're going to test you. I have this death machine thing in the – oh, no, no, no. How about this? Test me while I go kick the shit out of Amanda Batman. Waller and all we, of her we, guys. we got to talk about it. we got Amanda Waller somehow controlling Star Labs, opening breaches to dimensions that aren't in the multiverse, kind of like the me over there. We should go check into this. Yeah, but Batman's like, aw. I have a death robot. Can we please use that a giant Nutello monster? And, and then Superman comes back and is like, listen, Batman, we're going to talk here. Like, the thing is, dude, like my, my own weird headcanon in this as I was reading this thing, because the, the go-to thing with robots like this who have green laser beams is that it's a Kryptonian, like a kryptonite laser, right? I like to think ever since they talked to Teen Lantern, it's Batman really one of these because now he's been able to hack into the power battery <laughs> and he wants in. to show it off. Well, then the next issue you don't realize he goes off to be trained by John Stewart and the Guardians, and then they say, "Can we have that robot?" And he goes, "No," and then they no. let him go home. And that's the end of that, Eric. And then you know, and then I get yelled at on the internet by that writer. Uh, but yeah, with all this, I like I like the art a lot. Uh, so I. I like the change deal until and, the backup. Yeah, well, we'll get to the backup in a second. I don't Just like the main Michael deal, though. Art. And I, I don't mind, you know, Batman and, and Ray Palmer being there. That's cool. No, it's it fine. does seem though a remember though. It I'm just happy it's not Mr. Terrific because every time anything bad happens, it seems like he shows up. Now I'm like, all right, dude. I wish you actually had more adventures going on. They just call you when they need something. I just thought you were saying like he was a firebug that he was causing it all because that's all the time <laughs> that he gets called. Um, no, again, having Ray Palmer there, the anime is cool, but it, it has that little taste of Bendis where he would just throw characters in just to have a Dr. Be a wow Midnight to start deal. showing up, getting called all the time like he used to. You know, where's Harley? I guess she's still in the Hall of Justice, Eric. She's with I, Kevin. Yeah, well, I'm saying with Bendis deal. But yeah, yeah, Philip Kenny Johnson, it's just it's a slower start than I was hoping for, especially not just, just this issue, but also the bunch of issues of, oh my dad, I see him getting hurt. I you know, and then we get to this where, oh my God, he's hurting, he's sick. What's going on? And then we just get another issue of that. Kryptonians and it's always plus like War World. Everything is always like, well, let's kind of recap the stuff, but look into it a slight bit and then get a big cliffhanger. And that's what we get again. So we'll see. But it might be cool. Uh, but then we have the back up with the whole tread talks of Midnighter and Andre Trojan. And Look, this, this whole is idea that we have parts of Andre Trojan from the future in Midnighter's brain to make his fight computer whole again, but it's also the Midnighter from the future trading places with the past consciousness. But it also says in this whole thing, well, now we got to stop Andre Trojan from coming into power because they have seen the future and how he takes over and creates all these freaking nanobot tech people and it creates problems all over the world to the point where he's going to make that, like, you know, synthesized neurodium to try to kill Kryptonians and pretty much everybody else who are still or like you know organic people, we have to stop that. So I'm Midnighter from the future, back in time with a few days of thrill. Got to take this asshole out, but also it's such a convoluted story because now he's Here's even the talking thing. in you this backup. You explained it in a non-convoluted way, but you, you can't help but be convoluted already. Well, no, I'm uh, trying. All, I'm I also know. struggling here. But even when he goes and says to Andre Trojan's freaking robotic skull here, that's also in his brain, so I don't know who he's like, which part's talking. But the idea that it seems like old Midnight or him and his future self have done this a bunch of times, and I'm like, 
is this a power of Midnighters that I don't know of? Like, can I door to the future now and we can still, like, you know, quantum leap our assets back and forth? Damn right. It's the quantum leap. I, I just, it's, it's just a convoluted story. But that- now, I, I, I got to go and see Apollo and I got to make sure that he thinks I'm the right Midnighter here, even though I'm just a different timeline Midnighter. Yeah, so I got to kiss him really deeply. With- I think that uh, Apollo likes to kiss the different men. Well, we'll see about that when I'm smoking. He likes a more experienced Midnighter, doesn't he? <laughs> he likes the experience. I'm sitting there like, yeah, maybe he does. <laughs> I would laugh because they're making out and, they're, you know, and all of a sudden, ooh, what's that? You'll see. It's a thumb, Eric. But you end up with I just all this imagine going myself. On. If my old, if my older <laughs> self, like mine now, could go back in time with the sexual experience that I know and you have. You wouldn't do it. I would, I wouldn't, but no, the idea is like, I go, I can get rid of a lot of embarrassment in my teenage yeah, years. That is true. That is true. But even with this, you have, you know, Andre Trojan, who seems to do a lot of talk. Now, is that a, a questionable subject now that I think about it? Because, Mike, where we live in this idea of what is right and what, what is wrong. Say, uh, but, like, yeah. you know, going, my entire life, growing up on 80s comedies, they're all wrong now. Like, oh, they are. Were doing this and whole yes, thing, but Eric, you going now, back in your age now to your younger self, no, you, you saying, can't no, do a, anything a with 30 the 38-year-old no. mind in a fucking 17, 18, like 17-year-old body, is that terribly wrong I, I love the idea that you say this as if you are – you're like above everybody, Eric. Listen to you. When I remember you read that Superior Spider-Man, you came in and was like, you're not going to believe this. You had Doc Ock in Spider-Man's body. He's getting all sexy with that. And you were so upset. That's you, in somebody else's body. Still, though, it was still an older man. I'm and talking you were about going in my own body. As well. But I'm talking but about the idea the of trying to go Eric? out and having sex with Like, now, is that a problem where I have in a body of a teenage boy? You know boy. any more technique now? I mean, are, uh, if, well, here's yeah, the I know deal. a lot more now. You already are starting to go down the path that you're going to go back and be a predator. So, yes, it's wrong, Eric. It's completely <laughs> wrong. No, no. Because I would just be doing the same things that I did normally, which might have been predatory stuff, but the idea of not being embarrassed to like, oh, no, this has never happened to me before, <laughs> or I know how to please a woman. You want to say that you're going to go back and no, break down your it. inhibitions. I'm not doing shit. It's not your inhibitions. <laughs> you're, sa- you're actually getting rid of your morals, your morality. So, yeah, it's wrong. Eric. It's awful. Now uh, I know about nipple clamps. Listen here, ladies. Uh Actually, I know I don't like him. I don't do that to me, back. please. The, the drummer in my band in college basically would go through this deal of he would go up to a girl and say, hey, me and you hook up. Can I make out with you right now? I mean, he'd ask her. And if they said no, he's like, well, that was never going to happen anyway. And that was just his way of going through and, and oh, yeah. cutting through. I like through that idea. Gym. Just go yeah. out there, get past so all I the did. bullshit, see what happens. Yep. And yeah, but now what I'm talking about pretty much is an ethics kind of class yeah, question right now. Yeah, and I don't Look for some you. reason I'm stuck on this sexual I just, ethics. I, I think honestly I don't want to talk about the Midnighter back. Hey, if I go back in time and I have this and I know that, uh, but yeah, with that you end up having uh, Andre Trojan in these. What like, is this TED monster talks. that he He's made? Like a ShamWow. I don't know. And I'm more you have one of those robot dogs thing. that already scares me, but a stretched out it's human face in the front of it. Just to show oh, this that thing his... didn't work out right. Well, that's kill that it. thing. It's not I working agree. out. Please and kill so it. So all the setup is is it's not working out, but it better soon because I think that Midnight or after all these tread talks again, where Andre Trojan, listen, forget forget about the flesh, transcend. We're gonna be techno deal well we know that that's his deal i but think that Rome wasn't built in a day i think that midnighter kills him and that sets in the process of him well, it becoming goes back to the, the idea deal. of a time travel scenario again if you go back in time and try to kill hitler do you create super hitler then that takes his place if you go back in time and kill trojan 
Is it just going to become that, like the elevation, the, the step that actually makes him That's the into thing. what he becomes? I don't in the think future. it becomes super Andre. Tr- I just think that this is one of the process that goes on. Look, if to a dude do has that. a robotic body that can put on Apollo skin, that's super yeah. Andre. Well, Trojan. I'm saying I think that that's what happened the first time, though. I think it all goes okay. back to Midnighter but and this again, paradox. Is it a bootstrap, a bootstrap paradox? Is it because that Matt Midnighter always did this? And I actually don't know if I'm seeing the bootstrap paradox right, but is it that he is actually going along with what fate has already preordained, where this is what happened in? the regular timeline and he is just uh, do- achieving his goals to get First to that point. Off, he has a fight computer that is able to calculate some things in fights or whatever, but that's half Andre Trojan. So what he's doing is definitely going to be hinged on what Andre Trojan at least is going to, you know, subliminally like plant. And the idea that I think that Andre Trojan needs to have the flesh destroyed so that it can prove to everybody that the AI that he has backed up of himself and all that is what goes there. And that's what we get. In the, it's so, in my mind, so right on front street of get rid of the flesh guy. I'm going to kill him. <laughs> They're like, no, you're not. You're going to end up making a better. Roombas. Just, yeah. Yeah. They even if I play this nonsense. right, you'll be remembered as a promising billionaire with big dreams. A tragic hero snuffed out in his prime. His head turned into pink mist on his way to the little boy's room. Well, yeah, oh, you're such you a go. badass, Midnighter. Ooh, you're such a bitch. You end up with all this stuff though with Midnighter here. Are you getting, if you're somebody who's just going in to this, are you getting like, the fl- oh man, I know Midnighter now. That people are going to be so confused about the Midnighter oh, time travel, things like that, and the idea where at points even comes off as a just low rent Punisher, and it's not what makes Midnighter. This isn't the the deal, and people again praising this to the point where they want a a series. From this, and if that happens, you ain't hearing it on this podcast because well, it's is, bad enough. Uh, having a Midnighter series would be fine, but not with this creative but that's team. That's what and they're going to do. Story. That's what they want. So, uh, speaking of which, I didn't know if you realized uh, the the deal, but I heard uh, down the line that there's going to be an Outsiders series coming up. That's pretty cool. But you know, so some of these backups depends on what they're the doing. As long as I don't have to do a katana, I all know. The time. But I think that what a lot of these, they're going to see what people think, and then they're going to give them series or mini series out of it on their own. That's not and a bad I, idea. That's I reason do to not have a backup. need this one though. I do not no, need a Midnighter not. backup. And uh, but it, again, I wouldn't mind. I'm telling you, out of all the Wildstorm stuff, you know, Grifter and Midnighter are the two standout characters in my mind that I don't mind seeing. I just want to see them presented well. That's why okay. I've been liking the Grifter stuff, like because it's like. It's trying to tie into the Wildstorm universe a bit, but we're still centered in the DC universe, and Grifter's just a fun character to have. This is not a fun Midnighter to no. have. Well, what I'm saying is if they're going to get a series out of this, I don't think they're going to ditch them because it means that somebody is excited about them to get the miniseries because they've been doing this even through Future State and now. They are now, right now at least, our Midnighter writers, and I don't think they're doing a good job at all. I think it's convoluted. It doesn't make any sense. And it's not even that exciting or whatnot. You have a lot of people sitting there. A, a lot of it is just Midnighter sitting there talking to the Andre Trojan in his Christ. mind. And just sitting boring. there drinking beer or hanging yeah. out in the kitchen or sitting in the living room. It's like Brandon. Uh, well, I'm going out to the garage. And then some making out. And the mmm from that. Uh, but overall, what would you get? I don't know why this? that Apollo saying mmm bothers it you so much. He's have, really into it. It's just as weird that you have to throw that in. Is it like, what, aren't you into it, Midnighter? Why aren't is, you mmm? I, I did have a one night stand with this girl where I did do that during a kiss, and she actually pulled away and says, don't make that sound. Yeah, really? See? You're annoying, <laughs> Eric. You also almost. <laughs> see, right now, I got to go back there, in time in my body and make sure there this you doesn't go. happen. Don't say mmm. Say ah. That's what you do. And also, <laughs> when you go back in time again, do not 
change what happened in that parking lot with that girl at the adult world. Don't change it, Eric. I don't want you to get herpes. No, That's all I, no, I want to tell you. I'm not changing you. nothing. No, that I'm, stays the same. Yeah, the thing is, I might quit a lot of I'm drinking good, if dude. I go back in time. <laughs> That's all you say. That At least you wouldn't be angry for you know the couple months before you found out the guy got herpes. But that's eh, not here nor there. <laughs> Bootstrap paradox. Uh, but yeah, with all this going right on. Out the parking lot with his pants down. Oh, so good. So good. Well, didn't you have the one time, too, that somebody was uh, propositioning you big time in the parking yeah, lot? A bunch there? of times. Damn I lived right. above an adult world. This happens all the time. It's weird, though, that just because you live above the adult world, what, what does that mean? You're, you're fucking Jack Tripper? I mean, yes. seriously. Well, no, the thing is. If you're looking for some weird illicit sex somewhere in the open, where else are you going to go in our town to I, get it? I guess the idea is they wouldn't know that you lived up there. They just always saw I'm, I'm you I'm just hanging. some dude. That's the thing. Is I'm some dude going into this back room of this freaking place that you're like, they don't know anything oh, about. So you're it's just mysterious. always in the parking oh, sexy. lot. You're always in the parking lot. And that you, car is always there. What's he doing? Because he's not behind the counter inside. Is he working at another angle? As an inside joke, Eric, that nobody will get but me and you. You ain't going to get a haircut from Emo. That wasn't why you were there. <laughs> that guy, that guy's no, the wig. Dude. Yeah, really. He had the Shasha Gabor wigs. Oh, my God. That guy was weird. Uh, also, build a wall behind the adult world for no reason at all. And it kept getting torn down by the city. And then he kept Well, the thing is, it. I can kind of understand that, too, because even like, you know, I don't know if he still has it, but going on the last four years of the presidency before this, he used to have like a yard sale of his own homemade Trump stuff out front. So the idea of him building a wall, it's not well, that crazy now. After, really, I guess he was progressive at the beginning. Uh, but also at one point, the whole place kind of burnt down and he kind of had it there forever. But yeah, yeah lightning so, strike. Yeah, crazy. it was. It was. Uh, yeah, really. Uh, well, speaking of lightning, what did you give this? I ended up giving this a 6.5 out of 10. While I have a lot of problems with the backup, like you for the last one, I don't even want to count it because I want to no, judge the, super of the Action Comics book for Action Comics things. There are some weird things here I don't fully understand yet. They could be cool. They could not. But at least it had me interesting in a book that had great art in my mind. I'm giving it a 7.5. I'm going to be a little more positive than you. And, and the reason, even after pitching and moaning or whatever, is, again, it's like detective. I'm more worried. Shill. I'm No, I'm more <laughs> Shill. Oh, 7.5. I'm more worried about not getting more later. But what we're getting is okay. I mean, it's not horrible. I'm not angry. The problem well, is at this I point just in time, need more. With a lot of these books, I'm still like, you know, uh, positively optimistic about well, what's going on. I don't want to judge them too early. Cautiously, yeah. yes, uh, cautiously, yes. Because I'm going into something new with a new, either it's a new title or a new, like, creative team on the title where I want to have good things happen. I don't want to, like, you know, judge them based on what we had before. There could be something that's building here. And I don't want to be this guy like, well, nothing happened here. Four out of 10, the next issue, everything happened. Like, oh shit, I was wrong the whole time. When I get a feel for how these people are writing the book and how they're going to continuously write the book, I'll know better going forward. But right now, I want to be positive about what we're getting because I'm expecting things to build up as our series progresses. If that doesn't happen, it's going to reflect the scores later on. And that's what's going to happen to me. Uh, right now, though, I'm intrigued a little about how he's going to deal with Mongol. Who Still not liking the Superman overall, though. Now, again, you say that you think this is going to connect to Krypton, but I'm not going to go. It may, but I don't know that yet. So a mysterious stranger showing up and saying to Mongol, look, I killed all like almost like, hey, listen, you're, you're going to be so concerned with your sons that I need you to focus a little. Look, I took care of them. Boom. They're there. But what you really need to know is about War World. You don't know enough about it. That's intriguing to me. And I, I'm hoping, I don't know how the dude doesn't know about it because he just rebuilt this shit from last time we saw but it. I'm wondering if it's going to be some. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm intrigued of how that is going to tie in if this. If it changes things in a wonky way, I'll be mad. But it, it, it ends up 
kind of like almost like you know going to Marvel or whatever. When Donny Cates, when you were even on the Marvel podcast, when he was changing the whole Clint Tar stuff with yeah, uh, with, Venom. with Venom, and it was intriguing and it was cool, and we might get that Venom now. Yeah, and yeah, and that was a cool deal. And so maybe we're gonna get more because you could end up out of this. You think Mongol is underused and misused a lot. Maybe I, I think is maybe I we'll, used to yeah, think that. Well, no, what I'm saying is now he's misused. But yeah. maybe this is a way. Maybe this elevates him by the end. Maybe this. So I'm going to give that. So then you move on, and Superman. He's sick. We have to see the breach. I'm still thinking we got to get back to Amanda Waller. We don't, but we should, right? So that's interesting to me. Well, and right then now we have the Suicide it. Squad doing Teen Titans things. So maybe once that's all said and done between those two books, we can get back to the action and the Superman doing different things within there. With Kryptonian slaves showing up in a spaceship. I think that's going to get pushed aside for a bit, but even like Lois maybe finding out some unknown stuff. And it's weird too because it seems like the Kryptonians and the idea of the slaves, because everything we've like come out of with Future State and how things work on world, it seems like almost like they escaped War World itself already. Yeah, that's what I think it might be, or they were on it's the so way weird. to it, or it's a dupe. It might be some sort. But again, remember in that one issue of Future State, Philip Kennedy Johnson had. All those wow moments, and I'm not even talking about House of L. I'm talking before them. With, and then the Kryptonians went all over the galaxy and changed things, and I got mad then because it seemed too much. But again, I'm not. See- I got to wait to see what he's doing. But even that is intriguing enough to see what is going on there. Maybe they're not Kryptonians. Maybe they're somebody who worshipped the Kryptonians. That's why they know the land. I don't know. But there, this stuff is intriguing Thank enough. Well. The problem I'm having is. Each thing that I'm pulling in here, saying even John, not knowing what happened to his dad, but not wanting to be super. Okay, but everything is incomplete. And I know we just started the run, but we're just keep meandering. And this book especially kind of keeps Pete and repeat itself as we go. And well, it's almost like is, each I, issue, you get a half of an issue out of it because you have to say, oh, Superman's sick. Those oh, first John. two issues between action and Superman, it's like, you know, John's telling his dad, you're going to die. I saw in the future you're going to die. Oh, my God, dad, you're going to die. And now we move on. He's not talking to uh, Clark anymore, but now I'm talking to Damon. My dad's going to die, dude. You know, and like maybe it's like every two issues you only get an, an issue and a half of whatever, but they keep kind of lapping. And I think that what will help is when he is just doing action comics. We're going to get the John book with some, and then he could just focus on the story that he wants, which is this war world story. And just in the back of my mind, it does kind of get me though, that what did you want more of the future state war world? story? you wanted more of Superman on war world where we got to wait sure all this time to finally get to it in a way that seems too quick. I'm still just hoping it gets averted. We don't even have to deal with it. Yeah. But I mean, if we don't head, we're seeing all this coming down. We'll, we'll probably get that. But you know, so seven five. I like the art a lot. I do. Some of the things are intriguing. I just need to see a, more of a progression going forward and see that he is, you know, somebody who can pace it a little better than this and not overlap, overlap, overlap. And that, that midnighter is just such garbage that I'm not even going to worry about that. We end up talking about it just to joke about it, but it is nothing. It's boring. It's convoluted. Makes no sense even if you try to logically sit there. And try to like it, it barely out. made sense as a future state backup, but now we have it back here where it's continuing the timeline of future state with a time traveling midnight or consciously. But like, I'm like, why are we continuing? I remember we thought that, I that maybe this about was, it. like he's only concerned about Andre Trojan, but knows what he should know a lot more that happened leading up to where he, he got should be where, more concerned about Andre Toulon. He's got a whole bunch of pu- killer puppets out there. Damn in the puppet right Master he series. does. And if you go classic with them wooden ones, holy shit, Eric. Retro they're bad. Master. They are bad. 
Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. But I don't think that there's going to be like a five people that get that. We, I think. We, yes, we only have a couple of these. You know, this I'm already out. Once they said seemingly that, hey, you've been jumping around back and forth with the time things. I'm like, okay, you, you just you jumped the shark here big time. So, uh, but seven five for well, that's me. That's the thing is, I didn't even really understand how it worked in the beginning of getting them there, and then Midnighter turned into a baby at one point, and then the old <laughs> man went like yeah. went back in time. I don't know what happened. Baby. Uh, but yeah, so. That's that, but we'll move on. But we both want this book to, you know, hit. We want to enjoy it. Well, yeah, I want to have some on. good Superman books. Yeah. So, but again, I think that a lot of times when people are reading this and thinking about it, they're just, you know, some of the score is, oh, I like this. Some of the score is, oh, this isn't Bendis. Uh, you know, so that is it, isn't it? It, it kind of seems a lot like it. Uh, but we'll go off now, Eric. We're going to go off to Clay doing a digital spotlight. And then we will be back, me and you, with some mail. Hello and welcome to the DC Digital Spotlight. Today we're going to be talking about Super Sons number 14 or Challenge of the Super Sons number 14 and the next Batman Second Son number 9. Now, the importance of the Challenge of the Super Sons number 14 is the fact that this is, in fact, the last issue of this series. It is going to go off into print with it being a very odd seven issue series, um, kind of in the middle of a mini and a maxi. Uh, this issue was okay. Um, nothing super dramatic about it. You know, this is just what you would expect from a Super Sons comic. Of course, this is the continuation of the large story that they've been telling ever since issue number one with Vandal Savage and Felix Faust um, going through time and all of that different jazz. Uh, also meeting, I believe her name is, gosh, I know I'm going to get crap for this. It starts with an R. I know that it does. I'm not clicking through Comixology right now to see her name. No, why would anybody ever do that? That was just a waste of time and nobody is going to be willing to even listen. That is my dog. I don't know why he is barking, but her name is, I don't know, I'm not even going to act like I remember. <laughs> so, Aurora uh, is her name. Yeah. See, told you guys. I, I, I knew it from the start. Basically, Aurora is uh, the young girl early on in the issues, and we learned that through time, we, you know, she has gotten older, you know. And seemingly, in the beginning of this issue, uh, John thinks that they have defeated uh, Felix Faust and Vandal Savage, but Damien is a little bit on the hesitant side. He's like, hey, these are beings that know the secrets of time, and they're able to basically be immortal. So the future selves of Vandal Savage and Felix Faust are probably going to go, you know, come and get us, which that is exactly what ends up happening. And they're about to get their butts kicked when the Justice League come in and save them. Uh, yeah, of course, you get the whole thing with Damien saying, oh, if it wasn't for us, you would have never been able to beat them, blah, 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 blah. Um, and there is this nice moment where Damien and John are willing to sacrifice themselves to save Flora. And it was, it was genuinely a nice little, holy crap, I don't know why my dog is barking. I do apologize for that. But, um, you know, there's a moment where they say, you know, if you're if you're going to, you know, try to kill us, uh, I think John is the one that says, uh, if you try to kill us, 
you well Damien says you you better make sure that you kill us the first time magic man and then John says yeah cuz the second time it's gonna hurt like that doesn't make any sense Damien says that it doesn't make any sense but it's just a funny moment and they're about to be engulfed in flames when the justice league shows up um 6 minutes later you see that Felix Faust and Vandal Savage are you know incapacitated and you learn that cyborg actually knew that these boys were going uh, all throughout time all over the place and they were just trying to get a fix on them and then they you know essentially just end the book with hey you better take this stuff back and they're like oh well no actually uh, we would like to walk uh damien you know is riding john uh like a freaking surfboard uh i think it's good the art was it was great. It it wasn't like amazing. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is the best book out there. But it was fun. You know, it's been consistent with uh ever since issue one. Really enjoyed the story. Um, I think this will possibly be the last time, as, you know, aside from just random annuals or specials or uh, a holiday comics or anything like that, that we will see the Super Sons as a uh, younger version of themselves. Uh, I do know, of course, Tom Taylor is taking the mantle of the Superman title. And as much as I would like it, he's not going to DH John. I, I, I know it's what I want, but I know I'm not getting it. So it is what it is, but we will move forward. The next book we are going to be talking about is the next Batman number nine. Now, this issue, I saw a few people talking about it. Not a whole lot, unfortunately, because DC doesn't know how to promote their digital comics. That's why I did I do the spotlight here at the Weird Science DC Comics podcast. This was a decent issue, especially preceding what had happened in issue eight. Um, we get the whole story over the small little flashback that we actually got in Future State. The Future State flashback when he was saving the two individuals. Um, we saw he was about to hit a uh, a young woman with red hair, and we saw the flashback of some guy. We actually got that in the last issue. We got that in issue seven. What happens next is we get the story of how he was able to get away with it. Because, of course, he is in this small little meeting, this hearing of that victim, of course. Um, the family is grieving, and, you know, with Jace, I, I almost said Tim. It's it, I, I still I I don't understand it. You know, even the family gets confused by it sometimes, and it's just kind of annoying that uh, Ridley has created this multiple name persona for this character when Tim would have been just fine. To be completely honest, regardless of any incident that has ever happened, keeping the name Tim, I'm sure would have been a okay. But um, his mother is giving him legal advice that like, hey, you don't need to say anymore. Let's go ahead and leave. These people clearly want something more that you cannot give them. So let's just go. And we get this story about how Jace, Tim, went to his father and how his father basically cleaned the mess up for him. You know, we see that... uh Lucius is leaking information about this individual that Tim had hit with his car. And it's very odd, the the situation that they're in. 
Uh, you know, he, oh, well, the guy was a drunk, so go ahead and leak that to the media. Oh, he, uh, what was then? Uh, he was, he had a bad, uh, uh, credit, so go ahead and, and share that to the media as well. And Tim is like, what are you doing? Like, what is this information going to do to help us? And, you know, of course, Lucius is like, if this was you, a black man, this is exactly what they'd be doing to you. And there comes a point where he says, uh, Lucius says here, um, I have struggled long and hard to make the sure the system works for people like us. And Tim says, what does that mean? Do you mean black people or do you mean rich people? Because there seems to be a line that Tim is blurring a little bit and maybe even Lucius because even in issue eight, you saw the life that Tim was living this life of, you know, being able to party, getting whatever he wants from his dad, you know, the, the vehicle, you know, he got this small car. He's like, Oh, well actually I was kind of looking to get something with a little more room. And then you saw the giant, a vehicle that he got after he requested it. And it Lucius says, uh, clearly you're still processing the situation. I think we should find a place where people can help you deal with your emotions. And this is the part that I do not like. They go and take him to military school, um, boot camp, you know, whatever you want to call it. And I will be honest with you. This is where I like, this is the situation that John Ridley uh, is basically claiming where for lack of a better word, for the most part, the beginnings of Jace's training to eventually become Batman. And I'm just like, it's just regular military school, especially when he describes it as, oh, this is just where all the rich delinquents go because their parents can't handle them. And I'm just like, so we have multiple rich people that have the basically the same background so they could all be Batman. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And of course, you can always say, oh, he pursues other avenues to become Batman. But it, it, I don't like it. I will be completely honest. I do not like it whatsoever. Um, and that's basically it because here he, he, you see that he wants to be punished for the acts that he's committed. Um, and his friends kind of tell him like, you're not, what is, what is done is done. You need to move forward with your life. And eventually near the end of the book, um, he does come to terms with it. And he's like, okay, I do want to learn. I, please teach me. And he goes to his uh, gym teacher or self-defense teacher or whatever you want to call it. And, you know, it looks like he's getting ready to learn how to fight. It's, it's very, very odd. The situation that uh, Ridley has put Tim in as far as like, these are the first steps to becoming Batman. Um, when it's nothing like what Bruce has gone through, um, the motivations and determination and vigor are not there. And that's the one thing that I always had a problem with Tim being Batman, um, because it's basically saying any Joe Schmo that has been in the Marine Corps can be uh, Batman. And that's not true. There is a 
very like it's ridiculous, but there is a fine like definition of what you have to be to become Batman. And yeah, you can argue, oh, well, Nightwing, he became Batman and he didn't go through everything that Bruce did. No, he didn't. But he was trained by the Batman. As far as I know, Jace was not trained by Bruce. So, how, like, I'm still trying to learn where this is going to where we can see Jace be Batman. There is some little tidbits in Future State that got me interested in the character but never really did anything with it to make me want to say, hey, I want that guy to be my Batman. So it is what it is. Uh, I will say the challenge of the challenge of the Super Sons finale. Uh, it was it was it was fun, uh, a cute little book um, that everybody really wanted, to be completely honest, because they wanted that young uh, John and Damien team up. I'm going to go ahead and put that at an eight here. With this uh, next Batman issue number nine, um, I'm going to go seven five. The art has actually been really good in this series. Um, very, very simple, to be completely honest. Not a huge like uh, percentage of detail whenever it comes to uh, the faces or anything else like that. But it does have a little bit of charm to it. I really do enjoy the art here. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give the next Batman issue number nine. A 7.5, well, Challenge of the Super Sons will be getting an 8. Now, before I go, I just want to say thank you all for listening to this spotlight. It's something that I've been really wanting to do because people really do enjoy digital comics. And that's what I will always be doing with DC's books. I will always be purchasing them no matter how great I think they will be or how stupid I think they will be. I think DC needs to know there are people who only buy digital comics and so they need to be advertising them. They need to be marketing them. Um, so please share this episode. Let people know that there are digital comics out there. But with that, thank you so much for joining me on this DC Spotlight. You can always find me at Fanboy Clay on Twitter. The link tree will be in the show notes. But just in case, I just want you to know I do have other podcasts, that being the DC Alliance podcast over at the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network, as well as the Ranger Alliance podcast over there at the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network. I have a Batman News Weekly podcast, a comic book Legion podcast. I also have the uh, Weird Science Marvel podcast that I am a part of as well. So go check all of those shows out. They will be in the link tree. And of course, always, 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 Check out the other shows on Weird Science. Um, Jim is actually a part of the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network. He stays a little bit more positive over there. So if you want to hear positive Jim, go ahead and go check that out as well. Um, but with that, guys, thank you so much. And I believe Jim will be talking about other books this week. Yo, it's Mail Call. It is the best podcast a week, even though Shay is such a freak. I've got to hear all the reviews and the mail with Jim. And I've got such a long way to go to make it to the end of the episode.
Ah, yes, Mail with Jim and Eric and Luis. Luis is here with a mail. If you want to be the star of the show, like Luis, end up emailing us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com, and you will be in good, bad, and different. We read all of them, and here we go. Hello, Jim and Eric, my two favorite podcasters on the internet. And who can forget the best smelling group out of the Get Fresh crew? <coughs> whoop, whoop. And if that's the truth, there's Ooh, some wait. problems. Jim's a sticky <laughs> dude. There's some problems. It's been a while since I sent in an email. That is because I usually don't listen to the podcast until I read the book. Uh, right? that, right. that was a cool post. And I haven't had time to read this crap, what we've been getting. The only thing I was listening to was my second favorite show on this podcast, Pop Culture. Always has me cracking up, Eric. Cracking them up. I hope we can get to doing more of those, he says. Now that you have your pills, you'll definitely have the energy to do it now. LOL. <laughs> that was, doing laundry, that was, his that was not the problem with the energy. Uh, I was moving into a new house. My dog also got sick. I had to get him a cat scan or a CT scan, x-ray, blood work, test a scan? test. I don't know. He got him a cat scan. These are the jokes you get work. everybody on the Pop Culture Podcast. Yeah, that is. That probably <laughs> is. Yes, that's why we don't. T- they wanted me to take him to an internet. Oh, internal specialist. That's what it said, an internet specialist. I'm like, they're giving you bad advice. The future. Is it I Matt took Razor a, telling him that? Uh, maybe. I took a step back. Man, you're really digging in. <laughs> I took a step back and said, wait a minute. Can we try some meds for his stomach before I spend another $5,000? Which yeah, agreed. is really starting to remind me of Doc Hollywood, Eric. Remember, he just needed a Pepsi. Guess what happened? Four (laughs) days later, he felt better. I could have saved myself over $4,500 if I had given him something for his upset stomach. I guess they were short on rent or a bunch of fools, but I'm never going back there. And the business is finally starting to pick up again, he said his, which is great because that means I can still pay for you and all the great work you do. So I finally took a weekend to myself. And read books I got from February to today. I can't tell you how many books I read in two days. Images of comic book characters were burned into his eyes, like how sometime an old TV set would get an image burned into it, like I had when I was watching a bootleg copy of E.T. And I saw some Odyssey games there right on, on the top, projector man. screen. Ah, uh, yes, it was a projector screen. It was the worst. That was Head so problems. sad. That was so sad. It was like minor 2049 or. Right there on the screen, I'm like, I can't see no E.T. Jump, you're going to get eaten. <laughs> also, I listened to three months of podcast, day and night, and finally all caught up. Nice. So, a recap, Future State was a waste of money, he says. But I'm starting to enjoy the new books. But Batman's is the detective. blueprint for everything that we're dealing with. So, is it really a waste of money as long as it's telling you where we're going in Infinite Frontier? We don't know, Eric. We'll have to see. I'll get back to you on that one. Fair enough. Batman, Detective, Nightwing, Urban Legend, Flash, Suicide Squad, Catwoman. I did get the first Teen Titans Academy. It was okay, so let's see where that goes. I normally give a book three to four books. If you don't catch me in that time, then the book is not for me. That's a good deal. We like to give three, like we say, a lot of times. But we have to talk about each. So I have changed my mind on a few books because of you guys. I also got Crime Syndicate. I liked the first nice. one, and the second one was a miss for him. Agreed. And I can see why, yeah. Owlman evil because his parents were evil is stupid. I like the original origin. I actually thought the uh, Ultraman origin was a little bit more hokey when we got that. 
uh, with those freeloaders, freeloaders. freeloading hippies. They were. <laughs> I also picked up Green Lanterns. I miss a good GL book, and I don't know if it is the one. I ju- it just doesn't make sense what's going on. He said, it's a "Rough right now." It is a little rough, but that's one of the ones we're just going to have to give it some time and see where it's going. I I would hate to just drop it now because you don't have many other options there. I also picked up this week's books, and I'm looking forward to reading Robin. I hope it's good. It is. I I enjoyed it. it. We ended up talking about that on the Patreon Spotlight, and we both enjoyed it. This is about it, so keep this place weird, and I will see you in seven. Whoop, whoop, and that's Luis, and thank you, Luis, and... Yeah, uh, yeah, you got to give these things. I mean, we're sitting here, and like I said, we have to talk about these things. So we're giving you our hopes and dreams, Eric, and stuff like you have that. Stolen my um, dreams, but I'm still willing to be proven wrong on everyone. We want the books Hugo to be Strange. good, and I hope. Well, I'm not saying that. Uh, I'm saying like I hope that detective everything is solved. Uh, everything works all, out in the end. All those things going sense. on. I'm writing right now. Kryptonian making war world. We're going to keep that, that on the theory. burner there. Well, so was Hugo Strange. No, uh, no, it wasn't. Yes, it was. Because I actually said a couple of times, I don't know about this, this war world thing. You kept saying it. So I'm going the same deal. Uh, but yeah, that's the uh, mail. And we're going to go off to another section. We have another little section coming up because my man, Michael G., he ended up reviewing Ruby Justice League number one on the site, and he sent in a uh, audio. I was going to say a verbal review oh, as yeah, well. Verbal review? He sent an audio uh, review of that, so we're going to go to that right now. And the funny thing about it is, he ended up doing that. Sent it to me. I put it on the site, and uh, Sailor Moon Mark ended up messaging me. Oh man, it's so awesome that you did Ruby Justice League. I loved it too. I'm so glad you liked it. I'm like, it wasn't my review. And it seemed like he got so sad because uh, I've never read it. I know nothing about it, but we're going to go and see what it's all about. Did Matt right Razor now. tell him that you did the review? No, Matt Razor actually <laughs> said that if you read that review so uh, sorry, in, in a week, you die. It's now the ring. <laughs> is what he said. He said it, it connected to Ringworm where he went to Dr. School's. But yeah, we're going to go off now to listen to Michael G. talk about Ruby. Justice League number one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to, I guess you could call this a, a crossover corner section of the Weird Science uh, DC Comics podcast. My name is Michael, and for those of you uh, on the Patreon, you may recognize my voice from the, uh, D- from the uh, movie podcast I do with Jim. I'm here alone, and not to talk about movies this time, but rather a very interesting comic that came out this week um, in DC. Uh, a crossover that by all rights shouldn't exist, but uh, it is here, and it is Ruby Justice League, uh, issue number one. Uh, now, for those of you wondering, what the hell is Ruby, and what the hell is it doing with uh, the Justice League? Well, Ruby is a anime-inspired web series created by Rooster Teeth Productions and Monty Oom, an animator. Um, it is... V- even though it's American, very much anime-inspired, and uh, takes place in the world of Remnant, which is basically a fantasy-science-fiction hybrid world where young people are trained to become huntsmen and huntresses, people who go around fighting monsters in this world called Creatures of Grimm. 
Now, uh, Rooster Teeth partnered up with DC Comics about a year ago, two years ago maybe, uh, to do a comic uh, based on the show. Unfortunately, because of the shutdown that uh, happened because of the COVID pandemic, uh, the print, the last print issue of the comic was unfortunately never published uh, to this reader's dismay. Um, but apparently they decided to give it another try and uh, to partner them up with DC's most famous franchise, the Justice League, of course. Uh, but uh, will that pairing work this time? Well, let's take a look at the issue and find out. Now, I'm a really big fan of the show. Um, I know it's it's pretty popular in some circles, but some people might not know what it is. I highly recommend uh, checking it out. I actually stumbled upon it by accident. I was on my Spotify, and I heard a song play, and I was like, man, this is a really good song. What, 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 what the hell is this? And it turns out it was the theme song for the first season of the show, and I'm, I'm hopefully if all goes well, you'll be able to hear it play at the beginning of this section, and that introduced me to the show. Uh, the really cool thing about it is definitely the fight sequences. It's got some really well-animated fight scenes, and the weapons they have are pretty cool, the powers. Um, it gets a little bit wonky after the first three seasons, that's also unfortunately when the original creator, Monty Oom, uh, died, and it's never really been able to capture the magic of, uh, of those first seasons, but the animation's gotten better, and uh, it's on its eighth season now, so it's doing pretty well. Uh, but anyways, let's just jump into this comic. So we are, of course, of course, talking about Ruby Justice League number one, written by Margaret Benet, with art by Anake, colors by Hi-Fi, uh, letters by Gabriella Downey. Um, cover artist Mirka Andolfo, who did the art for the original series, and edited by Andrew Marino. So as we start here in the Kingdom of Vale on the island of Pash, we see the uh, two of the four main characters, half-sisters Ruby Rose and Yang Shaolong. Now the name Ruby, uh, it's actually spelled W. R-W-B-Y, pronounced Ruby, and it's basically the first letters of the names of the four um main characters and we see ruby and yang coming home on break from their uh, monster hunting school called beacon academy very anime you know anytime you have a monster hunting school or school of anything it's either harry potter or something anime and as they come home uh, to their farm they see that their dad has hired a new farmhand and anyone who is familiar with dc comics will immediately recognize that this farmhand is none other than clark kent aka superman uh now how magic uh how superpowers work in the world of ruby is each individual character has their own unique superpower and they call it a semblance uh ruby's is super speed and yang's is being able to absorb any damage she takes uh and inflict it back upon the person who attacked her and that's the way they explain superpowers with uh, the dc characters here so we see that uh, clark kent and the first thing that i kind of distracted me about this version of Clark Kent. He's really well designed, and that's a, a theme that's going to be reappearing as we go through this issue. They do a really great job of adapting the um, the DC characters and making them into Ruby characters. Uh, and we see that uh, uh, Margaret Benet really wants to make Clark seem like kind of a country yokel, uh, you know, saying things like, oh, shucks, and uh, uh, not really my Clark Kent, but Hey, it works, I guess, for the issue. And we see that his basically his semblance, his magic power, is having all of the abilities of Superman, which is pretty OP in the world of Ruby, where everyone has just that one power to make sure that they're not, they're not super powerful. Uh, but it looks like that that's a mystery that they're playing with here. He's kind of hiding out, being a farmhand, and we're not really sure where he comes from yet, whether or not they're actually going to make him an alien from another planet. I'm not sure. Could work, could work, but we'll see later on. Uh, 
Uh, and we get a little bit of flirting here between uh, uh, Ruby and Clark. Uh, because this story takes place out of continuity, I don't think that's really going to go anywhere. Um, but as their father leaves, they decide to have some fun going out to pick some food to make a cobbler. And they come across a uh, neon Grim. And Grim, of course, are the, the monsters in this world, the, the main antagonist. Uh, and he, uh, the monster, brainwashes Clark into attacking uh, Ruby and Yang. Uh, we get a really cool, uh, the great art for the for the action scene here. It doesn't quite capture how great the action scenes are in the show, uh, but it gets pretty close. And uh, yeah, so Ruby and Yang do a pretty good job of uh, kicking Clark's ass. And yeah, that scene here where Yang is just punching him out into space. And uh, the big reveal at the end is that he can fly. And uh, yeah, that's where this first section of the book ends. Uh, Ends. And of course, this first issue collects the first two digital issues of the comic. Uh, and we move on to the second part, uh, where we are introduced to the third member of Team Ruby, Blake Belladonna. Uh, she is a faunus, which is basically human-animal hybrid in the world of Ruby. Once again, very, very anime. Uh, and we see her... Um, they talk about this, this ghost that's haunting uh, her land called Menagerie. And we are soon introduced to her, uh, the, the ghost's identity, being that of Diana Prince, a.k.a. Wonder Woman. And uh, before the two can officially meet, though, they are attacked by this uh, sea monster. It looks like a, a giant whale. Uh, you know, a hybrid between a whale and a shark. No, no, it looks like a killer whale. And the two team up to kind of, uh, you know, wrestle it uh, and into submission. And we discovered that thanks to Diana's... Uh, powers that uh, this creature just like clark has been brainwashed now whether it's from the same neon grim as before we are not quite certain um but the the whale goes on its merry way and diana decides to bring blake along back to her home island which is basically themiscura although they never really call it that uh it's an island populated by as they call it a witch warrior women and we get information on Diana's backstory in this world where she has apparently uh, been created from clay, much like in the comics, and is an automaton warrior, uh, which I really like that, the, the way of, of bringing her into the world. You know, unlike Clark, we, we get her backstory here. It's clear. Um, and she is uh, basically sent by the witch warriors to find out what's happening in the world of man with the... Um, with the neon grim and uh yes that's basically the first issue it's a lot of setup we uh don't really get to see our characters come together yet but i'm sure that's going to come in the next issue and of course next issue we're going to see the uh final member of team ruby weiss meet up with i think it's uh it's uh, batman so that's going to be very interesting uh now what i really loved about this issue is the art i think anakin does a great job of translating the anime style of the ruby web series into a uh, comic book format and i really love the way that uh um, they adapted the characters uh, especially clark and diana especially diana she looks really awesome i mean she could be a ruby character no problem uh, and I like the idea that they de-age the characters as well. You know, I always like seeing younger versions of our superheroes. Uh, yeah, and that's the issue. You could uh, also find my written review on the Weird Science website. Um, I'll try to keep this section uh, pretty short for now. Uh, I gave it an 8.5. Uh, the biggest problem this issue has is that it is very much a, a Ruby story that just happens to have DC characters in it. I'm not sure how it's going to do with sales. I'm hoping it'll do well so we could keep getting uh, more comics. 
uh, in the Ruby universe, published by DC, and still, it still really surprises me that DC is even doing this, uh, considering they, I think maybe a year ago, they said they wanted to decrease the number of uh, print issues they had on shelves. But hey, I'm not going to complain. And you know, whether or not you you're a fan of the Justice League and you want to give this a shot, I recommend it. You might end up liking Ruby. I definitely recommend you checking out the web series. And also the uh, the music for it. The music is absolutely fantastic. Go on Spotify. It's uh, Jeff Williams is the uh, the composer for it. Very very good music. And uh, yeah, I guess that'll do it for me this month. I will, depending on how this goes, probably be back next month for the next issue. But for now, I will throw it back to Jim and Eric. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair. Blows kisses to himself And he really thinks that tear is tear Well that's just every Looking for a star screen Or maybe a hubcap Spends all his money buying all that crap Well that's just every that is Eric Shea in a nutshell right there, and that Eric Shea is here to talk to me about some books. We have two more books, uh, two books that I'll be doing these award-winning blurbs for. The first one, very quick, Eric, because it's a little wacky, and it started out wacky. Batman Superman, I didn't like the first issue as much as a lot of people. I thought that it was something that was intriguing, but I need a little more. Um, and it, the weird thing is, is that I kind of do like this one a little more than the first one. I know Not that me. you don't. Uh, I just, I like the concept. I think that this wackiness, this is just as wacky as that first one. Uh, I just like that we're in one timeline type deal and we have just a story going on pretty much of what would a world without Superman be like. Now, at the end of this, though, I, I don't quite get what needs to happen to get to where we do by the end. It seems like this is like, okay, well, I, I see what you're saying here, but why do you have to go through all this rigmarole just to get what you end up getting? And that's where I kind of get taken off by the end. But I I, I don't know. I like it, uh, I think, a little more than you. But it is Batman Superman number 17, written by Gene Luen Yang, uh, art by Ivan Rice, Danny Mickey, Sabine Rich, and Seda Temafante. And here it is. Gene Luen Yang continues his film-based story with the displaced Lois and Superman teaming up with the dynamic duo and the spider lady Lois in a Silver Age feeling issue that is just further set up to this new villain, villain, billionaire, Otor IO. So again, I, I was going Otor point one oh. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm going with, I don't know, I'm going to have to look at it again, but I was going with IO and I thought that it was supposed to spell out or sound clever or something i never got to it but to get it, he's getting equipped to make his final cut eric but Ooh. who and what will be left on the cutting room floor it looks like our earth maybe oh it, my it, goodness it doesn't matter because it has nothing to do with our earth at all no well it, the it does by the end i mean superman and batman are our seemingly superman and batman who went up to that deal and he says we're just a rough cut I mean, Prime Earth or whatever you'd call it now seems to be the target of going to be destroyed if Batman and Superman don't figure this out. I don't know. Uh, it really just seems like whatever they're doing, he is trying to find a way to harness the energy of his weird film universes, and he's not going to let our two world's finest members no, get in his is, way. At the very end, his, his evil speech is, 
I'm going to get all the power so my world is the only one and I'm going to destroy all the rough cuts like the one that you're living in right now. I mean, he, he pretty much says like, who is this guy out of nowhere to talk about how he's so going to destroy all of this whole thing. <laughs> to see even the idea where we ended last issue with Superman and Batman flying into space because something was going on with the Wayne satellite and we had this weird like uh, organic film wrapped around it doing a weird thing where it was like taking over like a virus or whatever it was. And we had a whole legion of projector head robots. I thought they were the bad guy. And they're that's, just that, lackeys that's convoluted. Now. They're just the archivists that are the lackeys to O'Tour. I want to, but even that he says at the end, then all the other worlds that don't measure up, including the rough cut we're in right now will be burned away. Uh, what are you so, gonna do? We're not a freaking film. I know, but he's gonna get the power to. I think that what he's saying, we. <laughs> he's gonna use the power that he gets to make this one because they seem to. Now that's the thing. The idea, I think, it gets convoluted a bit. It does. The idea that these are film strips only are the way that they're preserving these worlds and keeping track of them or whatever. That you could even go with in the roundabout way. You can pull out and you'll have ours on that as well as the archivists do this, but. Basically, it's just a guy who says, I like my multiverse better. I'm going to build it in a way that all the best of the best go, and I'm going to destroy all the rest. I'm going to pick and choose what I get from there. Even at the beginning, he does say, and I, I actually thought that was pretty funny at the beginning, where it is kind of him doing the narration yeah. of the deal. There's our heroes that go. And he's real pissed off because our Batman and Superman kind of boring. They're not playing the games here, you know, and he ends up saying, oh, you're not as good as you're going to do this. What are the games? Because what we're dealing with is a Superman who has crossed this film world to the other one where there is no Superman. So we have the dynamic duo and a Superman and Lois from another world trying to figure out what's going on between this whole idea of this like twin reality or multiple realities, things going on. But ultimately, all they are are some film strips that are wrapped around a satellite. And I still don't know why. Well, it's because that's how they say they archive the worlds. This is like the microfiche that but, 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 said. Uh, why, These why are just be, multiversal I mean, deals that they have. Why is it wrapped around a Wayne satellite? I just think that that's wonky. I, that's the things that don't make sense. But like I said, it's a Silver Age multiverse, omniverse thing. All of this that we're saying really doesn't matter because what he's doing is setting up circumstances in there so he could get a kryptonite ring. That's all he wants because that's another bit and of the I don't the think deal. that is anything that he really wants. And even the idea where he – I'm saying though, but like we have Lex Luthor in this world that was the warden of Arkham Asylum. A Lex Luthor gem who's the warden of the Arkham Asylum in this world. Not a Hugo Strange, but a no. Lex Luthor. I, and you're saying that is, as if you have an I, ex- explanation point. No, no. Eric, no, what I'm you're saying. Saying. no, I'm just putting it out there. But no. This Lex Luthor, he's got a kryptonite bracelet. Apparently, he's obsessed with it because in the world that he comes from, the like Superman ship from came Superman's back. world. No, he doesn't because yeah, he's I from this he world. No, I think he comes from Superman. He says that he came through. But we had in the, deal. the Lex Luthor from that world. There, he was the unknown wizard that was trying to stop Martha Wayne from stealing his ideas, like the Omni he battery. Kind of common. That's how we had the last issue. Because they even say, "How'd you get?" And he's like, "Ah, I go through it." They said that he is in tune or being helped by another guy. I think that what we're going to see is. That Lex Luthor is the bad guys of all these film strip world. I don't know because he does even mention the idea that he came from. He knows about Superman. This world doesn't. So he does know. Well, he about does. This. That's the thing is he has the rocket where a baby Superman crashed but didn't well, survive. He does, it seems he like he's obsessed with this idea. He that Superman was ever an adult though in this world. If you're saying that he does and the way they say it, they recognize him. We see you and he even acts like, okay. You're right. It's me. He doesn't say, what? I never saw you before or whatever. I think that you're seeing. And, and then they even say that he's been helped by somebody. And is it the auteur or, no, or that's whatnot? Again, 
are we yeah. dealing with the idea where they are doing like the uh, this weird multiversal, but not multiversal because they're weird film strip, strip universes, but where the Luthers know what's happening because the unknown wizard Luther of the Superman world from the first issue of this arc was coming out there and he was all pissed off because Martha Wayne was stealing this Omni battery. And it's almost as if she was able to read his notes or steal something from his mind. He doesn't understand how she's getting this information because the Omni battery, which was a big deal in the first issue, not mentioned here at all, was, uh, it was harvested from an organism with the same before Superman put him down. But we didn't get that except for that weird part in the Batman universe where the Joker, uh, Killer Croc, and the Penguin seemed like they were being affected by the Omni battery, turning them into mutants. And I'm like, Yeah, they were doing experiments. Where's the correlation stuff, yeah. going on? I guess on? what I would think is Because the, uh... you have the Luther, who's the warden of that Arkham. So the idea that the Omni battery comes from the Superman world, where they are connected mentally, maybe. I think the wizard L- Luther came through one of these cracks and, and these burns and gave it to him because he says, I got it from my Ben. Factor. Uh-huh. And like I said, this this Luther. But is at, there at, another Luther? Well, the wizard Luther, I'm saying that was in the Superman deal. If you're saying that this isn't one in the same, uh, that this is just a guy, I think that the other one came and helped him out. I mean, he says a benefactor. It'd be weird to be anybody but that other Luther. Because I don't think it would be O2 Because it seems like I. this o. other weird third benefactor, like, you know, Luther, if we're just going to say that's a benefactor or whatever. The unknown wizard version from that Superman Silver Age world was pissed off because he thought Martha Wayne stole his idea and he has no idea how she's getting this information that's in his mind and his notes, how she'd be able to know what he's thinking or writing down. If there's another Luther who has the same line of thinking, as easy, like he could easily go out there and say, hey, Mrs. Wayne, I got this idea for the Omni batteries. Well, yeah, yeah, he might be playing the whole deal. I mean, just when you have this Luther, and they even say, like, the weird thing that they say, like, hey, that fake goatee, that, but it's just because that's what they think, I guess. Uh, but this is the one there. And like, hey, you call him Warden Luther. Uh, but he says, you know, I got this bracelet, Superman, the most recent gift from my benefactor. Again, he would never know. You could tell me all you want about this rocket. that, he, But that's a rocket where Superman never got a burned up, never got there. He wouldn't know that kryptonite is affecting or what a adult superman would look like even because there never was one on this world batman can't find any word of it because he died on the way so somebody is telling him some stuff and giving him some things in the meantime otour io whatever the hell is he wants to get <laughs> I'm gonna this. call him the auteur he wants forward. he wants to get this and does get it and then say oh thanks i got it i'm getting ready i'm gathering up my things and i'm gonna go off from here because he says the archivist can retrieve props from any of the worlds i archive this particular beauty was borrowed from a detective noir play it's you know brilliantly designed but still nowhere near perfection i'm after so he is going after some things that is going to be able to take care and destroy all the other worlds but his but even then it just is a weird way to pluck that out and almost seemingly think okay that's all you're really going for to see if this is the ultimate deal i get the idea that at the end he finds out that this what he calls rough cut of our earth is the ultimate deal and they're just going to take him down i don't know i just found this one a little more easier to follow because i didn't have to read two stories one on top and one on the bottom and i did like the concept of a world without a superman where you end up having the Daily Planet blown That's up. That's essentially when we're going to this whole thing to find Spider Lady in Metropolis and stuff like that, because you know Batman recognizes Lois Lane as Spider Lady, even though she's like, "Hey, no, I'm Lois Lane." No, nah, because the Daily Planet had an explosion. Everybody died inside, including Lois Lane, unless you faked your death and then put on the persona of Lois Lane. And she looks at a picture like, "Yep, that Spider Lady is all those little differences." That is me, though. So that's obviously what happened going into the idea that Lois Lane of that world became a crime, like you know, syndicate organizer, like a leader. 
boss, crime boss. But the idea when we have Batman with this otherworldly Superman and Lois going into Metropolis and explaining what this world is like. When I'm reading this, all I can see is freaking, you know, the alternate 1985 from Back to the Future 2. It's like, I can't drive 55 as they pull in with, you know, like Biff Casino because the Daily Planet is now just a giant crime, like, led casino. I'm like, yeah, that's that's exactly what this is. Alternate 1985. Yeah, I, I actually thought that, too. It was like the whole, you know, Thomas Wayne, the Wayne Casinos and Flashpoint, right, the Flashpoint. stuff like that. Just getting the idea of. Hey, when things go wrong, casinos. Casinos. Oh my God, the casinos. <laughs> but no, I, I, I Gambling's like, the devil. And I, I wish this was a little bit more of what just the story was. And we, we get a ton of stories of what would Gotham be like without Batman. I mean, yeah. these, these are dumb. It well, doesn't. Apparently, what Gotham's like without Batman from what we saw last issue was that Alfred bangs Martha Kip Wayne and like hangs out in the freaking as Jack and hangs out in and the cave like the house. jacked up of Batman himself. <laughs> um, now, in this, you do get it's funny too because you get rules, but then the rules kind of end up getting a little wonky. I think that one of the things that's going to confuse people is the idea where you have Batman and Superman in the satellite fighting O'Tour. And while they're going back and forth, Artur doesn't think that this Batman and Superman are good enough. You're not good actors. You end up being lame and things like that. Only to go in the you next give page. Such pedestrian dialogue. Yeah. And now, obviously, this is the older Superman because of the crest and all that. But if you're not paying attention, like age era, you not almost like older, think. Like, I think yeah. some people think that this is Superman then going into those, but it isn't. You go back to the story that we had before that when Lois fell in and Superman's now going to follow through this weak area. And they do say the weak areas are where things were supposed to be there and they're so, not. So like where Lois in the last issue fell through in the Batcave, it's because there was never a Batman there. For some reason, there was a hole that put her. In this one, though, we go to Clark Kent's, where Clark Kent's death should be in the Daily Planet. He has to use heat vision to burn a gigantic hole to get to another world. So it's not exactly the same because the other one just seemed to catch on fire and yeah, she fell maybe, her ass Maybe through. it's one of those things that if you – because – when they're in the Daily Planet, this is just me thinking, I don't know. The idea where they're just talking about it must be here. When you did go with Lois into there, this Lois that all of a sudden is getting attacked by Alfred. She went down. She's like, oh, man, what's down here? Well, you shouldn't be down. Her memory is all banged yeah. up, venomed up. That maybe it was one of those things where some – and the problem is maybe it was something where something was going to happen that wasn't supposed to if everything was right. But wouldn't you have had that with the Daily Planet blowing up? That would have been a real big hole if that was the case. So I, I can't really explain the idea that I think it's just a visual that they well, wanted to Even that the Superman idea where spider ladies are like, Superman, you know me? I, I know I shouldn't, but I've had dreams about Damn you. I'm right. like, oh, she what's did. that she, about? She was in a coma, Eric. Also, the idea where she faked her death. Where was she in this coma? Who grabbed her? Because usually when you're in a coma, somebody's going to be Jane keeping Doe. track, right? She just wakes up, but she's there she's like but she ends up and lois again, lane didn't have the white hairs i no, can't well, be she her didn't and that was like the, mm, and she went, went to school and then she had white hair just like the mm, 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 song eric but oh, you end up with dummies. all these where i do i like it where it goes even a little further okay lois is bad because there was no superman there was no yeah. superman to save her she ends up going all her friends colleagues die and then she ends up going wacko and bad even though when she sees superman not so bad anymore because that's what she needed and then yeah i'm sorry and go, going <laughs> super like, even so that, sorry. the idea of what she's doing it's like she is a crime boss to a degree but she is trying to go back and like trace all the information about what happened to her you know what her timeline kind of thing like what happened to her life that she knew it before because her and jimmy before the explosion 
they had to cross, they had to like track down the idea that a cross dimensional secret society led by a man named Dr. Adam, he was like, you know, partners in a parallel reality kind of thing. So I'm like, is Dr. Adam then the mysterious benefactor? And is he just another Lex Luthor? No. And I, I thought that Dr. Adam was what he called himself. You know, Lex Luthor went as Dr. Wizard. Adam at that deal. But remember, they said, we know who you are. And he's like, oh, the unknown crap. wizard. No, I think he went by Dr. Adam at the beginning when they were actually talking, when he went through two separate names, when he was trying to do them. We go, listen, you're bald. We know that you're Lex Luthor. We'll have to go back and check. But I swear that he ended up calling himself that at one point as well before he got taken down. Uh, but it's got to be him. I would say that it's definitely him in the whole roundabout way. I just think that this is less convoluted than that last issue with the you know, the gimmick of the two films. Well, that's the thing is, I like actually that. found that way less convoluted because while the like the, the way it was like set out on the page where you had two strips going on at the same time where I just read one, went back, and then read the other so I didn't have to jump back and forth for, per page. As of what happened, it was very straightforward until Lois Lane yeah, I didn't through, think I'm, I'm saying like, that with this, I mean, yeah, you have, oh, Batman's scared. And then you have, like, these weren't, I didn't think that they played out as well as when we're seeing the world actually going through a world without Superman. Like even the idea where we have the Omni battery, like we saw it in the first issue in Superman's world. And then in the Batman world, we saw it somehow affecting Killer Croc, Penguin and Joker who are getting like, you know, there was like, I had a theory before of the idea of it, like, you know, taking their energy and this is how it's perpetual battery kind of thing, because it, it takes energy and life force from another world to like, you know, give you energy wherever you have the Omni battery. But the idea that we had that going on, they were affected getting purple goo on them left and right. And they're just big old monstrosities here who are, know their experiments, but are still cool with Ward and Luther here. I'm going to fight you, Batman. Yeah, they're so just like, experiments. They're not falling apart as much as last time. Uh, yeah. Overall, though, I like the art. And I said, I like the concept of that. The problem I have, and you even have Bibbo, he's a drunk. He's there in the, you know, because Superman wasn't there and he's looking up at him. Poor and sees Bibbo. All Never of got Metropolis the Ace of Clubs. It's just awful. And yeah, you have some Silver Age moments with Robin and, and Batman going. And then Batman kind of learning that this Superman is a good guy. They make the connection. Hey, wait a minute. That symbol we saw on that rocket never came and all that stuff that I did like that. The problem I have by the end is that it doesn't really come into anything because by the end, they're just going to go through that, you know, weak area where Superman makes the, the burn and they're going to jump back into their deal where you have spider lady Lois. I'll take them. I'll, I'll keep them away from you just to see that they're there to seemingly pluck out that thing and look, oh, this yeah, is as good as I want. No, the oh, you're talking the about ring. the Lex. That's the thing is too. We have the Lex Luthor bracelet, the Kryptonite bracelet that he, the Warden Luthor bracelet that then the Altortus goes and plucks off the film, and because of his size and the relativity, I guess, be of the film strip itself, it's now a ring for him. And now our Superman has to fight the Altor with a Kryptonite ring. And I'm like, you already had a Legion of Projector Face robots. Why you yeah. gotta add a Kryptonite it's ring? Like to I'm the mess? getting weak. I can't do it. But yeah, overall. I like it a little more than the last issue. I think the last issue had the gimmick that was cool. Um, but as two issues, I'm still not on board. I still need to get a little more of what this overall story is. Are we going to go now to another world? It seems we're going to go to the Superman world now. Yeah, but it looks are we like we're gonna, going back. Are we just going to do the, the same things doing. then? Are we just going to, you know, I need a little more than 
uh, I imagine we're going to go back and like, you know, Batman's going to have a hard time with his mother being alive there and stuff like that. But I think they're just going to go back and talk to the, the Lex Luthor, who is the unknown wizard to find yeah, out what yeah, he knows about the mysterious down. benefactor and or if he knows anything at all, because ultimately while he might have giant mechanized robots that go after Martha Wayne in the last issue, it seems like he's like, you know, in the, not in the know about why Martha Wayne was able to steal his technology. So if the, the weird Dr. Adam who might be doing this, so it seems like, it, like uh, that Luthor doesn't know about it. Yeah, maybe we'll see uh, more of that. But like I said in the first one, it's intriguing enough. I just I need to see more. I need to see more of what's going on to get an it overall feels deal. And wacky I, to me for the sake of just being wacky. I think when I'm he looking wants at the rules of what we're doing, and, like there, well, yeah, I'm saying the Golden Silver Age era. Even when we had the Spider Lady, who was a classic TV serial like Superman vote, that was cool. Make it a Lois Lane from the world. That's fine too. Even the weird projection style of way telling storytelling, you know, like he was doing for that. It was interesting. I wasn't fully on board because I didn't fully understand what happened. Now that I fully understand what's going on, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I liked it a little more. I just like seeing the Superman world without Superman and then making the connection. I actually seeing Batman learning that you know, this guy's pretty good. I can trust him. Let's go. All of that with, you know, and the weird thing of like they go into the Bat Cave and a trigonometry book. Holy moly, you saw it. Like that's just goofy Silver Age, Golden Age stuff that I don't know. It seemed okay. I love the art. I think the art's still really good uh but overall what did you give it what would you ultimately give? i think the art's fine as we go through it's just the way the story's being told just doesn't pan out for me and just like you know it wants to be this whole big thing but ultimately we're just talking about an asshole alien with fucking projector robot like legion of like you know horde going on who has these worlds that he's created or pseudo created i don't know even know how he did it but wrapped around a Wayne satellite that are living out their own lives, jumping back and forth for some able reason they're able to do that. And our world might be another projector film. I don't know. I just, I'm not having as much fun as I was hoping ha- I had going in from last issue. And I think I'd just give it a 5.8 out of 10. I'm giving it a 7.9 overall, which is up from my, the first one. I, I was down on the first one more than anybody. And so I think that, you know, we're getting a little more story. I think that the next one's crucial, though. We're going to need to have some real rules, real concept of what this story is uh, once we go back to Spider Lady come out. I dreamed of you. I, I'm like, what the fuck well, is that? He was supposed to be there. That was the whole deal that they made this. And again, though, I don't know what these worlds, like you said at the beginning, I don't know what they are, how they were made, what they're supposed to be. Are these things where, you know, we have auteur who's the director and he's changed the things oh i'm gonna see what this goes i'm gonna fuck around with this and see that that's just that. an alien is calling that. himself this director who like is in charge of everything it's just so silly yeah, aspiration it's, silly. it's idea, silly, like, but i think it's supposed to be silly that that's the thing and again it's wrap it around it's a batman superman book before it's all based on projectors up, and film before and, we used to though with joshua williamson we get these weird stories you know kind of things that weren't hitting but Hey there, I love you, Superman. I love you, Batman. At least we're seeing here what Batman would be like or the world would be like without a Superman. Now we're going to go to see what would be like with a Bruce Wayne not being Batman. And I think that that's, you know, the central thing for the book. I just need to know a little more of what's going on and see it, you know, play out a little better on on the page. Uh, It looks great, but yeah, it's still convoluted. I think that it's one of those where... I don't know. It seems like a lot of people might like it because it's so confusing. And, you know, one of those. Where, it's just weird. Oh, I, I don't want to be 
you know, because like it's, it's even but, going along the lines of like a uh, Grant Morrison bit where they had the Wiley e. Coyote thing and like the idea of like almost the old Warner Brothers cartoon bit where you had Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck, you know, talking to the person who's drawing them at that point and they're doing the backgrounds and things like that, where you have the same thing going on. These lies are going on, but there is a creator who's able to come in and pluck something out of you because he's going to like, you know, be the ruler of your life and ultimately try to get the best. That's what I want to see more of. I, I think that what we're not getting is. Like you said, all of a sudden we have the archivists that you're like, okay, this army of film strip row. Okay, that's pretty but crazy. But what do these worlds but mean? That's what in I'm saying. Omniverse, and, and because not then, like this altar is like a like a yeah, we don't the know anything about it. That's what I was going to say. Who created the multiverse? Like, like that was a big deal. Even though I still didn't like the that character coming in, it was big. This is just some random ass alien with well, a projector I, on and top. We don't know. Said, that's what I'm I saying. I am the director. I wish that we saw more of what this means and what they are and how they're doing this. Especially because if you really look at it, it starts to really feel like a film strip version of dark multiverse stuff. Like, oh, these are the other stories Agreed. that happen. And, and so I need more rules. And I wish that instead of being fancy, that first issue with the two stories, whatever, I wish that we would have seen a little bit more. Where's the critic fugitive to give a thumbs up or down to his worlds? What's that? Where's the critic Fuginot who's oh, going to give a thumbs up or thumbs Fuginot. down to his worlds? Siskel and Fuginot is the title <laughs> of the it. show they have. They're like, hey, we're sneaking in the movies. You end up, like I said, you only ended up having this tour in the at the very end of that last. And then here, he's no, we just didn't even have a show. Well, we had like robots. a narration in them. And then in here, we even have a narrator like, oh, and then the heroes look this way. And you don't really get like, you're right. We don't get much. And then at the end. Oh, well, I got this kryptonite ring to fight you here, but it's not exactly the greatest thing. I'm going to burn all these worlds that aren't mine, whatever. And yeah, I need some rules of the villain and, and what's going on. But we'll move on to the next and last issue of the night. It's Harley Quinn number two. And with this, I I, I love Harley Quinn. I do. Reggie had proclaimed me the world's biggest Harley Quinn fan, which well, is not, from the, same not the case. <laughs> it wasn't. And then ended up, if you remember, just to give a little reminiscence of Reggie, was like, okay, you review it now. I went to review it, but then he reviewed it. And it he was did crazy. this with a bunch of things with these books. But he ended up, I talked about the one time, uh, again, I was talking on one of these other podcasts about Daredevil and how he didn't really know Daredevil. You know Reggie, he was he always needed to get involved. You know what I mean? Like if, if somebody had five books, he he wanted five and for some reason sometimes he got upset thinking that we were dissing him and that's why he ended up taking Daredevil and all these. But it was with this as well. He hated the Harley, but yet he kept reviewing it because he didn't want to get a book taken. But I'm not the biggest fan, is what I'm saying. But I am a fan. Uh this is You're one of the biggest fans, just not the biggest. Yes. I, I, I'm telling you, I have her in my top fifteen. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a punchline guy top over here. Top fifteen. I don't like punchline that I much. Should I, I could I could end up liking her more. I would if, actually if we like get to more. do a poll, but a legit poll where people were honest whether or not they do like punchline. Yeah, I, and again, not the poll being are you sick of Harley? So you exactly. like Exactly. The thing is like they see it's a weird science poll, so they want to be negative. So they say no because they think we say no. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, you like Punchline more than me. I like Punchline enough. Yeah, I yeah, don't know enough yeah. about her. It's almost like she's Naomi to me at this point in time. She's this big to-do that I know nothing about. It's like Naomi and Punchline are at that level. We need to know more. Then there's Clown Hunter that we know shit. There. I, I don't even I know what I'm like, but, but freaking Duke Thomas Signal has been chilling in that area for years now. He has a book coming out. Harley Quinn About number time. two, written by Stephanie Phillips, uh, art by Riley Rosmo, Ivan Placencia, and D. Ron 
Bennett, Eric, uh, again, with all of this, before I get into my blurb, the idea of this, it's going to make or break if you if you can look and like Riley Rossmo's art. It, it really is one of those things that it, Riley Rossmo's art is so out there that even if you love the story, I don't know that I'd have this on my pull list because of that. The because weird I part just is, can't look at it. I think this book might be a really, really awesome book. Like if Jason Fabach was drawing it, because I, I enjoy the story for the most part, and. It's like I can actually find myself getting past the art because I know I don't like the art going in, but I'm all about the story at this point because I know I'm not going to get anything out of the art except for Kevin's giant fucking goiter neck. But I, Did you I like found him myself, in the dark? I found myself this issue not even thinking about the art as I was I didn't think through. of it as much either because, like you said, you got to just write it off if you don't like it. Uh, and it took but me it's such till, a weird idea actually, because you and I are trying I to, re- to Kevin. We're trying to review a book right now, and we're trying to off the basis of story, character, and art, and all them good things that you like to read a comic book for, and you and I are giving a score based on that. So how do you judge a book then if you have to immediately write off the art because you don't like it? Do I have to give it a poor score because I don't like the art, but I think the story is fun and I like the character development? Well, we can talk about the idea that if you don't mind the art, we could go with the score because I'm not as big on the story and the character as much in this issue as I was the last uh, myself, but here's my deal. Stephanie Phillips continues his Harley series with Harley still trying to adjust to the hero life while Hugo Strange is in town to take care of the clown problem. And we get our new breakout, Kevin, waiting and wanting for redemption as well, which is the best part. The only it thing really he's is. breaking out of is that top button on his collar. Well, he is, but I think that Stephanie Phillips is doing a good job making him, you know, somebody that you, you kind of care about or feel sorry for that he kind of just got in with the wrong crowd. But I still I don't, don't like Riley Rosmo's art. And I'm hoping uh, that Phillips settles in this book more because I feel that the Harley is a little bit scattered between issues. And uh, that's my big point. We only have two issues. So I can't say next issue is going to be a a tell for me to see which Harley we get, because this Harley is so over the top. I mean, this Harley goes so much over the top than what we saw last issue that she was funny, but she didn't seem to be, uh, you know, somebody who's going to jump up on a, a table in the middle of a See, coffee shop is, and scream. That I was might be really, some Harley, but not this is, Harley. I was really wor- wondering when you were telling me about your thoughts on this before we started the show, if that was what you mean by the extreme Harley, because in my mind, her being who she is, over-the-top crazy Harley who still wants to be a good guy, it's probably one of the least crazy things I've seen Harley do, where she gets, gets mad at something on the TV and then jumps up on a counter and gets pissed off the TV to the point where she allows herself to get kicked out without – you know, trying to throw a Molotov cocktail you know, through the freaking window. She's still screaming and yelling, but that's the thing. You say that. Like, I can see people doing this in real life. Okay. We haven't gotten that Harley that you're talking about in about eight to nine years. Th- this Harley, the Harley that was in New York, wouldn't have Molotov cocktail a a deal. She might have thrown some shit at it with the scatterboard exactly. and things like that. But she has already been a good person. This book is trying to make her be a hero, and I like that. I do, because that's something Harley does always want to be. She doesn't need to – We don't. she's still mind, off her rocker, though, no, even though I, she wants I, the bigger guy. But she hasn't really been. That, that My problem is, is that I think Stephanie Phillips is caught between a deal where she thinks that she has to make sure that she writes Harley in a way that is a trope that, oh, she's still crazy and does wacky things. Well, she should but be. But wants her to be – but not really like this. I mean, she goes up and starts destroying. I haven't seen her do anything like this in years. If somebody gave her the wrong coffee or whatever, this is just a setup scene just to show this. If there's no thing that even comes with this book that does story wise is necessary there for her to see Hugo Strange. What 
They're li- that's good. They're letting him do that. That's bullshit. But then she's just going over the top, just in everybody's face and stuff like that, screaming and yelling. And it feels like a step back. That to me, what this book I thought was going to evolve the character forward in a way, almost like a Jason Todd. Right. But but that just evolves it back. Oh, there she is. She's crazy. Look well, at her. Is, she yells. She should be crazy because this is who she is. She was like, you know, mentally damaged by the freaking acid that she was thrown in by the Joker to make her this crazy individual. She shouldn't get over that. She should still be a smart, capable Harley Quinn who wants to be a hero because this is the side she's on now. But the characterization of the character where we started with should not go away as well. Well, that's saying that Jason Todd should just be shooting people in the face all the time. You learn. She's smart. She learns. Also, Batman's accepted her. He's not going to like that. If Batman walked by and saw that, he's going to, what the hell are you doing? Again, Because she, she hasn't been is, like that, though, lately. Batman doesn't really accept her. That's pissing her off. But even when we have hunters going around doing vigilante stuff, she's shooting people with crossbows and stuff. But you didn't, uh, again, though, you didn't read he the Sam really Humphrey stuff. Either. I'm going with the stuff we've had for the last, like, three years, where she, some of the stuff I didn't like at all. But she hasn't been like this, where she's walking along a counter, kicking everybody's coffee off, screaming and yelling at people who aren't even involved in what's going on, destroys a TV, and then I, I'm the one who said sorry, not him, you pieces of shit, and then leaves. To me, that's just her writing a trope that she thinks that people will rebel against if you don't get that. But we haven't gotten that in years. She ended up with the story her parents died. She went to go in the roller derby and things and her friend died and she was undercover. She wasn't going around like this. She should be a little more, at least, no, I got to be subtle now. And even again, if you have even that with in the that, background. It, I know that we had Tom King say that with the Coney Island Harley was the Harley that we had in the main continuity for his Heroes in Crisis story. But before that happened, that Coney Island stuff was out of continuity. It wasn't main continuity Harley. The one that we had was the Suicide Squad Harley who never stopped doing this. No, I, I don't think she would do this in the Suicide Squad because, again, that would point out all the things and she had to lay low a little. She would talk shit to everybody in the group. She would do that, but they wouldn't be in the middle of a, a mission and her just go to get a coffee and flip out and start kicking people and jumping around and stuff like that. I, that seems I like think something Harley would do to me. I think that this is, yeah, but that's because that's what she always has done. This is supposed to be something different. She wants to be a hero. Well, she, she knows what it is gym. to be She's a hero. She's got to get there. She's in the middle of a city. That is a no clowns, no thing. She's dressed and she's just yelling and screaming and kicking shit and wrecking TVs. That's not a hero. And again, if you say, well, she has to get to that point. She has already gotten to that point in parts. She has already learned a lot of these lessons. And I think that this is just going right back to square one. And this, again, where I really want to go with you said punchline. I think that people who don't like Harley, and there is a lot. A lot of people are pissed off that there's even a book anymore. She's not a good character. You put They'll read this and say, oh, this is bullshit. It's the same old shit that she does all the time. I don't want it. Where I thought after last issue when Batman came, she has Kevin, where that part I like. But it's almost like you had it in the future state with Stephanie Phillips where each issue. Remember, I said, well, I like this because that first issue was more of the psycholo- you know, the psychologist. I said it was like Suicide Squad meets the uh, Silence of the Lambs. Then the next issue, all of a sudden she was wacky Harley again going around doing her crazy stuff. And it seems like Stephanie Phillips is not confident enough in what she wants to do that you're going to get a different Harley. You're, you're just going to, and maybe that's what they say to her. You have to go with the trouble, whatever. People hate it now. I mean, you, you go and look at when DC, I, it, right now, if we go to DC's thing and, how oh, do you think about the Harley? I guarantee you, there's still a character. This is bullshit. Everybody, I, I, if she's not with the Joker, I'm out. It never gets to evolve. And that's the thing that upsets me about that. First, it's only the first scene. Because then when she goes to Kevin, 
I actually like it. Where she is now going to be the mentor. You don't trust his ass, probably because well, no, he would th- get a tattoo is, on his not, neck. But. Not only that, the reason I don't trust his ass because one of the big heartwarming scenes in this thing, because we had a lot going on here. We had the whole idea of Nakano's new program before we get the magistrate moved in the freaking Gotham City, but we have the secure yeah, fearless cool engagement program. So we have this thing going on in the Holly book where it's the, like the proto-magistrate going on. Nakano's own plan he's trying to put out there to make sure that we can get masks and clowns off the streets because nothing, none of these people are good for Gotham. So we have this kind of of war on the streets going on. If you see a mask, if you see a clown, you know, you see something, say something. It seems like people are going to attack their ass because they're tired. They're even calling it the Joker War, which I know the idea when you have a big story arc and they, people name it that in the story, like, it's a problem for you. I saw that to myself, like, why would they call it the Joker War? But whatever. Things have been going bad. Like, do they call it City of Bane last time Bane took over? Is I that think what they, they called it? I said that at one point. Like, <laughs> hey, it was City of Bane. But uh, we have this good, we have a lot of stuff going on, but I know that I'll get back to that. What I want to talk about was Kevin, though. We have a lot of things going on in this book, but we have Kevin looking in front of a uh, like a building that he, during the Joker War, threw a Molotov cocktail through because he's with a bad crowd of Joker kids, right? And they're like, hey, Kevin, throw this through there, burn it. And then like, he hears somebody inside. His heart is broken. He's taken away. He wants to go back inside. Like, the cool kids don't go inside. Kevin, you're coming with us now. You want Kevin is already – I don't trust Kevin at all because Kevin's – was all about this because you don't get a neck tattoo like that unless you're completely down with all the stuff going on. If you would have had this story where Kevin reluctantly threw this Molotov cocktail because he's trying to fit in with these people that have accepted his big necked ass and then like he feels bad about it, but they start saying, oh no, Kevin, yeah, whatever. We love you for doing that. You are the man. And they take him and go and get a neck tattoo that night I just after think that, that he got it to fit in. I, I think that you're really going with the idea Once you get a neck tattoo, especially in. the size of that and it's everywhere, it's all on your face because he's goiter neck Kevin. You have already made your bed. Oh, I know you have. But you know what you're doing going forward. Here's the thing. What I, like, what I like about him, and, and really the other thing that I have to, to say, when you have the Hugo Strange and the Kano stuff come in, legitimately, that is the most legitimate tie-in of a Harley book into the main continuity that we've gotten in decades. I mean, usually you do have the Harley because she's so wacky. You have her out of the continuity. Like you said, you had that weird... You know, New York City deal, the Palmiani and Connor thing. All Coney Island about it all the time. And whatever. And so it confused us at points where you would have things going on. How does this work? Well, well Harley at this was a moment, mainstay of the main continuity suicide squad that and entire that's run. The so the whole thing co- here. Coney Island thing over there, that was its own separate and that's thing where that they did not struggled come in. with the idea that she was also in the suicide squad. You don't have that now, and you actually have this book. And it, it does, it elevates the book right there to make it more important. It makes it real. It makes it that it's actually happening. And so I do like that. Though, again, in the roundabout deal and me looking at, you know, the script or whatever, how this plays out, the only reason you had her in that, you know, coffee shop and flip out was because you had to have her make a scene. So the word got out. Hey, Harley Quinn's in town. Hey, Harley Quinn was out yelling and screaming. You needed that moment so that when Hugo Strange hears about her, it makes sense. Oh, yeah, she was causing a deal. That's the thing that it just felt like she was all of a sudden just dumb as a stump with what she's trying to do and try to get in with doing that. But it works out with the story because he now, does do you think, find that's out the about thing it. Is, do you think that was uh, the coffee shop? Because they did say they're going to call the cops if she didn't leave, but she did end up leaving, kicking and screaming, but she left. But I think it was like, there's some weird background characters and this is as her and Kevin are talking about what they're going to do to become, you know, on the up and up and be heroes and stuff like that, like put their past behind them. We do have this weird dude in the background. I'm just calling Slender Man, who just seems to be eyeballing them. And then, like, all of a sudden, we're going to get a freaking call to uh, the to 
like Hugo Strange and stuff like that. And, I, and I'm trying to find the Slender Man deal because I, I remember what you're talking about. I wanted to look at it again because for some reason, I think it's Riley Rossimo hitting us because I think the Slender Man might be Batman just telling her to see what she's up to. I, I, I don't it's, know. It, I can't some, say that it is or isn't. some old dude with a pointed head and a freaking bow tie with a white shirt. Batman. I don't know. I mean, still with that, they might have, you know, agents around because Hugo Strange is there to stop this clown problem. Again. Not really. He's there to stop everyone. He is going all I, over I, the I top like already. I like this idea to a degree where we're going to have this whole almost like, ha, are you now or ha, are you ever been a communist? This freaking McCarthy era thing where the, we're going to try to like, somebody was like, you know, called them on a tip line and said, my neighbor was a clown. And like, they're trying to say, no, I, I call wasn't. Right we, now. Got, we, we got into a fu- what? I call you. It's, <laughs> it's swatting. It's what it is. It, exactly. It's clown swatting. So the whole idea is they're pretty much being tortured because of right what now. they did. Yeah. They're trying to hold people accountable for what they think is their actions because it was a problem. You and I were talking about at the end of the Joker War where you have all these pieces of shit on the streets of the clown mess. We're just going to go back to their day-to-day life Isn't it so weird, though, no that they did seem to go back and then, I don't know what, they wait a week and like, this shit hasn't hit the fan yet. Let's get the clown makeup on. It's Juggalo time. They're drinking Fago, walking down. They got burned. By- I, like, are people weird. still protesting outside of the courthouse for punchline wearing their freaking well, Juggalo you makeup? you see some people with the punchline outfits and stuff. Or a but the shirt word says punch, and- punchline. I don't think yeah. he's pro in my mind. Well, that's what punchline would want, right? I don't know. But, <laughs> but no, the whole idea is like – I like this tie, and even the idea of the proto magistrate Nakano trying to do his own thing and you know try to keep people safe and you know have accountability for people's actions during the Joker War. This is good stuff because we really thought they're just going to sweep that under the rug. Having this here, it's great. But the one thing is when you immediately have it going, and we saw it at the end of the last issue was the cliffhanger. But when Nakano has Hugo Strange released and put in charge of this program. Like, this is why nothing in Gotham works, because everybody has the worst fucking ideas you could ever imagine. Like, okay, yeah, well, and even we see it later on. Why not bring the Scarecrow in? He could be of use to him. I'm like, let's get some people who are, you know, trustworthy, on the up and up, and for whatever reason, aren't nine feet tall the way Riley Rossmo draws them. Yeah, I mean, really. Seriously, I don't know Hugo, why Hugo Strange is the Hugo Hulk here. Like, him being bulked up, it's <laughs> Hugo fine. But being tall. nine feet tall, I don't Holy know what the hell's going crap. on. When- Nakano, he, he like I he's gonna he's the great Kali. He's gonna That's what I was up, he's gonna squash his head like a grape. He's humongous. Again, though, the art didn't bother me as much. You're right. Now that I'm looking through it at points, you're just like, but it, it ends up where an overall feeling in my mind, I, I don't have like, oh man, that was great art. Obviously, at points it does fit, but everybody's so wacky looking that I end up struggling at points to see what's going on, but also not taking it as seriously. I don't know why, but it's just like, eh. It's like Nakano. You're giving a press conference. You're wheeling out Hugo Strange to be the face of this program. And all you program. can sit there and look at this nine-foot-tall like, guy. And this monstrosity. monstrosity. I have not always been an ally to your city. I'm like, why not get Dr. Doom and Lex Luthor in here to help out, too? Seriously, why isn't Thanos and Darkseid there? I just, I mean, you know, I just don't understand him. the thing. I don't like masks, and I don't like supervillains. What supervillain do we have? Oh, shit, he's got a PhD. Get his ass over here. We need to question ass- some clowns. I, I I love the idea where they're like, hey, uh, Nakano, uh, there's going to be a problem. Uh, Hugo Strange, he's he's a bit scary. He's like, I know he had a past. What? No, no, no. He's kind of scary. Uh, well, even the idea for how, we, for how we get to the – he might even be bulletproof. But even how we get to it, it's not like you know Hugo Strange went through the asylums and he was like reformed and like, was able to be passed off by a group of like people and say that you are pardoned, you are completely sane and all this other stuff. He's actually pulled out of his cell to be the head of this program. I'm like, you're going about this wrong fucking way, Seriously, Nakano. if there's anything that's quite like I, I that. I think the problem is – 
this. He doesn't like. He needs to have his other eye back so we can have some twenty twenty vision here. His his foresight <laughs> is not working. You are a piece of crap. I was actually going to say that he was always standing on his right, so he didn't ever see how big he was until because he looks <laughs> he looks a little shocked when Hugo has to like. Why wouldn't he? Nakano. He's like two feet tall here. Um, Nakano is only really six foot tall in my mind. The idea of this is very similar to. Uh, over There's no at, reason for that, but I'm saying over it. at Marvel, the idea is like, hey, who should run Ravencroft? I don't know. Is that Green Goblin around? Yeah, it's like the <laughs> worst idea there. ever. If you had something illegitimate, well, even like a mole that was brought in by Simon Saint to make sure that this didn't work out, something along those lines. Hugo Strange just seems like the most radical, un, like unreasonable idea ever. You know why it works more for Norman over at Marvel to be the Ravencroft head? It's because Kingpin was behind him to get him, and he's bad. He was the mayor. Nakano, we're going with the idea that I think I'm still going. He is a man with good intentions that are going to end up getting out of control because of all the shit. He, he's a guy who wants to clean up Gotham, and we know Gotham can't be cleaned up, and the only way he's going to keep trying to escalate to do this. I don't think that ever he's going to get to the point of, like, I'm bad, whatever. He had his partner, all that going. I think that he has that, but this isn't that. He, we need some other person to be involved of, oh, I got a guy that needs to set this up. We have to see more of Nakano kind of lost in this whole, you know, thing going to trap him in because him going and get, like you said, not even like an, an intern. He's the head of this thing and being somewhat in charge of pretty much the secret police that's going to be able to just grab anybody on a whim or a call and then take Put them, them in a straitjacket and, and torture them until torture they admit until to they what admit they did. This is a witch hunt. It really is. Until they admit they're witches, they're going to die. And then they're going to die anyway because they're witches. Uh, and you have that one guy. Yeah. Everybody tatted in here. I don't trust them. Like, that's I mean, the thing is, is this guy's this got guy a freaking has. double cherry on the back of his like bald head tattooed. I, I obviously don't trust him. I can't say he's a clown though. No, no. I he he has some sort of injections and in like his I'm eyes not lending him money. I'll like, tell him that, awful. but I'm not thinking that he's burning down the city. No. Also, it's like sometimes that Riley Rossman has some really weird deals because when you have the the cherry on the back, but he's there again. Hugo now has like a, a red hood helmet head. I, I don't even understand that. The beard looks bigger than anything on him. And why does this guy look like they just grabbed him from an aerobics class with these short shorts on, these tight bike shorts? He's doing legs. He's got slippers on. You never miss a leg day. <laughs> Everybody uh, but yeah, and uh, Hugo, look at I actually think that's a weird, is. like, you know, questioning uniform they put on because the other guy has them short shorts on, too. <laughs> they're parading them around. They're, they're almost Woo, like, you know, for like go. prison yard shorts. Yeah, really. I Orange mean, prison yard here, shorts. Here's the deal. Gotta they get some sun on my legs today. Aaron. They play harder here and they're they're going down all of a sudden it's like eh, 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 eh. they have them all dancing up the thing is you know you always see those crazy viral videos of oh there's all the prisoners doing the michael jackson thriller dance i'm like i don't know that i want prisoners doing that but hey they, they have these guys they're just dancing around like what are these poles for just get to it they dance 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 but I'm telling you, on top on of everything this. else i think i like the idea as i've said many times so far i keep repeating myself of the proto magistrate to see how we're okay, going to get things yeah, going yeah. I do to like bring that the city back too. on Nakano's terms outside of the Hugo Strange because that's stupid to begin with. But when you have this situation where there's a phone call from a tip line and that Harley Quinn is in the area and you have the authority 
Well, I'm telling you, she's paid her like a d- debt to society. As far as anyone knows, she hasn't done anything bad except for maybe kick over a coffee at a barista or something like that. But when you get a tip line and you're able to have people show up in a van and try to force you into the van against your will, unconstitutionally, I'm like things have already gone bad in Gotham before the magistrate even showed up. I don't mind. And that's my, I'll get to that. My, my problem though is, Hey, uh, you don't like the clowns. I just saw Harley. I mean, really, he says, Hugo Strange isn't saying anything like, oh, man, she's been good, bad, or whatever. This is, oh, my God, this is going to be great for this program because this was the former Joker's girlfriend. And I understand why they would go after Harley 100%. The idea is this guy who's just a neighbor whose neighbor got pissed. That's bad. And with that, it's too much. You're right. It's too much. It's too much too soon. They're not at a point with this well, whole I'm even looking know, at deal. this because the one guy who comes to pick up Kevin and Harley here, he is that slender man who was eyeballing them before, but they're pretty much dressed like, you know, orderlies from a psychic, psychiatric institution from the 1950s or a dog catcher because they were all dressed the same in their white vans and they just show up catcher. with their freaking maybe tucked in white shirts with short sleeves and black bow ties. They might be milkmen. Might be uh, milkman. Right uh, but yeah, I'm with you. Uh, the, I, the, the biggest problem is you're tying in the Nakano stuff. Awesome. That's great. It makes this book mean more. It's important then because it goes with all of the stuff going in the Bat family. It's a and lived again, in the universe. A lot it all has people, connective. A lot of people were pissed. It said there's a lot of haters and a lot of them are, she shouldn't be part of the Bat family, but this does make her part of the Bat family more than ever and all that. But with that, it's too much to have Hugo Strange in charge of secret police that can just go and grab people in vans and do this, even making it seem like these guys are on the down. It doesn't seem on the down low. Maybe what you do behind closed doors, they don't know necessarily that, but that's on Nakano. That's on everything. And I wonder what Batman's thinking about. Batman sees this, like Harley sees it on he's, the he's TV. He's up in the burbs worrying about rich people getting Batman's killed. Batman's there. He's in the sewers and zombies. But the, the minute that he sees Hugo Strange. I'm going to be, I'm gonna be out there asshole. in the front of Gotham holding up signs that Batman only cares about rich people because he's not taking care of this. That's true. That's what uh, the one uh, Stephanie Brown Batgirl issue, that was one shot with Damien yeah. that we ended up doing on the Patreon. They end up having a, a deal going down, and Damien's pissed because he says, Batman don't care about the middle class. <laughs> He's so angry. <laughs> He's so angry. He thinks it's such bullcrap. Um, but, yeah, with this, by the end, you're like, it, it's too much over, like, too over the top with and, and that the thing idea is, of the secret police. Not only is it too over the top, but it moves so fast to the point where we pull out at a, a, Adam Strange, Hugo Strange out of his cell at the end of the last issue. Here he's at a press conference, and a few pages later, he has a gigantic glass complex that's fully staffed with people going out there freaking with tip lines and throwing people in the freaking loony vans. Now back to the Kevin stuff that I like. I like some of the lines here. Yeah, he was a bad guy. I think that what you're going, and I think that maybe you know Stephanie Phillips could have done it your way where you see, hey – you know, you're not like if he's in. a Why long didn't you term, the deal? just Why getting used. I think he is. I mean, but I think that she's but he's already going, got a neck tattoo. She's going, but that's the problem is we don't know how or why he might have tried to. You could have had the scene. Hey, I want to be part of you. We don't need you, Kevin. Get out of here. And then he's like, I'll get, I'm going to get a neck tattoo. And then they'll know that I'm committed. Or even as a joke, the only people who join in are the neck tattoos. Well, you don't guys got neck tattoos. Hey, shut up, Kevin. And he does it. I think there. that the funny thing is. We kind of go with the idea that Riley Rossmo and Stephanie, they make this neck tattoo as if it's a cool thing. Maybe that we're supposed to kind of realize, like, this is so over-the-top stupid that he did that to get in. But I think that you're right. Maybe we needed to see a little more of Kevin before he became one of these jokers so that we know that he 
he gets pressure oh, in the Kevin, joint. You things, feel bad pressure. that you burned down a building and murdered well, a family. I think that basically oh. we're supposed to be going full out 100% that he is somebody who never had friends, peer pressure. He's not so smart. He ended up doing that because he keeps I wanting to save these building. people. Well, who knows what you did. Um, also, you don't have a neck tattoo. Um, but with it's all true. of that going on, even at the point when they're like, you have to do it. Come on, throw it. And I'm like, you better soon. This is like a guy who's like, and this Maybe one's for Johnny. Maybe if my neck looked like a bullfrog, I'd want something on there because everybody's going to look at it anyway. But you see, he's kind of dazed and he squints his eyes and then he tries to get himself all mean to do this. And he's still upset because he hears somebody. I think that that's 100% supposed to show us that he was not really into this he just needed something a lot of times people that's why you join gangs you need a family yeah. you need some friends Protection. and whatnot and so you you go forward with that i think that this is just the setup to have them eventually get kevin so that harley needs to go take them down i like the things though where he says listen if anybody so wait wait you think they're gonna go and get, you, you think that harley's gonna go the huntress backup way no, I just think that, yeah, I think that there has to be something with this. This where time it's personal. taken and he's going to go and try to save Kevin. Okay, and so she's going she's, she's to go all Liam Neeson then. Yeah, He got probably. taken. But with that, he says, you, know, you used to skills. be the Joker's girlfriend. How did you redeem yourself? Batman trust you. I saw him talk to you. That's cool. Can you can you show me how that's done? Because I don't like what I did before and I want to change. And she's like, yeah, but that's the problem. It's like. That's such a side note. Like, yeah, we'll get to that later because Hugo Strange and, the, you know, all the stuff going on with it. Uh, but I, I'm interested enough to keep reading. I, I, like I'd I be said, even I more like interested Harley. if Riley Rossmo wasn't on the book. Yeah, some of the things. And that's what happens with this. And we talked about this, especially in that future state legion of superheroes where Ooh, you're looking at things and you're tra- you're you're so convinced that it's something but then it isn't but it is and you get so you don't need the art the art should be there to help the story not to put the brakes on and make you stop and go who the hell is that what is what's this monster verse we're and living what's in that? what's going on why is hugo strange 20 feet tall it's fine in the way that he makes it like oh my god it's so stylistic or whatever but you don't need to question things when it should just be art i should just see hugo strange and say all right, let's go. Not why is he forty feet tall? And <laughs> just this is what is you this a city? You? Is this a city of ants? I mean, really, what's happening? Uh, but yeah, by the end, I I don't mind this feel where Harley is going to be able to you know save some people who aren't even clowns. Uh, seemingly that they are taken in. She's going to try to bring this down. I think that I don't know. I, I if I was her, I'd get a hold of Batman ASAP. But you're going to have to just do some things. Like you said, he's busy. Eric, he is busy. But what would you give it? I'd end up giving a 6.8 out of 10. And that's me, like, you know, factoring in the art that I don't care for as well. Because I do like the story. Actually, like, I want to go to a 7. I'm giving it a I'm going to give it a 7. A point two less than that just because of the art factor, which I can get past. I, it is what it is. And I can't get past it. I want to read this Harley Quinn story because it ties so much into what's going on in the rest of Gotham. And I find it interesting. A hero Harley is something that I have been wanting to see for a long time, especially in the main continent. Nobody. We have finally got there after years of Suicide Squad. I want to be a part of this. I'm not going to let the heart say, no, don't do this. I'm a part of it. But the thing is, this issue, while I like the character of Harley Quinn and what she's doing here, even teaming up with Kevin, even though I don't think he's worth it, this whole safe thing this like the thing that the program the con is putting together think it's amazing i don't know why it's so over the top with hugo strange i don't know where it's the biggest problem with this book overall. So i even think that top. problem is worse than the art yeah it, it's so it, i mean 
you are pretty much just like setting up went, a free reign to a villain that like does This bad is like things. a progression of tw- 10 years of bad decision making, and that's how you get to this point. Not overnight. It's funny. They're like, Nakano, what the hell are you thinking? He's like, hey, where's glasses? He doesn't have a mask. I'm just against the mask, so I'll go with that. I mean, he is bad to the bone, Eric. I'm just going to put that just so I but, – but he is. Weird. And the idea that he'd be able to – be like free reign and nobody seems to do any checks and balances in a day i mean this guy was in prison last the y- yesterday yesterday the afternoon in this city to just to grab people and like uh, like uh, uh, detain them like this and then torture them the, now, hugo strains like who run gotham city hugo strange run gotham city Okay, and he does. The idea, I'm telling you, he is pumping iron in the yard on Tuesday, Wednesday morning. He's taking people in on calls and has a, a huge fortress. The American dream. Yeah, it's crazy. It is. It's crazy. Uh, what is your book of the week here? My book of the week is a tie between Robin number one and Detective Comics number 1035. Mine is Detective Comics number 1035, with Robin being a close second. And I, I do suggest, since people are, if you're just listening to our main podcast here, uh, you wouldn't know me and Eric were both pretty positive and excited about what that book can be. We need a little more, we said by the end, but we do think that it's off to a good start and intriguing. And Eric thinks that it is of the mind, that cliffhanger, which oh, yeah. it could be. We don't know anything Flatline about Flatline. Makes you think you I did end up, me and you ended up talking to a guy on the site, both of us. And that guy has some, not a wacky theory, but I think that it's a little forced, the idea a that he bit. thinks that this is tied in with the Heartless. In the Nightwing book, I think that that would be too quick to start tying in some things together without knowing more. But maybe we're wrong. I don't know. But next week, we have a bunch of books we'll be talking about, some big ones. Eric, you already said that you're not looking forward to reviewing one of those, but hopefully it'll be better than your thinking or no no the thing is, i'm just i'm a negative nancy a pessimist Polly well, over worried. here because if, exactly i'm a worried wendy i'm over here to say to myself i want to love this green walter you are eric that's just me you, you see more of a walter and i mean and I'm, oh, that's what i'm doing i'm throwing nobody knows how much shade i'm throwing you so at you right now walter you are um did you I don't watch walk the with big the bang series eric uh but yeah, we're talking about Green Lantern, and I yeah. hope that this one blows us away. I hope that this is like, holy crap, this is it, uh, with every book as well. But we have some that me and you next are week. enjoying. Yeah, it is. It actually is. Two of these books that we're going to say in a second will be on the Patreon spotlight. If you want to go and listen to that, get the full scope of the Weird Science stuff, you go over to patreon.com slash weirdscience, and here's what will be on the poll for the badasses to get fresh creepy boop. Batman 108, Eric. That's pretty big. Crime sure Syndicate number three. Yeah, really. Like I said, that's Viv Vision ha- having a moment. You end <laughs> up with Crime Syndicate number three. It's one of those balancing issues. We we like the first one a lot more than a lot of The second one took a step back. I need to see well, the thing back is, on. I need to see more of this whole reimagined Crime Syndicate and how they work, how this world works. But just looking at the cover where you have all these other evil versions of heroes we love of this world that we don't know anything about yet, attacking this like newly formed Crime Syndicate or about to be formed Crime Syndicate, I want to know not only about the Crime Syndicate, but everything else that this world has to offer with these evil versions of heroes so I love. So we'll see. We'll see what goes on. I hope that that Ticks up a bit. Luis even said that the second one was down for him. Green Lantern number two. I, I really hope that we see something that me and you could get behind. Just and, like the next book, the big book for next it. week. Yeah, Man Bat number four. <laughs> Old Man Bat number four. Eric, I will tell you 
Uh, just, all, now, now that you said that, that's all I wanted. Somebody put together a six issue mini called Old Man Bat. Old what has Kirk Langston done in his golden <laughs> years? He's just old with a cane and he's Van Bat. Still the Van Bat, and now he's Get lost off my his lawn, hearing. Screech. Ah, I can't hear you because I'm the Van Bats. Uh, but I will tell you also that this coming up week, for you, Eric, just old for you, bat. just for you, uh, me and Dr. Razor. Me and him on Wednesday, we end up PhD. having the rest of the story podcast on Patreon where we end up looking into the books that come out that week and try yeah. to do like a deeper dive into it and something like that. Eric, you'll be happy with this. Detective Comics number 400 we're going to be talking oh, about. Nice. I already told him that. So that'll be one. Get the blackout gang there. Deal. Yep, we'll get all of that. So and you mentioned it in Shade Throat at me uh, past. Suicide Squad number three. I'm liking it. I, I, I like love that book. Suicide Squad. And yeah, I, I really don't have anything real bad to say about it. I've been really digging it and I think it's one of the better books. And really, I don't know about you. It shocked me of how much I, I am enjoying it and how much I think it is doing well, as opposed to some of the other books. Uh, also, Swamp Thing number three, a book that for me personally, I need something a little more. You're I'm liking even looking it more at the cover me. now. And I know you and I talked about it last time we did Swamp Thing number two, but I constantly forget this is only a 10 issue series. Yeah, I know. And Again, you were more positive than me the last issue. I just need a little more, and I want more with Levi. I want to know more of you know his character so that I can care about him more as we go forward. But this one, even with the I'm looking at the cover, uh, and it's you know them in the green with poison ivy, poison and, ivy. and stuff like that. So I'm worried that maybe we're gonna just kind of do wow moments, and that, but we'll see. I, I can't make the judgment now, uh, but I'm hoping that I like that because a lot of people do like the book. I just want to get on board with it more. And if you are, you know, going to the store or whatnot, the store, Eric, if you're going to the spinner racks and you want to know what all else is coming that we don't actually talk about, the Dreaming Waking Hours number 10 is coming out, the G. Willow Wilson book, and also Batman Fortnite 0 point number 2 uh, seems to be coming out as a print deal. But, but, but look at that Swamp Thing. I'm just staring at the cover while you've been talking about the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm saying because you have here. Swamp Thing. And it's like of the green, but you have two poison ivies, like queen ivy and regular poison ivy. I'm like, I want to know more about that because we sat at that one point where it was poison ivy after her poison ivy Harley Quinn series where it seemed after she came back after being killed from the sanctuary and heroes in crisis, she was a new better one, like a, like a poison ivy more controlled by the green than her own personal interest. And I wanted to see more of that, but like, you know, the struggle and even the whole idea that we had doppelgangers of her that she was planning around there. There were parts of herself. Mike, I wanted to see more of that. And hopefully with the Swamp Thing series, we will get more. Maybe the thing that I'm worried about is that is just a persona that Levi's girlfriend or, you know, f- friend with benefits Jenny? ends up uh, yeah, taking on as she goes into the green. Uh, I have a feeling because in the deal, I know that she goes in with him. I just know it looks like that. Poison Ivy and she's wearing what I believe oh, to be she a looks crown. looks just like it. And even looks a little younger, right? The, yeah. the other one looks a little younger. Like that would be one of – maybe it's one of those uh, daughters that uh, that she ended up having that were stripping we don't talk about and that stuff. Series. And we got yelled at, Eric. And Reggie, Reggie got yelled at. Reggie got yelled at and saying they were working the pole. <laughs> Oh, Reggie. Oh, I love you, Reggie. Uh, it was so great. And, and I'll give Reggie something uh, of uh, some props. If he can hear me up there, the idea, Reggie would not back down from that. He oh, would no. not. And Reggie is a real nice guy. And you would think that he would cave in something like that. He, he like doubled up. He's like, nope, they were stripping. He just kept yelling at stuff when he was getting yelled at and whatnot. But. No, yeah, they were on a stage dancing. Stuff. There happened to be poles there. They were, and it wasn't. I don't even think that he was necessarily like it. it 
it was kind of more of a joke and a laugh yeah, when, when totally we said was. it. It really was. It People wasn't anything different. It. And yeah, because remember they were out and they were at like a strip club. They didn't realize they what it was. They were just at a regular club that happened to have a stage that had, had a stage on with it. a pole. And then they weren't there like a strip. They were there, and then all of a sudden music started playing. And they started dancing up at the deal. I mean, we understood what was going on. It was just kind of funny. Oh, I you mean, dummy plant children, going wild. If you want to go back, Eric, I don't necessarily think that Hugo Strange was setting up all the clown guys in short shorts so they can dance up a storm. I mean, that's a joke. We don't know uh, that, though. We don't. We'll find out, maybe. But, hey, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, remember, you can go over to Twitter at Weird Science DC. Follow us. Follow, uh, we'll follow you back. Also, go to our website, Weird Science DC Comics. Dot com where we'll have reviews for these upcoming books, but also the ones that we just talked about, plus a couple more. You can see what Eric thought about Robin number one. That was a book I even said I didn't. We never really said who was reviewing it, but I thought you wanted it, so I said, "Do you, you can take that?" Book, You're Jim. like, "Yeah, I You're love like, I'm Robin." Taking it. But I do like Damien. Yeah, I mean, you like him just as much probably i might like him a little more because you're always you're sitting such, back there you're I such a the tim Grayson's. drake look at you with the tim drakes <laughs> i end up i think damien's my second here's the funny thing though i say he is my second favorite robin but it's more of a concept now because we haven't gotten a lot so that's why i want this series to do well Boy, I like that Tim Drake. Even the little bit I got in that Connor Hawk podcast, I You just did. wait, because later on, you're going to love Tim Drake. Oh, am I? What are you, running my life? What am I going to be talking about? <laughs> I'm like, really? What, does he have a new book coming out now? I, I am actually really inspired to go and read more. Tim, because even in that little deal, uh, Dick Grayson was such a yuck-yuck that Tim had to tell him to stop it. <laughs> tell him to stop being silly. And I like it. It's funny I we did, say I this because like Damien, who I love all of the Robins, Damien is my least favorite Robin. Yeah, yeah. Damien was at a point my second, but it, it more is like the idea. People use this all the time. Who's your favorite doctor? Who's your doctor? Matt Razor's. Right? And the, the deal is Matt Razor is mine, but <laughs> it usually comes about as the first one is usually the one uh, the one that you got into it. Well, big, again, the right? thing is, the idea going forward, like you had Dick Grayson and you had Jason Todd. The first Robin beyond the, the generic version of like the cartoons and everything you saw with like Burt Ward and stuff like that of Dick Grayson. What, the one that I really was there with growing like, you know, right when he came on the scene when I was reading comics he grew up was Tim you. Drake. Yeah, he grew up with you. He was about your age at that point. Same as Kyle Rayner. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I love Kyle I, Jordan when he died. and I mean, when he became Parallax, it broke my heart. But Kyle Rayner, he became my Green Lantern as I grew up and got into older and stuff like that. Same with Wally West as The Flash. And when I was growing up, my my Dick Grayson, my Robin was Timmy Swifton. Eric, you remember from the serials back in the 30s. Yeah, the old I, Timmy I was Swifton. Like, I was like 12. And I'm like, I like that Timmy Swifton. I don't even know. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, but yeah, the, the thing is, when I was a kid, I watched reruns of batman 66 not yeah. even knowing and and that's the thing at that point almost like you had to teach me with the green lanterns and stuff at a point i only thought there was one and so that dick grayson was was my favorite but then when i got into the books i liked the good boys well, it's such a weird idea of like you know jason todd being someone's favorite robin because for the most part he was a blip on the radar of a robin kind of thing he pretty much showed up and died and half of his but history was cool, wiped right? out by by crisis on infinite earth because before that he was a gymnast with blonde hair crisis happened he's a little freaking black haired uh hooligan and then he dies well then and that was gone for the make you know, him decade dye and a half. his hair right he had to dye his hair so he looked like dick grayson i people are i mean here i am damian wayne my second favorite robin and guy gardner one and and i say guy gardner is my favorite green lantern you like jerks yeah, 
And it's also kind of a default. I don't really read a lot of Green Lantern, so I like the one that I get in my stories here that ends up, you know, being something more. Yeah, and I like, and what I do like, they are heroes. So you're going to get that heroic deal. And I like that juxtaposition where you end up breaking down those barriers. When you end up seeing Damian Wayne have a heart of gold, it means more than when Superman does, you know, or even Dick Grayson, if we're just going to go with the Robins, where I know Dick Grayson is a great guy and always does, but Damien, he, it, it gives you layers. And, and I do like the layers. And I think that Jason Todd gives you those layers as well. And plus, a lot of people, I think they're like, Batman is, is like everybody's father here. And you're like, you asshole, you should like Jason Moore. It's like, he's the rebel and you're going to like him because he kind of goes about his own way. But, you know, all around, everybody has their own. But I do think you're right. It's what you end up, you know, going to gravitate to as you grow up, first get into comics, things like that. I mean, go back to the Doctor And Tim Who Drake deal. was a cool kid around the same age as I was when he came yeah, on the scene. I'm like, awesome. that's the one you want to emulate. Again, this kid who's smart as hell a detective. Yeah, he's not as like physical. His physical prowess isn't up there with the other Robins, but he's learning along the way. And he gets up there and I'm like, he is all around like the best Robin with all of his qualities. Mm, yeah, I, I enjoyed like a Luke Skywalker because – I could, his dad was a dick, so was mine. I'm there. This is awesome, Eric. But it is one of the, like, the Doctor Who, Matt Smith's my, my doctor, right. only because you told me to watch Doctor Who and that's what was coming out then. And I right. watched that first. So even though a lot of people, oh, David Tennant's mine, well, I ended up Tom Baker. Matt Smith. Yeah, Tom, Tom, Tom Baker, though. To me, I'm like, who's that old guy with a scarf? That was me growing up. And, and why is he running around on sets made of cardboard? <laughs> I mean, really, what are, what are these things? I used to go and it was I on PBS. I got for you, kid. BBC. Yes, we ended up having it on PBS yes. uh, when I was growing up. Me too. And it just looked awful. It was like, it, it, it was such a joke to me. I was like, really? And I know that that. But that's the thing. It wasn't my thing then, but I really Well, that's the like thing Matt is you Smith. grew up in an era. It's like, okay, here's Star Wars, the thing that's going to blow your mind for the next 30 years. And if you go back to Doctor Who from 20 years before that or 15 years before that, I'm like, Seriously. I, I don't think I'd – actually, it was pretty much like, going what? on around the same time like, as that, like, you know, Doctor that. Yeah, but it was a BBC TV show. Agreed. I mean, really? Had no I mean, money they behind were, it. They no money. Uh, but it's also the idea of like, uh, you know, Stork Steel, the Star Trek. Yeah. I, I didn't I, I didn't gravitate first off my dad loved it so I didn't want to like it and also it just wasn't Star Wars that was basically my biggest problem with Star Trek it wasn't Star Wars. I, I like to imagine your biggest was. problem with most things is at the time at least they weren't Star Wars that it was true I'm sitting there they're like why don't you like the Phillies and eh, it's not Star Wars that's <laughs> just going on <laughs> that hey, was actually my problem everything. it's like why don't you like Death doing chores be, why don't you want to play yeah, catch really. it's not Star Wars it's not Star Wars he's like no no you're blind it's what ends right, up here's I, some comic books leave me alone for a while he throws the ball you're like thanks Chewbacca <laughs> you don't even see who's he's a little hair. He did have long hair and a beard. Yeah, yeah, he had long hair and a beard. Thanks, Chewbacca. That's him yelling, Eric, but he was just really cursing at you and leaving. Uh, actually, the that was the skids as he's pulling out in fast speed up the car. He's going, Aah! but yeah, all that is, again, I don't even know how we got on this, but I, I always love hearing love that people, Robin. Like, people end up fighting. Like, oh, man, Dick Grayson sucks or whatever. I love hearing why people – like you telling me about Tim Drake and all this stuff. It makes me so happy hearing you talk about it because I can tell how much you do love the character and how One it takes you back to the idea of growing up. You had nobody, had Eric. You were a kid. You were a loser. You had no friends. You I were, had toys. You were a big, fat kid, and then you had toys and your Tim Drakes. Makes and me again, happy. 
the Tim Drake Robin figure that came out with the Batman Returns line, even though there wasn't a Robin in that movie, they had a Robin figure, and it was my favorite toy of all time because this is the first time I think I too. It's even a little bit later after it came out. Maybe I forget when I saw it, but when I saw the new Robin costume, especially on this action figure, because before that I just had like a superpowers figure of like, you know, mm-hmm. regular, you know, pixie boots, Dick, I have it over here of, of Dick Grayson and stuff like that. The new design was so nineties and so and bad as to catch my say. imagination. The, the yellow inside of the cape, but it's black on the other. Yeah. Who designed this? A genius. <laughs> who, who designed this? Einstein. This is God's <laughs> own work. Uh, I still yeah, have all those too. figures. They're you amazing even have still. that idea where you're a nineties kid. And all of a sudden, they're like, you know, Dick Grayson with his pixie boots. I mean, seriously. He's wearing green and underwear and pixie your, boots. You want your own thing anyway. So oh, yeah. that's always cool. It is really cool. Like I said, that's why I like to hear uh, people telling me their favorite characters. And I'll never argue with them or say. I just end up saying what mine are. And then they argue back at me. And then then, then they block me, Eric. That's what happens uh, for me. But yeah, that Robin book's really good. That's what it goes. And it's it's really good in the way that I'm I'm hoping that it ends up being really good. It it had a nice start. I'm I saying agree. I, I, I'm not gonna go and say it's a perfect book, but it no. had a start that has me intrigued. It didn't get me upset at all. And I'm looking forward to seeing how it was. And yeah, you're not gonna get more of a crazy cliffhanger. I just worry you're at the Lazarus, you know, league and the island. And I just hope they don't just dip them in the dip, Eric. Dip them me in either. the do. That would be the worst. But that's that. If you want to hear us actually talk about it, I think we talked almost an hour, hour you know, 50 or some minutes. For well, I'm books. saying just for the Robin. Yeah. And then we ended up doing the Teen Titans Academy a little quick, uh, a little quicker than we were talking about the Robin, which we're, we're just down on a bit because we want to know more about these new characters and get excited about them, not just chase around Red X and have red herrings where you're going to get caught red handed. And like we said, so with that, though, hey, everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks to everybody. Thanks, uh, thanks, thanks, thanks to Luis. He ended up emailing in. Thanks, Michael G and Clay for their segments, and thank you, Eric, for joining me and getting me happy again about Tim Drake. But what do we say at the end of the podcast? Thanks, thanks. What else? Everybody did we have say? a great week. Keep it weird, and we'll see you in seven. Uh-huh.